participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, November 13th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the program. Welcome back to a post-pay-per-view Monday edition of the program. Yes, UFC 295 has now come and gone. It happened just a few miles from here at the Mecca, Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. What a night it was. Alex Pereira, almost exactly a year after he became the middleweight champion of the UFC, now becomes the light heavyweight champion of the UFC. What a career. What a run this guy is on. A future UFC Hall of Famer, a current glory kickboxing Hall of Famer, two-weight world champion in kickboxing, two-weight world champion now, in mixed martial arts with just 11 fights, pro fights on his resume, less than 10 in the UFC. It's absurd. Just the ninth fighter in UFC history to win 
a belt in two different weight classes. Unbelievable. He beat Thierry Prochaska in the second round via TKO. Was it a bit of an early stoppage? Was it deja vu all over again? Perhaps, perhaps. But I know Yuri took the high road. Mensch that he is. We'll talk about all of that on the program. Of course, we will also be talking about Tommy Aspinall, Aspinall, Tommy Aspinall, na 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 na. Tommy Aspinall, Aspinall, Tommy Aspinall, sing it, Frankie! Na 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 na. Tommy Aspinall, crank it out! Tommy Aspinall, na 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 na. Tommy Aspinall. Aspinall, Tommy Aspinall, the interim champion of the UFC's heavyweight division, in my opinion, the undisputed champion. What a win against Sergei Pavlovich. Just 69 seconds for England's own Tommy Aspinall. What a story. Oh, I can't wait to talk about all this and more on today's program. As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only this program, but the UFC as well. Please download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the code DMAR for a special offer when you sign up. This code... The MAR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So thank you very much to Cash App. I will tell you more about them as the show goes on. So back into the show, we'll check in with the Parlay boys who are on fire in fuego, as they say, in some parts of the world. Check in with them, get the recap of all things 295. Prior to that, we are going to be joined by the brand new UFC interim heavyweight champion, the pride of England, the one and only Tommy Espinel, Espinel, Tommy Espinel. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just can't. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Frank. I'm sorry for making you work a little bit harder, but it's just a very, very festive time in our lives. Um, we'll be joined by him at around 3.30 Eastern, 8.30 in the UK. So, you know, get the, uh, get the bangers and mash, get it all ready in front of the TV set, and have a grand old time. Prior to that, we'll be joined in studio by Diego Lopez, who has become quite the story since taking a short-notice fight against Mosar Evloev right across the river here in New Jersey. Uh, he has become somewhat of a sensation because of his fighting style, because of his coaching skills, also because of his hair as well. He's going to join us in the studio. He kicked off the pay-per-view on Saturday with a thrilling victory over Pat Sabatini, won in just 90 seconds. So what a run for that Team Lobo Gym uh, squad. Uh, which is home to the likes of Alexa Grasso and Irene Aldana and Lupita Godinez. Lupi Godinez, who is also going to join us in studio, the pride of Mexico and Canada, who has now become the first female fighter in UFC history to win four fights in a calendar year. And oh, by the way, it's really just four fights in six months. Her first fight of 2023 was in May of this year. Mind-blowing stuff. She defeated Tabitha Ritchie, uh, during the prelims on Saturday, she won via split decision. She now improves to 12 and 3, a real force at 115 pounds. She'll join us in studio at about uh, 2.30, at 1.30, my friend. So in about 25 minutes, old friend of the program, head coach over at SBG Ireland, the one and only John Cavanaugh is going to join us. He was at UFC 295. And of course, there's a lot going on with his team, as always, not to mention the impending return of the great Conor McGregor. John Kavanaugh going to join us in studio. I remember when he joined us in studio on the Monday after UFC 205. That was thrilling. And so we got the opportunity to talk to him on the Monday after UFC 295. 90 pay-per-views later. Time is flying, my friends. 
as the UFC celebrates officially its 30th birthday. Um, we'll have some thoughts about that as well. So I'm looking forward to talking about 295. I can't wait to get into it all. But we'd be remiss, my friends, if we don't start off by thanking everyone who joined us on Friday night at City Winery in New York City. What a time it was. Sold out. Capacity crowd. Yes, there was talks that maybe we should have went into the uh, bigger venue because of the intense demand for it all. But I was uh, absolutely thrilled with the turnout. And more so than that, thrilled with the opportunity to meet so many loyal fans of the show. The vibes were great. The love was immense. It was an exciting time. And uh, we got to stream it for the first time. I've done four of these before. This was the first time that we got to stream it. And so it was a lot of fun to see people's reaction to the show. And what about the surprise guests? Dylan Dan is showing up, just crashing the party. Juliana Pena, of course, of the Parlay Boys showing up, doing a great job as well. What about Cheeto Vera in the mix showing up days after it was announced that he would be fighting Sean O'Malley on March 9th? And our guy, our main man, the inimitable, the incomparable the one and only Action Bronson joining us to cap off the night. I mean, the pops were immense. It was amazing to hear people's reaction because no one knew who was going to show up. And so that was a lot of fun as well. It, it turned into a bit of like a variety show slash comedy hour, taking questions from the people with the cool head tattoos. My family was there. My uh, my wife and kids were there. My, uh, my brother came. He took those photos uh, for us, it was just uh, it was an amazing time. The whole team back there did a fantastic job. They know who they are. Not easy to pull something off like that, make it sound and look so good, so pro. Well done. We're going to do more of those, and I hope that everyone had a great time. We uh, we really, I mean, I had a blast. Uh, you get a little nervous about, you know, are people going to show up on time? Are they going to, are the, are the guests going to show up? Is it going to be fun? Is it going to be entertaining? Is it going to be interesting to listen to? It was fantastic. It was an absolute amazing. It was maybe one of my favorite ones that we've done as far as the live shows. I uh, got to meet GC's family. His parents were there. His siblings were there. Did they have a good time, GC, your parents? Oh, I had an absolute blast. So I spent the rest of the weekend with them as well. They stayed in New York for the weekend. I mean, they couldn't stop talking about it. Just Loved that. Cheeto. Loved Cheeto. Cheeto was their favorite. Yeah, Cheeto and Pena and Bronson. There's a lot of swearing. They like they like Dylan too. Yeah, a lot a lot of swearing. My, a lot of my mother, yeah. God bless her soul. You know, sixty six year old. You know, southern woman. Never heard a cuss word in her life. So there was a lot for her to take in. But they loved it. They loved it. Uh, they 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 kept quoting Cheeto's uh, quote from the show that he texted you. Uh, when when he called in last week, that he texted you, and he was like, "Pick up, bitch." Oh yeah. They kept, they kept quoting that all week. Wow. Are they saying the full like the full quote? Or are they saying the B? Yeah, that's why they thought it was so funny. Oh wow, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, between your parents being subjected to those uh, those naughty words, my kids, my daughter being subjected as well. I mean, everyone was just you know having a grand old time. So I loved it, and uh, you can watch or listen to the whole show either on our podcast feed or the YouTube channel. There's the breakout clips, but there's also the full show. If you go into the live tab, I hate that they've done this live tab nonsense, but I don't need to get into all that. It's just so hard to find everything. Anyway, thank you to everyone for making that happen. A ton of fun, and we will do more of it in the future. I promise you, you know, uh, I don't know if UFC 295 was sold out, but I know our show on Friday was sold out. So it was a grand old time. It was a grand old time, and I appreciate uh, Juliana, Dylan, Cheeto, and of course, Bam Bam Baklava, 
Action Bronson for, for, for pulling up, for coming through, as they say, really warmed my heart and uh, really meant a lot. So hope you enjoyed it as much as I did as well. So Friday came and went. That was our third show of the, uh, of the week. Uh, the majority of the squad back there did a watch party. So they've done four shows. They're probably tired at this point, but we continue to forge on and we continue to produce. And of course, Saturday was the uh, the proverbial main event. What a scene it was at Madison Square Garden. It seems like every time the UFC comes there, regardless of the, 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 the stature of the card or how deep it may be, everyone's you know, everyone's game gets leveled up. And so there were some great performances leading up. What about Jared Gordon with his big win over Mark Madsen? That was super impressive. Jamal, Jamal Elmers, uh, Emmers, excuse me, kicking things off with the big win over New York's own Dennis Bazooka. And it kept building and building and building. Main card all finishes. Diego Lopez beats Pat Sabatini. Benoit Saint-Denis, freaking amazing out of France with a big win over Matt Frivola. Uh, unfortunately for the New York crowd, their guy doesn't come through. Discon Drudge defeats Mackenzie Dern via second round TKO, and then we get the two title fights. And it would be rare for me to usually kind of kick things off here talking about the interim title fight before the undisputed title fight, but that's where I'm going to start because of Tom Aspinall, because of how we feel about Tom Aspinall, and because of how big this win was. Considering the circumstances, Tom Aspinall taking this fight on two and a half weeks' notice against the terrifying Sergei Pavlovich um, coming in there and not just squeaking out a victory, beating him in 69 seconds, dropping him, knocking him out, the hammer fist, all that. And then we come to find out after the fight that he injured his back two days before he got the call from the UFC. Remember, he told us the story about getting the first call in the middle of the night, them asking him if he was down to fight, then saying, okay, cool him having to sit on that for a day, and then getting the second call in the middle of the next night telling him about the opportunity to fight at Madison Square Garden in two and a half weeks' time. Here's a guy who was hurt, but also probably recognized, when am I going to get this opportunity again? Because they're adamant about doing the John Jones-Stipe fight. If he says no to this, when is he going to fight for the belt again? So he takes the fight, he takes the opportunity, and what happens? He knocks out Sergey Pavlovich, and now he's the interim champion. And now there's some pressure on, on the brass and on everyone involved, in my opinion, to make this fight. But it was just so great to see the emotion. It was so great to see him and his dad. It was so great to see how much it meant to him. I feel at this juncture that the biggest fight the UFC can make in the heavyweight division is Tom Aspinall versus John Jones. And if they want to get crazy and do it in Wembley, Amazing. If they want to get crazy and do it in Manchester, amazing. If they want to do it in uh, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, amazing. But that's the fight I want to see. And this is no knock on Stipe, but I just feel like it feels like a legends fight. And it's why I felt like this fight on Saturday should have been for the vacant title. Stipe Miocic versus John Jones doesn't need a belt attached to it. Said it once, say it a million times. That fight is not to determine who is the best heavyweight in the world. You can't have that discussion without Tom Aspinall. And so if John really wants it, clearly Stipe wants it, and the UFC wants it, why does there need to be a belt attached? Dana mentioned that he had a conversation with Stipe. I was told it went pretty well. But you know they don't like when someone wins a title and retires, vacates the belt. So if they want to make that fight so badly, why not just make Tom the undisputed champ, does anyone not think that he deserves it at this point after doing what he just did to Sergei Pavlovich? And then 
if John or Stipe want to fight the winner of of Tom and Cyril Gan, Tom and Curtis Blades, Tom and Jelton Almeida, there's a queue of guys who are worthy of fighting for the belt, then great. If they don't, then great as well. But this thing now that they're going to do a heavyweight title fight between John and Stipe, somewhat diminishing even more the interim title fight, and Tom is just going to wait on the sidelines until that's over, the winner of that fight is going to be ready in December or January. They don't turn around quickly. Uh, It's a mess of a situation. And so in my world, in my life, in my eyes, the champion is Tom Aspinall. There have been times where someone has won the interim belt and, you know, they, they, they don't want to celebrate. They take it off their waist. They say, I'm only going to celebrate when I get the real one. I'm not even going to touch this. I'm not even going to care about this. Dustin Poirier did a similar thing. He wanted the real one. Um, excuse me, Justin Gaethje did this. Um, this. This has been done before. And there are other times, like when Conor McGregor beat Chad Mendez, he celebrated like it was the real deal. And I was hoping that Tom would do that because he deserves to do that. And he did do that. And I, and I feel like he is going to be the active champion. He is going to be the guy. It's unfortunate that John Jones, John Jones has, has, has put in his time. It's unfortunate that he's going to be out until the summertime. But to me, I, I want to see this guy defend. I want to see him fight. Obviously, he's going to need some time off and he needs to get better and his back needs to heal and all that stuff. But there's enough interesting fights at heavyweight right now. And he is so damn good. And he is so damn talented. And he has such a great story. And he has been so, I mean, shortest time in the UFC, undefeated in the UFC. Like the guy, all he does is finish his fights. The, 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 the hybrid of Frank Mir and Cain Velasquez, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, I, I feel like he should be the undisputed champion. I really, really do. And maybe this doesn't mean anything to anyone. And certainly he didn't like, he didn't lament the fact that it was, he was reacting and celebrating like it was the real deal belt. But I just feel like this, we, we, are, we are moving towards a weird situation where either he's not going to fight for a long time or is going to have to defend the interim belt while this other belt is being defended, this Legends title. It's just, it's all very weird. I would love to see Jones versus Aspinall. I would love to see Stipe versus Aspinall. I, I'd love to see those guys compete. In my mind, Tom Aspinall is the heavyweight champion of the UFC. What a great scene. And then what about Alex Pereira? What about what he has done? Two MSG shows back-to-back, 3-0 and at MSG. Remember, he made his debut there, has beaten the likes of Sean Strickland, um, who's the middleweight champion of the UFC. I mean, look at this run just from when he came into the UFC. Beats Andre Mikolitis, Andreas Mikolitis, beats Bruno Silva, then beats Sean Strickland, then beats Israel Adesanya, then beats Jan Bachovic, beats Yuri Prochaska, has the loss to Izzy earlier in the year. Feels like an afterthought. Feels like it was 10 years ago at this point. Goes in there, beats up Yuri Prochaska, is now the champion. Afterwards, he calls out Izzy. I saw Izzy's video, kind of laughed it off, which is which is totally fine. Um, obviously, the fight they want to make is Jamal Hill. He's coming off an Achilles tear. Takes some time. That was back in July. So either they, they're going to keep Alex on the sidelines for a while, or, you know, is, is the Anthony Smith fight a fight that they make because of their history? Is the Johnny Walker fight a fight that they make? Um, because, you know, had he beaten Magomed Ankalaev, maybe he would be next. Nothing bigger, in my opinion, than the Izzy fight. I just don't know if Izzy has any interest in that. And I would prefer to not see him sit around and wait until, you know, whenever Jamal is ready, just because that might be a while. If he was healthy and ready to go, he would be the guy. He would have to be the guy. 
um, that would make all the sense in the world and it would be the right thing to do. But now you're looking at a potential scenario where the two guys who won belts on Saturday might be sidelined for a while because either don't have dance partners or, you know, the dance partner is injured or something needs to play out like with Stipe and John. It was a great night overall. Two gigantic wins, two great stars. And I was thinking about this. What a crazy, insane year it has been. The current flyweight champion of the UFC is not the man who held the belt back on January 1st. And it might change hands again in uh, a little over a month. The current bantamweight champion of the UFC, Sean O'Malley, is not the man who had the belt at the beginning of the year. Featherweight and lightweight, as of right now, are the only two that are not going to change hands in, uh, in 2023, Volkanovski and Islam. Welterweight might not change hands, but it might on December 16th, Leon Colby. And then the rest have all changed hands. Middleweight has changed hands twice, Sean Strickland and uh, obviously Izzy beating Alex back in April. Uh, light heavyweight has changed hands twice as well. Jamal wins the belt in uh, January. Now Alex wins the belt. Heavyweight changed hands. John became champion in March. Tom becomes champion in uh, in November. Women's flyweight changed hands. Alexa Grasso became champ. Uh, Zhang Wei Li. When's Zhang Wei Li? Why, why am I blind? No, Zhang Wei Li was last year. So that was the that was the only other one. And then of course, uh, bantamweight is going to change hands in. Um, in January when Myra Buena Silva and Raquel Pennington. It's just a crazy year in terms of title changes, new stars emerging. Um, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Oh, what a time. What a time. What a time. Um, let me ask the guys quickly about their thoughts, uh, specifically on what I said about Tom Aspinall and the heavyweight division. New York, Rick, do you view Tom Aspinall as our heavyweight champion? No. Uh, said the same thing when we talked about this last time. There's absolutely no reason John Jones should be without a belt. Like, it is better for business for the UFC to have John Jones with a title. Tom Aspinall is the number one contender and a guy who could defend that throne very well and very easily in my mind. I, I think this was going to be his toughest challenge. Um, and then he'll be able to hopefully cash in on that John Jones fight the dream fight that he's always wanted. I, th I think it is within his grasp now. And uh, when it does happen, he'll be interim champion. John will be champion and it will feel like the biggest thing that they could possibly do. Do you think that Tom Aspinall will defend the interim title? Yes. Against who? Any of those guys you listed. I think it, you know, we've talked about this a lot recently, first man up. So whenever they're deciding that they're going to go back to the UK, you got Tom Aspinall to headline it and sell out whatever arenas he's in. And then it's, Jolton, are you ready? Cyril, are you ready? Curtis, are you ready? Whoever's ready, step on up. Which I kind of secretly hate, to be honest. Like, there needs to be some sort of ladder. There needs to be some kind of meritocracy, some rankings. Like, what is it? Are you ready? None of them. I mean, that's just, you know, how no, the I know, I know. business is going. But none of the, quite frankly, none of them have had, like, the performance that um, Curtis Blades has a win over Tom Aspinall. We should at least acknowledge it, even though the circumstances around it, right, are, are 
uh, not sure. ideal, right? It was an injury due to Tom. Um, I mean, is that really a win? Like, it wasn't even no, like, off a uh, kick or something. Yeah, I'm trying to make the point that, like, yeah. that's not some victory that you say, oh, he has to get that back. But it is something. It puts him slightly more ahead of the other guys, in my estimation, just based on the fact that, like— It's a history, yeah. The, there's a history there. They were supposed to fight. It would be a good test. Uh, and that performance by Jelton Almeida definitely did not get me clamoring for for him to have a title shot. Uh, Cyril Gon has gotten a few— not not really something I'm interested in seeing again um, until he makes a statement. So it, for me, it's Blades. It seems like the fight to make, but I could see them going another direction very easily because I don't think any of those guys have really stamped it. I, I still think something crazy happens and, and Tom fights Steve Bay or John Jones. I, I still... I but when, like, so he waits. Uh, at some point, maybe not, but I, I still feel like there's a world where Tom fights those two before they fight each other. You know what I mean? That this plan is not going to work out. Well, if it's Stipe, it could happen any time, right? Maybe if they Stipe changes him. his plan and says, hey, I'll fight for this belt. A- anytime he wants, it seems like he could do it, right? He's 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 out here doing the media tours talking about how he wanted to fight. So fight. Let's see it. I'd love to see it. What do you think, GC? How does it play out? I don't know. Stipe versus Aspinall, that would be a, a shocking booking in my eyes. I, I feel like if Stipe's going to fight, he's, he wants to do it against John Jones. And unfortunately, I do agree with Rick on, on both cases. I, I don't think Aspinall is the undisputed champion right now. Like, John Jones has not been knocked off, and he does hold the heavyweight belt. Uh, and then when it comes to, is he going to defend the interim belt? Unfortunately, he probably is going to have to, uh, because Dana White on Saturday seemed adamant that He's going to make John Jones versus Stipe Miocic, and how long can Tom Aspinall sit uh, without a fight? I, I really wish, like in my eyes, it should be John Jones versus Tom Aspinall oh, because well. you nailed it on the head. That you can't have the conversation of the best heavyweight in the world without including Tom Aspinall in there. I, I don't think a John Jones versus Stipe Miocic fight would be the deciding factor of who is the best heavyweight in the world. You can make a case that no division is more splintered than the heavyweight division right now in MMA. Because I didn't consider John Jones the undisputed champion because there's a guy named Francis Ngannou who never lost the belt. So already it wasn't undisputed. And now you add Tom to the mix. There are three guys who have a very strong case, in my opinion, to the claim of I'm the baddest man on the planet in MMA. Agreed. Um, I definitely agree. And it's... I mean, and we're not going to get a, an immediate resolution no. to this either, which is the unfortunate part. If we, if we ever get a resolution. If I'm, we ever I'm, get a resolution. I'm fairly confident that Tom Aspinall will, by hook or crook, whether he fights John Jones, who I assume will beat Stipe Miocic if that fight happens, um, will fight John Jones, or that fight never happens and John rides off into the sunset, whatever it will be, I'm fairly confident that Tom Aspinall will either be the guy or get a chance to be the guy against John Jones at some point. I hope Probably so. Probably end of year. Um, and so, end of yeah. next year. Yeah, end of next year. I hope so. Oh, I- it's so far away. <laughs> I, I, I hope he gets that opportunity, and uh, I just I just think the world of him. I think it would be a really tough fight for John at this point, just because oh, yeah. anyone who sticks around as long as he's stuck around, and, and you know, there's there's going to be new people who come up, just like, you know, Michael Jordan didn't make the playoffs when he was playing on the Wizards. Like, it, this is just the way it works, the circle of life, the circle of sports. And so I can understand why the Stipe fight, from a legacy standpoint, and even from a matchup standpoint, is more enticing right now, but... From like a sporting fan standpoint, one of the most intriguing fights that the UFC can make right now is Tom Aspinall versus John Jones. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Francis Ngannou versus John Jones. Right. Tom Aspinall versus yeah. John Jones. Those fights are so much bigger than Stipe. Matter so much more than Stipe. 
but this is the direction that we're... we're By the time, if the Stipe Jones fight happens in uh, 2024, it'll be three and a half years at the very least. Coming off of a loss, a a brutal loss. But the good news for Aspinall is he's only 30. He's only 30. Time is on his side here. Uh, One last quick one. Who's Alex Pereira's first title defense against GC? Hmm. I'm going to say Jamal Hill. It, wow. To me, it, it just like... He's going to wait. It just feels like the fight to make. I'm going to say that he waits. I don't think he's going to come up to 205, and I don't know if uh, if Alex Pereira is interested in anyone else. Rick? Yeah, probably Jamal Hill. I think Alex Pereira needs to maximize these final fights of his career, right? Like Alex Pereira, even though he's new to the MMA game, is not a spring chicken, much like Israel Adesanya is not a spring chicken, have had a lot of fights, a lot of miles on the body, he there's a there's a very obvious reason why he's calling out Israel Adesanya, right? He knows that that's a rivalry. He knows that that's going to make him the maximum money. I don't think he can take fights just for the sake of taking fights at this point in his career. So Jamal Hill of the of the options available, I think has the most cachet, has the most ability to say, "Hey, I was holding that belt. Let's have a big fight." Um, outside of Israel Adesanya, which I don't think is going to happen next, right? I feel like Izzy's probably going to go back to middleweight. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think. You know, Alex Pereira has to be careful and manage the the, the final fights of his career um, carefully to maximize his earning potential. And I don't think he's just going to take next guy up. I think he he wants to be in a big fight. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. They have some uh, some tough choices to make, and uh, perhaps our first in studio guest of the day is going to have a, a say or a take on that light heavyweight division. So. Uh, let us welcome in this guest. I'm so excited to have him in studio. It has been a while since I've seen this man in person. He is the head coach over at SBG Ireland. He is the one and only one of the greatest of all time, John Cavanaugh. Wow. How are you, sir? Great to see you. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. It's so lovely to see you. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. Yes, it has been a minute. What a studio. Wow. You've never been to this one. Oh, you were at the other one. But, uh, Welcome. Absolutely beautiful. And in that back room there, it's like NASA, all these... With the control room stuff. Yes, yes, yes. We have your guy right up here. You remember that in Sweden? That was a big one. 11 years ago, all kinds of tchotchkes here. Uh, So 2017, we moved here. But then I I left to go work at ESPN, as you may recall. Right. And then when I wanted to come back in 2021, I asked them, do you still have my great set? And they were just about to throw it out. No way. But here it is. This is it. We, we actually moved in right before Mayweather McGregor. So to give you okay. some, uh, there go. it's been a long Great time. Context, yeah. um, thank you so much. I know you're headed home. Literally on the way to the airport. So the Your wife's birthday home. yesterday. Yes. Oh my gosh. Beautiful Orla. Orla, she's very Sorry. kind to let you uh, go away well, on her we, birthday. We realized we've, since we got married, we got married in December. Then I, it was my birthday in January and I was away with, um, in Brazil with Walker. Now it's her birthday in November. I'm away. In New York, so we haven't spent that together. And now this January, for my birthday, I'll be away oh, in gosh. Toronto. Oh, right. With uh, Brad. Okay. And the week before that in Vegas with Walker. Does it ever um, get tiring, all this traveling? Very. Okay. Have I'm you reached a lie. point? Th- this year has been particularly heavy. Okay. And um, Why this year? I don't know. It just seemed to be just one fight after another. And then there's other things going on with, uh, with Train Alton and stuff like that. So it just felt, you, know, you just get home, you repack the bag. And then my son is at the turning tree and he's starting to recognize it a lot more now. And like I walk towards the door and he's like, are you going to work? Yeah. He, tra- he says work when I'm going away or, or to the gym 
to fight the boys. Uh, to fight the boys? Uh, that's just going to the gym. That's amazing. But if, I, but if he sees a suitcase, he knows I'm away for a few days. He's starting to act up a little bit when I go away. You know, he's sad to see me go. Um, you know, being apart from Orla and she's pregnant again. So, um, congratulations. Yeah, it's been a, thank you. It's been, um, it's been a heavy year. It's so. very hard when the kids start to grow up and, and you start to miss things yes. and they have activities and things yes. like that. I'm sure you love the job, love the gig. Yeah. But this is a, this is a tough job because you're always away on the weekend. It's yes. not like a Monday through Friday thing. It's a Tuesday through Sunday thing, right? Yes. And then yeah. it's right back on the, you know, on the horse come whenever you have to get back. So yeah, I'm lucky I have like the, the other guy that runs the team with me, Dave Roach, he's becoming more and more involved. And like, for example, I would have normally been going straight from here. I've got Lucy fighting next Saturday in Vegas, mm -hmm. whereas I can go home because Dave will go with her. Ah, uh, okay. So he is definitely had to take a, a large chunk of the, of the workload off. So it's, um, but hey, look, you know, don't want to be complaining. Either. Sure, sure, no, 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 of course. Team. They're all doing well, you know, we're on, we're on the shows. And, and hey, who knows what's going to happen now with Bellator. I definitely had the lion's share of my team on Bellator. So maybe next year I'll have a lot more free time. That is true. <laughs> and I want to ask that. you about that uh, in a moment, <clears throat> uh, PFL and all that stuff. But, uh, and crazy, the, the last Bellator event might actually be this Friday. Yes. Uh, as crazy as that sound. When, when, when you told me you were going to be here, I was like, who do you have? I looked at the lineup because I didn't want to send, I didn't want to, insult you i'm like i don't see any guys of yours you didn't actually come to corner someone no this was a an unusual trip um you know with uh, with monster and hands and the guys and they did this crazy contest it was like 400 global winners there was people flown in from south america from around europe and then obviously from the states and i was teaching on thursday with hendo tj dillashaw and then for me yeah hoist gracie you know, I, I just was thinking about it. I was doing a, a, a teaching an arm lock sequence with his son, Conry, great guy, of Hoist watching me and him somewhat assisting teaching the arm lock I'm showing on the birthday of UFC, where this is the man that 30 years ago took that, you know, incredible risk, obviously paid off. And it was just one of those pinch me moments that I'm just like, wow, what an amazing journey this has been that for me I, I guess I saw UFC one probably in 98 and if, of course someone's saying there oh that guy there you'll teach alongside yeah, him yeah, on yeah. the 30 but you mean yeah whatever um so yeah well it was an unusual one I think that's my second UFC I've been at just to watch I've always I've only ever gone when I'm cornering. right what was the first um I just think I went to some random one okay um it might have been like UFC 38, actually, Ian the Machine Freeman. Def oh, wow. I don't think I've been to one since, unless I've been with a fighter. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but actually, it did give me goosebumps. I, I got the feel, because I, had I had the, certainly had the feel of a really big fight night. And, you know, you've got Trump and, and, and those guys walking in and obviously start. And it actually gave me a little bit of a feeling of what it must be like to be in the crowd for a, 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 yeah. you know, a McGregor fight, because it, it was always his fights that seemed to ha you know, draw that crazy attention. And uh, normally I'm just, you know, you just focus on the job in hand. But for there, I could actually embrace it and feel the energy of the crowd. And um, yeah, I had a great, a great night. Because uh, you associate being in these venues and arenas and, and, and the, the atmosphere with like tense fighting. Yes. Is it hard to just be a fan sitting there? Yes. I would yes. imagine. Yes, it definitely is. And, and for the first one or two fights, you, you're, you're like, almost, yes, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. semi-cornering. But uh, then I got into it and... Um, just said good night. I'm I'm sat there next to Hoyce Gracie. You watched the whole card with Hoyce. Yeah, thirtieth anniversary show at MSG. Wild is that? 
That must be wild. It, are you it, asking it, his opinion on things? Yeah, or? of course. Oh my well, gosh. Getting advice and what was your thoughts when you walked? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, just, that must be amazing. It's just um yeah, I have no words. Can I tell you something that bummed me out? Um just because I love the history of the sport. Uh, and 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 I like how other sports, in particular the NBA and Major League Baseball here in America, <clears throat> celebrate the history. I thought Hoist being there, I, I, I might have missed it. I didn't even see him mentioned on the broadcast. But again, I might have missed it. Yeah. So so maybe it was at one point when I was in the bathroom or something. But like my initial idea was like bring out the thirty best fighters in UFC history, oh, do yeah. a thing, you know, because that's what the NBA did for their seventy fifth birthday. They brought the living best 75 and they voted on them, like something to celebrate the history. And if you didn't know any better on Saturday, I kind of felt like it was sort of not mentioned that this was the 30th birthday of the UFC in a venue, in a city that had banned them for all these years. Like the symmetry and the symbolism was beautiful. And I just kind of felt like it came and went. Yeah. Do you you know what I'm saying? I I agree 100%. I I ended up watching the Tyson Fury fight. I was actually in Uh, Boston for that. I was watching it. And I, I thought they maybe went a little bit overboard yes, with yes, the pageantry. You yes. know, like there was a, seemed like an hour between the co-main event and, and yes. the main event. And there's a music concert and all this sort of stuff. But it, but it was somewhat of a, oh, so that's how you make a show. Right. You know, and I suppose, say something like the WWE, again, it's, it's about the show. It's about the entertainment value. And maybe for this one, there could have been a bit more of that rather than just kind of like fight, 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 fight. Right. Um, again, I might have missed it. Maybe it was something shown on the screen. I haven't watched it back. But I don't recall, um, you know, the, the, you know, for the celebrities, right? The, the, so that didn't happen, right? I didn't. You see were right it. next I'm to him. Sat next yeah. To okay. Him, okay. So, so. I, I didn't see it. Um, He's in the building. The dude who won UFC one, not a mention. And I'm so embarrassed because I'm sitting there and like a fan will walk past and be like, Coach Gavin, wow, such a big fan, it's great to see. And I'm like, Yeah. He's right. And they're yeah. like, Oh hi. So oh my like, gosh. You, hold on a second. So yes. You need to take out your phone on Google. Yes. <laughs> But, um, the, the, this goes to show that perhaps the newer generation isn't learning or being taught who these people are, who the founding fathers are. Yes. That bums me out. Like, especially when some of these, the guys from like the rampages of the world, the guys who were like when I was coming up and I feel like they're being forgotten about. Yeah. And that like this guy, Roy McDonald, how many yes. people even like if Roy was in the crowd on Saturday, yep. how many people, and that, and this guy is from 2017, yep. you yep. know what I mean? And yep. he feels like a distant memory at this point. Very true. No, you're, it's what have you done for me lately? Right. Sport. This is why I want an independent MMA Hall of Fame. This is like one of my big things. Hall of Fame where people can come and visit and they can learn about pancreas and pride and hook and shoot and, and all. You know what I mean? Like, That'd be great. This, 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 there needs to be I a place for this fan, guy to be inducted, is, is, you know? It, um, yeah. Is it a fan thing? Like, is it Chael Sonnen or one of those guys that, you know, describe MMA? It's, look, it's two guys having a fist fight in front of a drunk audience. That's, right. There's no martial arts here. There's no. Whereas maybe if you're if you're a basketball fan or you know in Europe fo- soccer football fan, you really it becomes like part, being part of a tribe. You know if you're into Liverpool football team like my wife and my dad is, they'll tell you about the manager in 1890. Sure. You know, and their their last FA Cup season. Whereas in, in MMA, do the fans are most of them just there for a, a fight on a Saturday night without massive amount of interest and where they came from or, or where they're going is it just but look at boxing i feel i feel like they love the <clears throat> the legends right true there is a boxing hall of fame in yeah no, that's, that's true that's a good point the sport is younger it's younger but there's still enough history now is it a TikTok yes, generation yes. That's, <laughs> well, you know, that is true yeah you know, my dad again if he was a muhammad ali fan he would 
he'd buy a book about him. Who, who reads a book these days? Right, especially about <laughs> MMA. You wrote one, but there's like not a ton of MMA books out there. Not a huge out. amount. Um, this is just one of my things. And then when I was thinking about Hoist being in there, I was like, wait a second, was he not even shown on the broadcast at all? Um, I didn't realize that it was Monster that brought him and not the UFC. I thought the UFC was bringing him out. Maybe. And I, I thought that was a great thing for, well, initially, you know, I, I used to meet Hoist quite a bit at the Bellator events. Yeah. They had him as an ambassador for Bellator and I thought that was great that they gave a tip of the hat. To, yes, yes. You know, the legend that is. Um, and then when I heard when Hans was on to me about coming out and do this event, you know, it was great to meet Henderson and TJ. But when he said that they're bringing Hoist Grace, I was like, one, that's just great to hear. Yes, yes. You know, that he's getting that recognition that's thoroughly deserved. Um but of course, too, to be teaching alongside and all of that was all of that was fantastic. But yeah, I, I was really happy that he that he came along and man, he was into it. Like he's sitting there, he's watching the fights. He's you know there was Amazing. there were some nice fights. Uh, like obviously there was the Mackenzie Dern fight. You know it didn't go away, but there was I suppose interest for him in, in a Brazilian aspect right. or the um, I believe he's here today, isn't he? Diego, the yes, you know, yes, 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 incredible submission um, artist. Um, so it was just kind of cool to be alongside him and for him to be. You know, I don't think he would probably follow it all like right, no. these days. He's not going to, maybe not know all of right. everybody that's here. He's so busy with his jiu-jitsu network. But um, yeah, great, great, great weekend. Uh, can I ask you about the light heavyweights? Because we were just talking about yes. them as you were uh, getting mic'd up. So I, I feel like, so Alex is the new champ, right? Alex Pereira. <clears throat> I feel like there could be a case to be made for like, hey, let's not keep this guy on the sidelines until Jamal Hill comes back because he's, uh, you know, nursing an Achilles injury, which could take a while, like at least a year, right? That's a pretty serious injury. And then you look at the rest of the division, and I don't think Izzy's coming back anytime soon and maybe not even to 205. And then there's your boy, Johnny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny, I would say it's Johnny and Anthony Smith, but you would have to give Johnny the leg up over Anthony, right? Um, Anthony and Alex have a bit of a history. Do you think there's any chance... Johnny could be fighting for a belt. I know what happened in Abu Dhabi, and I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, somewhat unceremonious, but it should have been a DQ win. I think we all agree on this. That's what I would like to have explained to me. I'm, I'm like, there's two. Let's say there's two instances. One was the referee thing, and uh, sorry, the the doctor thing, and you can have a discussion about that. I wasn't that upset that the doctor called it. To be honest, I'm not a doctor. Maybe he saw something we didn't. That's one thing. And the other thing is it being called a no contest. I really don't understand right. that. How can that not be called? How can that be called an accidental foul? There is scrambles in MMA where you throw a kick and the hand goes down. Fair enough. This was very measured because the, the, the fighters know that position so well. They know what's happening when you take someone down. Johnny had to block him taking his back. He slowly works, breaks the grip, gets to one knee, knee in the head. Like it's, that's not a, a scramble situation where it's accidental. That's very purposeful. Um, so I didn't, I didn't, I'd love to hear the argument. I don't know if that's purely the referee's decision or was, did he confer with the judges or, or however it works. And, um, you know, that referee, I consider him a friend. I know him 10 oh, odd really? years on the wow. scene. I haven't seen him since then, but I, I am looking forward to seeing him and getting his thoughts on it. That being said, um, you know, it went the way it went. It was a no contest rather than a DQ. But um, is it announced that the rematch is on? No. I might. Oh, okay. Well, there, there goes. There's the answer to my question. <laughs> Maybe that's the number one contender fight. I, I, I would imagine so. What's this I, rematch? January thirteenth. Is that true? Yes. Oh wow. Where is that? But I'm not sure. No, no, Vegas. no one's watching. No one's watching. Um, uh, Vegas. That's a quick turnaround. Yes, and we actually wanted to do it even earlier. There was talk of the card in, in China. Um, 
obviously the December 16 card is very stacked. So yeah, they wanted to do. A Are you okay with that quick turnaround? Yeah, I, I felt this was just the right amount of time because we did have to take a couple of weeks off from uh, you know getting a bit rattled, blasted, yeah, full on, yeah, the head at the end of the day. But I also liked it that we didn't have to. Not that Johnny does go out of shape; he's, he kind of trains twelve months of the year. But we had peaked so well, so to take a couple of weeks off and then only have a couple of weeks to peak again, um, I like the timing of it. Um, so yeah, January thirteenth, we'll do that rematch, and then I think that sets us up if, if we get the win. Whoever gets the win, I think it sets them up for for maybe a title shot. You know? Yes. So we'll we'll see what happens. I guess it's a bit messy with um, you know you have, you have Jamal there, obviously. Um, so yeah, it's going to no be no more messy than the heavyweight division with John Jones <clears throat> and you know Interim and Stipe and True. all that stuff. Okay, so that is good to hear. I'm curious about Johnny because I know he was a bit of a nomad, and then he finds he finds love in Ireland and yes. he finds a home in Ireland. Yes. Initially, were you kind of like? I don't know if this guy's going to mesh on the team. You know, his character, you know, his, his personality is a bit colorful, right? To say the least. Like, like that, that doesn't, he's a lot less boisterous in the gym than maybe you would think. Okay. Like, he just kind of comes in, trains and goes home. Like there's not. There I, wasn't like I, a transition much period. Bigger okay. Personalities in the gym that you, you hear them coming in, you know. Johnny doesn't really do that. He's, he's a funny character online. He's, he's very good at his little videos and, and whatnot. Um, I suppose I, I've had that, the, 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 where I'm located in Dublin, and then obviously because of the other fella, you know, having been, been quite well known, we get a lot of passing traffic. Okay. So I'm sort of used to guys coming in and they do a week or two or a month or two. So it's, it's for, uh, for that period of time, like I'm always very pleasant to them, but I don't take them all that serious. I just feel they're, they're on their way to somewhere else. But it turned into a few months, then it turned into years, and then he got married, and I right. was his best man. So you know, now 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 we're as thick as thieves. Um, so yeah, I, I treated him the same way as I do everybody for that first week or two. That you know, you're not going to be giving them the deep secrets. Right. Okay. 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 <laughs> but it was it was a pleasure. It was a it, he was always pleasant to have on the mats. He's not you know not diva. He's not. I, I've, I've kind of worked him into turning up on time. He's still not the best at that. But that's a Brazilian thing. And that's right? what I say. Yes, oh, yes. Brazilian time again. Yes, is it, yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. But he is actually getting better at it. He's getting better at it, in fairness. Uh, how do you feel about the current state of the team? Uh, very good. Very strong. Because um, I know into- there were ups and downs. Irish MMA is here, and then it was Irish MMA is down, and then it's up, down, up, down. feels like it's up right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think we're... We've had a good year. I think we're at nearly 70% win rate this year, and that's wow. across you know, a lot of big shows. Uh, we've got finishing off the year very strong with PFL in, in Dublin. Um, on the 8th, I've got the main event, and I've got a bunch of guys on the, on the undercard. I've got the female and the male tournament finalists. And you know the year just ends, and then I've got a main event January 13th, and then I've got a main card January 20th. So you know, for me, anyway, it's just, it's, it's just snowballing. You know, the momentum has not gone anywhere. Um, so yeah, very positive, packed mats. The other fella now looks like he's back mm-hmm. next year. I'm sure we'll drift onto that topic. Yes. <laughs> um, just chatting to him this morning. He said to say hi. I, oh. said, I said I was going on the show. Lovely. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we're, I think we're, we're doing okay. How big of a blow is the potential, uh, merger between Bellator and PFL if only because that's one less place. Now I, I'm hearing that it might still run mm. as a separate organization for at least a year or two. Right. So maybe it's not as big of a blow as initially thought, but it's one ownership yeah. and that's one less place to negotiate an opportunity for fighters. What do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's simple economics, isn't it? There's going to be a lot more supply now. Right. Um, 
one way or another. Like I, I, I hear the same rumors as you. You just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I'd love to hear something definitive, but um, I suppose that's with in MMA you've got to be comfortable with change. It seems to be a constant. Um, but yeah, so look, let's see how it plays out. It would, it would hurt. You know, another another show gone, and I'm not sure if I had 15 or. 20 guys signed to Bellator, I had a, a wow. lot anyway. Yeah. So does PFL absorb them? Maybe there's a few of them that can that can go to the UFC. Um, but yeah, I think 24 will be will be a little bit tough times, and we'll have to adjust and and and, and see where we can go. I mean, there's there's great European shows. Uh, Octagon, I always talk about them. Like they're doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. I think they've just broken another record. They have a show on in Germany, and they sold more tickets than the UFC did. And like you go to any of their shows, it's 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 an event. They they are ones that really kind of go with the right. the uh, entertainment side of it. Them and KSW, I feel like KSW. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I think I've been to one KSW show. I don't really. I don't don't seem to have anyone on their shows. But um, yeah, they're another one. Big big stadiums. They they really go big. But KSW seems to be very much Polish for for right. Poland. Whereas Octagon is all over Europe. You know, I know they're coming to the UK or they were no sorry they were in the UK. Yeah, Manchester. Recently. In, in Manchester, and he had that kind of interesting influencer fight, the comedian, right. Paul Smith, did a little bit of training with me. Um, but uh, yeah, so look, you know, you go from, you get knocked back on one thing, and then you, you start picking up another thing. So I think that's what I've learned about this game, is that you, the situation is not the problem, it's your approach to the situation that's the mm-hmm. problem. So just... Are you like, I know uh, PFL, you had a media day there. And uh, they're trying to invest more in Europe. It feels like no one has grabbed Europe. Like there's such a fan base there, and there's such a market in terms of talent. Yes, UFC doesn't come enough. No, uh, like UFC could run a show every weekend if they wanted to over there, Easy. and and they don't come enough. So do you feel like PFL could be that place yeah, now? I, I've I don't know whether it's lack of a, like a, a TV deal or, or or what it is, but you know we obviously have huge soccer leagues. We have um, you know all sorts of sports represented across Europe, and it just, no TV deal seems to have been, um, anyone seems to have been able to really establish, you know, you get a few, let's say like Cage Warriors, they have a, you know, UFC Fight Pass, that kind of thing. But there's, maybe our, the way networks is done in Europe is just very different than the States where you've got an ESPN to come along and mm-hmm. give you a massive amount of money per, per, to produce content. Bellator was in, a, I guess, a bit of a funny situation where they were producing content for their own company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you really value that? Um, PFL, you know, they've got, it's interesting the PFL approach because it's it's sort of like um, really smart investors and businessmen that have started this and, and they're kind of learning MMA as they go. But they, they um, I guess they have, a TV, they have a great TV deal over here, mm-hmm. but maybe that doesn't translate. To yeah, they have the zone over there. The zone over there and I don't know how big the zone is. Like, you know, I think of something like uh, Sky Sports or Eurosports. Right. Sports. So if one of those channels could get behind it and pay a show, whether, you know, PFL or whatever the case may be, for 10 big shows a year, that'd be, I think, would be, you know, because you have all of these shows like Octagon and stuff, as far as I'm aware, all those shows are very ticket orientated. Mm. If you don't sell the tickets, it's, you're, you're in trouble. Whereas over here, it's almost like tickets are a, tickets are a second, secondary yep. business. You know, it's get the TV deal, some get, get Monster, or right, Sponsor. Right. And then, hey, if we get a gate, great. But you've got shows like the, the Combat G Global that mm-hmm. I'm involved yeah. with quite a bit as well. And they're in a, t- in a studio. They don't sell a ticket at all. So, 
yeah, I guess different approaches. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned the big dog, the big man. Uh, last time I think we had you on was February, and you seemed very confident that he would fight this year. Yes. Obviously, it didn't work out, but yes. it feels like we're getting close to something. Yes. Are we? Yeah. Um, training a lot at the moment. He's in. Um, he's outside of Ireland at the minute, but he's with uh, Brendan Lochnane. Yes, I've um, seen. I, I had Brendan over my gym, and I, I realized him and Connor were going to be in the same area. So I got them connected, and I was delighted to see that they were. I, I knew they would get on really well, really fast. Okay. You know, kind of like uh, stepbrothers or something. You know, like doing kung fu in the basement. But um, so I, I just knew once that connection was made, it was going to be great. And uh, getting some great feedback from Connor, he's, he just sounds like he just sounds uh, really motivated at the moment, really enjoying it again because he has a new toy. You know, a new, right, a new right, training right. partner. And Brendan's a very, very smart training partner. Just. You know, if you're someone of Connor standards and you go into you go into a regular gym, you don't know you're like is this guy going to prove something? Is right. he going to try and hurt me? And MMA is a weird sport where I think the techniques and strategies of MMA are quite straightforward. They're quite simple, not easy, but they're simple. What's really hard is to create an environment of training hard but safe, and it's that that's the most difficult thing I find is to get people sparring and sparring in a in a productive you know, somewhat competitive, but safe manner. Very hard to do. And you get young men and I clock you a little bit, then you have to hit me a bit harder. Whereas Brendan, and I, from my conversations with him, he's really um, strict because he runs the sessions. He's really strict with, with the training being, uh, like I said, you know, training to learn. It's not fighting to win, it's training to learn. So I just, Connor was able to just slot into that right away. He's got great training partners. I've sent over a few guys from my gym. And then, um, yeah, look back in the new year and, We'll get, we'll, get, we'll get down to it. And we were hoping for April. That was the hope. That was the, what we were told. And then now it seems to be the summertime. Uh, Meaning this coming April, not yes. this past April. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. This coming April. That, that now it seems to be, be the summertime. Yeah, I Why mean, so you probably saw the same soundbite as I did. And um, Why do you uh, think so long? I don't know. That's literally what we're, we were having a bit of a back and forward with today. Is it? And I think you said you suggested that maybe 300 is already big enough mm. um, I was just wondering I I, I feel I, like I'm now it should be three. I hope I'm not getting blamed for this uh, no <laughs> not, not <laughs> in that way they're not listening to me at least your um, reasoning had some logic mm. to it okay well do we really need him for UFC 300 that's going to be such sure. a, a massive event um, so uh, is that, are they holding back for fight week international fight week I don't, I don't my, really my know. My concern is I saw one interview with him in uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, I forget who he was talking to when he was at the, um, yes, the Francis the fight. Box. And he was like, I, you can hear it in his yeah. voice. I just want to fight. I Very just, frustrated. Like, like it feels like he's a caged animal. Yes. And, and it, it is reminiscent somewhat of the beginning of the pandemic where I remember speaking to him and he's like, I just want to fight. I just want to fight. And then he got so frustrated that he, you know, he said, I'm done with fighting and then finally came back. And my theory was, although it was never said, they were waiting for fans to come back so they can sell tickets. And finally they had him at the first show where they could sell tickets in Abu Dhabi in January of 21 against mm -hmm. Dustin. And it feels like they're trying, they always try with him to wait for the perfect scenario with all the stars aligned. But meanwhile, it seems like he's like this artist going crazy, like yeah. Van Gogh, you know, like he's just losing yeah. his mind. Have him fight in April. Have yeah. him fight anywhere. Why Create not? a show for him. Why not? Well, I'm worried about his the mental health. Yeah. Right. Well, he, I I was too. I'm not going to lie, but hearing him today, and he's he, he's at the finding this great group of training partners, and at least he's doing that. Hey, it's not quite the same as getting to compete 
in, in front of a, a large crowd, but at least he's getting training in. And he, I, that's so important. We heard Volk talk about that, you know, keep me busy. I don't like Yeah. Um, so I, I love to hear that he's, he's training hard with these guys. But um, yeah, look, and this is what I was saying to him as well. Yeah, okay. It's a knockback if we're hearing it was April, but now it's July. But it's not the end of the world. Mm. You know, it, it is an extra couple of months. It's, it's not great, but hey, you're, you're enjoying your training at the moment. Let's just keep that going. But it, it is like the sport, it, it, you are around for such a short time um, as compared to, well, I'm not going to try and make a comparison to other sports or whatever, but like, you know, like a career, our careers, we, we can do this for decades. Right. For fighters, it is a short time. And I heard like someone casually throwing out that maybe Aspinall should wait a year and a half for John Jones. Like, a year and a half. Like, yeah. What percentage of that, of his overall earning capacity are you asking him to sit and play video games or, or something? Yeah. I mean, the guys should be getting three, four offers a year. Um, you now it's up to them whether they, they want to accept it or not. But yeah, I, 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 I hope it changes. I hope there is an April date and, you know, if you get, get, get a good, a quick, good win, a quick win, maybe back in again in September or the end of the summer. It's off the leg, right? He's fully healed. Oh, he's 100%. Has been for, for a while. There's for, that USADA six-month sure, yeah. exclusion, and fair enough. That's, that's the rule. That's the rule. So that's up in April. Let's go. U- UFC was very upset. They, they felt like USADA like, took some shots at him. How did I you feel about that? I didn't understand that at all. That was a very strange one. I, I would have understood if, let's say, let's say UFC was dropping USADA at the end of the year, and then there was a rumor, or not even a rumor, like an announcement Connor's fighting January 15th, you mm. know, something like that. You could understand USADA being upset then and say, oh, so that's why he let us. Right. But there was never talk. There was only ever talk of, okay, for example, was given in a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, and fast forward six months, that's April. That's all there was ever talk of. So when I saw those uh, statements from USADA and and I mean, you guys over here, so like litigious and everything, I was like, why are you, it sounds very, I don't know, bitchy or something. It's like, at least wait for UFC to try and, and break the rule. Try and get him in early. Oh, we're, we're the new company now, so we're, we're hitting reset and he's fighting in January or February. But they never did. So why would you throw it out there that they're trying to do something when they weren't? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, so you agreed with the UFC because they felt like they were trying to make an example out of Connor or hitting him yes. below the belt or using yeah. him as the reason why. Yeah, I, I suppose I'm coming out more from Connor's yeah, of course. corner. But I agree with him. Him being upset saying, the, I, the fucking jacket, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping and looking forward to fighting in April. Like, there was never any talk of, of trying to circumvent that, that, that rule. So very odd. Have you ever had a conversation with him at this point? Like, what's the point? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I have, and it's kind of like what Volk said. It's like these—I think these. There's certain people on this planet that are that are built for to be in that environment. I don't know if you remember. There was a great—I um, think BT Sports did it, and it's sort of like it's—it's uh, it's an animated. It's Connor talking, and it's an animated him walking towards the cage, taking off chains. Mm. You remember that? Yes, one? I do remember that. Yes, yes, yes. I thought that was brilliant. And whoever got it, whoever got Connor, um, I thought maybe it was an interview with you. I'm not sure who it was, but they really got him to say what was going on. I think that's that's always a, a tricky one for you guys, the journalists, to find the right way of extracting the words out of a fighter. Because you know, you look at the the boxer Uskin, it's like, how do you feel? I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the joke being, 
as as Gunnar Nelson would said, if, if if feelings, if you could talk about feelings, they'd be called talkings. They're right. called feelings. So it's very hard to get your feelings out. And I just thought on that little monologue, Connor nailed it. And 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 that's what he's designed to do, for better or for worse. That's just who he is. And he he somewhat needs it. He 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 loves it, and he loves it. He enjoys it. And he's, you know, it's not forever. He's whatever he is now, mid-30s. It's not, it's not going to be for the next 20 years, but maybe just a couple of years and a couple of things he still wants to achieve and do. And, um, you know, he'll blink, he'll be my age, and he'll be looking back, ah, maybe I could have fought a couple of more times, you know. What, if you enjoy playing golf, you want to play golf. You right. enjoy doing MMA, you want to do MMA. Uh, you in favor of it being Chandler? Yes, yeah, I, I, I kind of like has to, to be that. right. Just I think so. You know, yeah. it's gone on for a while. And, right. Uh, El Mihal has been sitting on the sideline, waiting uh, patiently, waiting. Um, yeah, and I just I, I like the matchup. I like the stylistic matchup. I said it before. It's it's somewhat reminiscent of of his first UFC title fight against um, Chad. So um, yeah. Any I, chance I, at fifty five, or do you think those days are done? <clears throat> I I think it's. Not impossible, but it would, then you'd have to be getting into the why. Like, what's okay. the big why? There? Okay, okay. Um, you know, 170, they both are, you see them beside each other, they're both very, very similar. And it, this is where we, leaving those guys aside, we kind of get into the somewhat silliness of, of MMA that you have two guys who are 175, feeling great, and you go, okay, now, okay, over yeah. the next 10 days, get to 155, uh, fight there. No, 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 we'll give you a day and a half to go yeah. back to 175. So what's the fucking point of the one fifty five part? You know, there's uh, there's different trains of thought out there, but but I think for Connor now it's like, well, why am I cutting twenty pounds to go back up twenty pounds? Me and Chandler were pretty much the same size. Um, yeah. So do you worry about okay now at seven months this guy has to like it looks like he could go in two months? How are we going to keep him? This weekend? Right. Do you worry about that? Weekend. What good does worry do me? Mm. <laughs> it's, like, it's like being in a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, but ultimately takes you nowhere. This is something <laughs> my grandmother would I think Orla, she sent me a great one. I was like, worry is, it's like paying a debt you don't owe. Mm. So look, what will be will be. Today is great. Yeah. I'm with my good friend yes, Ariel. Yes. Flying home to see Orla and, and, and my son. I'm looking forward to that. For me to live in seven months' time, I, I can't do it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'm a worrier. I wish I wasn't. Yes. I that, worry that about is in everything. Your yeah, it is that my is in nature. nature. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, it is. Uh, I saw you with uh, old friend Dylan Dennis yes. over the weekend. Yeah, that's uh, bumped into him. He, he popped into the bar to say hello. Haven't seen him in forever. Um, <laughs> you didn't help him prepare for the uh, Logan Paul fight. Fortunately, no. <laughs> no. no, he he never he never took us up at that. But he had stuff got you know he had kids yes, yes. and whatever else he has going on. Dylan's always got some drama to deal with. Um, but uh, yeah, it was lovely to see him. It was it was, it was nice to see him. Um, Dylan in the UFC. This is what needs to happen. Why not? Yes, it feels like the biggest no brainer of all time. Why not? Huge. I I would. I was suggesting putting him on the same card as Connor. Maybe that's too far down the line now. But you know, sort of like back in the day, we when we had Connor and Artem on the same card, and uh, Chris Avila and and, and Nate, yes. you know, like a little team thing. Yes. Connor and Dylan together on the same card would do insane. I mean, Connor by himself really doesn't need Dylan, but you get what you know what I mean. Like, I, I think it would be saying. a nice story. Um, I feel like it has to happen. I don't know. Like, it, it has to happen. I mean, on the same card? No, no, no. Just Dylan in the UFC. Sorry. Yeah, I. You know. Again, why not? Right. Like, uh, what does he have to do? Is it that 
Yeah, but you know, look, promoters pro, trainers train, fighters fight. Sure. So who who am I to? Uh, well, that to does bring guess. up. It brings up a great point. The one thing I think he's truly missing now is a coach. Yes. Is a leader. Is a mentor. Like it, it was a little bit shocking to a degree to see him at the fight. I was there in Manchester. He didn't have a head coach. He had a bunch of great fighters and people by his side, Andy Main, Phil Hawes. Like, these are great human beings. But you need a coach, right? I think so. You need that structure, whether it's... I would say that. It's yeah, yeah, no, of course. <laughs> but, like, I don't think anyone is immune to that. I don't think anyone is bigger than... Yeah, I mean, yeah. even Connor has a coach. You know, like, yeah. everyone has a coach. Floyd had a coach. Yeah. And so I think he really needs to find that. Yeah, and, you know, for when, when, when Dylan first came in, he was living in Ireland for long periods of time. We were doing long training camps. He was part of those. So we got very close. Um, but then there is just geography. You know, he had to move back to New York. I'm right. in Dublin. What can I do, you know? Um, and whether it's me or not, like, there's plenty of fantastic gyms around here he could go to. But, uh, yeah, I suppose this is, it's a question for Dylan. Um, last night, hanging out with him, I said... You have your room. We have a room in my house that oh, wow. he, he can take anytime he wants. I uh, still have some of his expensive trainers there, so <laughs> I stick them on eBay, Dylan, if you don't hurry up. She's there at your house? He, he just left it for a couple of... Because I didn't see them for months after he right. left. Found these big-ass, like, expensive... I don't really know the shoe game, but yeah, they're yeah. expensive. I was like, oh, they're Dylan's. And a lot of uh, pizza boxes that he'd hidden under the bed, but that's... Wow. That's another conversation. That is a weird thing to do. <laughs> Eating pizza and the... He was getting, like... Late night, he would call pizza places to deliver to my house, like during the night, I yeah. get, you know, jet lag or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know whether he didn't want me to see it or something, so it built up. And eventually, <laughs> when he went home, I went to clear out the room. There was like a lot of pizza boxes <laughs> stuffed underneath the bed. But oh my gosh, uh, we'll, we'll forgive him for that. What a character he's become, right? In the sport, I know, I know. I he's uh, he's something. Yes. Do you, do you feel like you have the kind of relationship with him where you can tell him, hey, maybe go to this person, this? Person can be your coach. I have done. Okay. I made suggestions, and I, I thought Connor had set up a great thing. If he'd have come over to Dublin, he had you know Phil and uh, Sutcliffe and, and the Crumlin boxing team. They were all ready to go, and let's do a couple of months proper training. But um, didn't come about. Um, if he was to get to, if he was to get a UFC fight, I'd be strongly suggesting he go into a team. And, right. You know, I suppose his personality is probably beefing with half the team already. Yes. But uh, he still needs it. And it was great, great to see him. He was somewhat in with Alex Pereira. So maybe go over to there. Right. Wherever those guys are based. So train with them. Um, or, of course, he'd be more than welcome to come over to Dublin for a couple of months. But, yeah, yeah I do agree with you. You do need some some level of right. structure and foundation. Um, you know, every other sport has it. So it's, it's somewhat necessary. Were you there when uh, Ian Gary and, and Connor sparred? No, um, I wasn't. They did that that day. That evening, he dropped in again for my uh, jujitsu session, and he, he jumped on the mats. He did you know, roll with Connor, roll with all the guys. Ian, great guy, yeah, Ian. Um, what do you what do you make of his uh, potential? And what do you I, I I think he's phenomenal. He's really really good. Um, and I, and I say to people, if you want to say haters or detractors, keeps winning. Yeah, keeps winning. Whoever they put in front of him, he wins, and he he's got that other little bit of charisma, a little bit of generating interest. You know, as Ali said, half tune in to watch me get whooped, mm -hmm. half tune in to watch me whoop. They all pay, right? So he seems to he's he's good at working that side of things as well. Um, he's got a, a tough test in in December. I don't I don't quite understand his situation at the moment. He's somewhat of a a nomad opponent, as well. Yes, a nomad. 
Um, so that's the, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. He was in with such a uh, strong and 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 uh, excellent team with uh, Henry and and the guys Kilcliffe. Kilcliffe, thank you. Um, so to go from that to just like randomly dropping into different places, I, I he seems to be taking the positives out of it and, and and learning what he can, but it's 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 going to be difficult, you know, to sort to sort of get a, a, a proper training camp in. I feel if you if you're kind of just bouncing from one place to the to the next. I hear you at the moment he's in Brazil, so maybe he's a bit more right. settled in with a team now. I don't, I don't I'm not too sure. But yeah, we, can that work for anyone that that like obviously I know I'm asking you about something that would kind of go against what you believe in, right? Yes. But do you know of any fighter that it could be successful where you're bouncing around from gym to gym before every fight? Like you need some stability, right? Yeah, because and and the, I suppose that one of the main things, which I suppose is coming out a little bit with the Leon situation, and everything is that it takes a while for you to come in and build a little bit of that trust, right? You know, because that's what I said to you. The the, the the techniques of MMA are quite simple, not easy, but they're simple. Right. What's actually hard is to have an environment where it's safe to fail. It's safe for me to try a technique on you without you trying to hurt me. Um, you know, if you catch me in, a, in an arm lock, you're sensible with it. Or if you catch me with a clean punch, you're sensible with it. That takes a while to build up and it takes a while to build rapport. So if you're a week or two or somewhere, I think you're only starting to get that and then boom, you're mm. gone again. So I think that would be, that'd be one of the more difficult uh, sides of it. It would be um, trying to get that group of, of training partners that... Um, you trust and, and that you can learn from and that you get on with. You know, the training is short enough, whether it's two or three hours a day. And then outside of that, you want that support now, okay, I'm having a bad day, do you, do you have 20 minutes, could we go grab a coffee, you know? And that seems to be always like a few weeks before a fight, something happens, something emotional happens with a family or, and, and you, it's good to have that, those people you can lean on and I'm actually quite anxious about this one, like, have you seen the video of him? What do you think about this? You know, you need that those people. So, um, hey, you know, wish him all the best, and then let's see how he does. But it's it's a, it's a challenge. I was listening to Tom Aspinall on Saturday. He's very open about how nervous he gets. Yes, super nervous, super emotional. <clears throat> he reminds me a lot of GSP in that he's very comfortable with talking about those feelings. Other people won't admit to that. Do you get nervous? Like, do do you remember a fight where you were just super nervous? Ultimately, it worked out. It was all good. You felt good. But, like, do you feel that same anxiety as well? Um, so what I usually say is for that, if we've done everything that we could, and it, it's sort of something I do when I, when, I get, when I finally get to the corner, I try to get good posture, deep breath in, and then I breathe out slowly saying, we did all that we could. Because now it's Vegas. Right. Now we're rolling with it. Yeah. You know, if, did Aldo not train correctly for his big contest with Connor? Of course he did. 11 12 seconds later, he's staring at the lights. Aspinall, it went his way that time, but he was clipped himself. Right. So the sport is so intense and so many things can happen. Um, I don't stress too hard about the result, as, as weird as that might sound. I feel it's somewhat out of our control. I do stress about the training and the lead up to it. Do we, tick, do we turn over every box? Do we, tick every, do, do we do all that we could? Do we eat the right way? Do we do this? And if we've done that, I'm actually there almost enjoying it. Wow. Really? As long as we did everything that we could. If we didn't, then, or we know about a niggling injury or something, then that's going to start That's going to start eating at me. But, yeah, uh, you know, and obviously I'm doing it a while. Sure. Um, so, of course, the first few fights were a lot different, where you're just a bag of nerves. But, again, I'm quite 
pragmatic about these things, I'm asking myself, well, is it helpful for me to be in the same emotional state as them? And mm. you see the corner men that, and that's a style, and some people um, respond to that, screaming in their face and stuff. That's just not me. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I suppose short answer is not not, not really, no. Uh, what do you do when, if you've ever been faced with this, when the fighter in the locker room is supremely anxious? Is, are, are there, or is it just everyone's different and you have to know how to speak to them? And A little bit, but I, I would say, and it's something that's served me very well, is that right from day one, first of all, I make them chase me to be allowed to do their first MMA fight. I really want them harassing me to, to fight. Hmm. Whereas if from day one, I'm sort of seeing you in the gym and you're quite good and I say, hey, does this show on in three weeks time? You want to go on it? You got, do you want to fight? I'll get you fighting. Yeah, okay. You're doing it to make me happy. Hmm. Whereas if I, if you come to me and you say, John, does the show on in two months? Can you put me on? And I'm like, nah, keep training. And then you harass me again. You harass me again. So by the time we get to there, it's an enjoyable experience for you. And there is some people designed for performing to a crowd, you know, um, so as long as that was done right from day one, right at the start, their first amateur MMA fight, of course, the, 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 the enormity of the situation grows as they turn pro, as they go up the cards, as they start headlining events. But it was all started in the right way. So again, locker room tends to be fun. It's, you're, you're, we trained as best we could for it. This person's a performer. He wants a million eyes on him. And, uh, you know, you're fit, you're in shape, you somewhat of a strategy, what we're going to do. Yeah, let's, let's enjoy it. Okay. Do, do you get into, like, heavy-duty philosophy, pumping them up? Or by then, is it just all, like, tra- you know, like, are you the type, everyone come together, let's have a chat? Like, what is, what is, or is it different for every single person? So that's, that's an interesting one. So what I, what I try and do is I try to get one of my fighters, I try to get him to corner alongside me for a fight or two. Oh. All of them. I get them to do it a few times with me. Oh. Because they corner in the way they want to be cornered. Oh. So some guys, it's all about, um, you know, pumping the guy up like, that's guy, you're going to kill this motherfucker, you know, whatever the case may be. And I'm like, ah, okay, that's what you want. Ah. Other guys, stoic, just information. You know what we did. You know what this guy does. Ah, that's how you want to be cornered. So I kind of like to do that to learn how to approach it with them. I've got some fighters, you know, religious. They want to do, they do the prayer before the mm. fight. So, um, yeah, it, that's something. Again, that's if you're that if you're a guy that's fighting in with ten different gyms, it's hard to build that rapport. It's hard to build up that you know understanding of what what it is. What's what's the buttons? Is he a family man? Am I going to tell him about this is for your kids? You know, right? Maybe he's no family. He doesn't care about that kind of right, stuff. Right, right, right. You know, you don't want to look stupid in front of a million people. You know, so everybody will have different. Um, it's you know, there's not a thousand different ones. It's five or six big personality traits that you, you you learn, you pick up, and you go, oh, that's the one for him. And now you got Nate the Great Kelly in the gym. The, I, I know got, you have, I got you, you two, have two Nate, Nate Kellys. Kellys. Yes, yes, yes. You have two. It's a bit of a strange. Uh, both on PFL, right? Correct. Yeah. But one I, main event and one right, right, right. Oh, I, I'm I'm referring to the youngster. Yes. Who we first met. At the freaking Aldo O'Connor one. When was that? 2015, I believe it was, right? It was right before yes. what was supposed to be the July fight, then December. This little kid who got up on someone's shoulders, I don't know who it was at the time, and told Dana that he's going to be... Now he's fighting on that PFL event on December 8th. <laughs> Has he been at the gym this whole time? Yeah, yeah. That is uh, unbelievable. 
His mother runs the gym for me. Sarah. Does she really? Yeah. Oh, she, wow. She's the general manager. She takes care of all the problems. Thank you very much, Sarah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Nate's been with me. He was with me before that video you see of him. There's photographs of him seven or eight years of age, you know, with me. Um, and now he, uh, you know, my Train Alta program, yep. uh, formerly Wimp to Warrior, now Train Alta. Nate runs that. So he's in the gym at no six way. in the morning every day teaching. How old 40, is he? 19. Wow, and he's teaching all these kids. Yes. And, and he's, he, he's some are grown men, right? Grown oh, men yeah, and women. Yeah, and he's, you know, when I first had him do it, I was a little bit, um, you know, sl slow to do it because he, he looks very boyish as well, but he has a commanding presence. I mean, you see him, how bold he was to right. give a shout it's out true. to Dana at yeah. that age. And he's been performing on the world stage for the amateur kickboxing side of things. He's fought all over the world, won all these different titles. So very calm in stressful situations very calm and teaching situations and he's, he's got a great humor on him which is an important side of the of the profession and uh, he's doing a great job with the train all the program we've kind of pulled him back a little bit now uh, as he's fighting in a couple of weeks but um yeah he pretty much works full-time in the gym and his mom runs the gym wow and so this is an amateur fight yes but eventually he's going to turn pro yes maybe yeah oh maybe not i, I, I don't know I don't you don't know, know. up that's, to him that's up to him yeah he's gonna what an opportunity for him. Yes. You know, like amateurs is usually the, the gym hall. Sure, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. He's going to walk out to the tree arena to thousands of people. Um, so this will, I don't know whether he'll come to me at the end of that and go, don't arrest me, do that again. Okay. Which has happened. Yeah. Or he might say, can I turn pro next week? I don't know. Okay. But we'll, Is this his first amateur fight as well? No, he's done a bunch on, on, on the local scene. Okay. And, you know, the IMAFs, the, you know, he's done, he's done some of that. Um, he's probably got a thousand amateur kickboxing fights and a, a ton of jiu-jitsu matches and, and all of that. And, it, and he's used to kind of having a little bit of a spotlight on him since, since right. that. So, you know, when he does a jiu-jitsu match, it's a super fight jiu-jitsu match. You know, so right. he's just used to that going out and performing in front of a crowd. So I'm very confident he will enjoy it. I'm very confident he'll do well. I, I think he will be the type to chase me to go pro, but I, I've been wrong plenty of times before. If you have someone who is with you, you know, bottom floor, do you want them to have X amount of amateur fights before they turn pro? And if so, what is that number? Yeah, so at least amateur competition. So the, the, you might get, Nate, an example, with hundreds of kickboxing fights in his back pocket, um, it's, he won't need as many as, you know, let's use, say, Kieran Clark, who, who had 25, 30 amateur MMA fights, then went pro, now he's... 8-0 or something with Bellator. So he's a good example of someone that just did MMA from day one. Mm. Whereas Nate's an example of someone doing, you know, the core sports mm. since he's four or five years of age. So although he's only 19, he's about 15 years of international competition experience almost. So, um, yeah, I don't think he, he would need as many. But it is, that is a bit of a art in, in trying to see are they ready at this stage? And, and as, as I've gotten more involved in the sport, I'm actually trying to discourage people from going to pro. Mm. I actually would rather more just state amateur. And IMAFs have given them a great vehicle to represent your country. You know, it's an almost an Olympic feel when you go to the world championships and you see all the different countries in their track suits. And um, I, I actually, I'm, I'm finding myself more drawn to that as time goes on. I, I say it that I think I will... I don't know how long I'll be around the pro game. Maybe not too much longer. Um, we'll see. But I'll do the amateur side of it forever. And I really like the IMAFs. I really like that 
feel to it. And, you know, in boxing in Ireland, boxing is such a big sport, the amateur side of it. It's not really spoken about like, oh, you're 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 five and zero as an amateur now. You're going pro. It's, no, pro is a different sport. I don't. Mm. I want to just. I want to represent my country, win a European medal, and then get a job, carry on with your life. Wow. You know, the pro game. There's so in all that I, I've been in it. I've had one guy that got retirement money. A few other guys got you know money to buy a house or something. But it's not like it's a job. It's it's something you know it, that a lot of them will be able to do forever. It's a couple of years. Well, you know the economics of the sport, and you've guys still in the UFC that have a job right. besides that. Right. So, but it's quite damaging to fight professional MMA, you know, the elbows and everything. Whereas the amateur side, more padding, bigger gloves. You get the feel of, of, of MMA and you get to represent your country. Um, but it's, it's, it's not, you know, you have to go from there to pro. So you can go from there and maybe you're going to be a school teacher or a carpenter. Or, I don't know. Are you thinking about the end? You just said, I don't know how much longer. Yeah. I felt like you were having a little internal uh, on, yeah. on how much to say there, but are, are you thinking about the end? Yeah, there's definitely a timeline to this. There is, okay. You know, you, you know the, two, the age in your I, mind? It's probably actually more, I have certain guys on my team that I want to see them out, mm. so I wouldn't go until there. How many left who fall in that category? A small number. Okay. A small number. Um, the, the team has grown all the time, but... With, with Dave Roach coming in now, he's doing such an amazing job at them. I can back up a little bit, back okay. up a little bit. And, you you know, like that? This is this is by design. Yes. yes Do you think definitely. there'll be a point where you're you're not going on the road? Oh, that's it, hundred percent. Yeah. Like but, I, I I admire. I, I'm at shows with. I see the MMA coaches. I don't have to say names, and they're in their sixties, and yeah. they're still like that. Won't be me. Definitely not. I'm I'm 47 in January. Mm. Um, Do you go past 50? I don't know. Wow! Again, it's that. I, so we're getting be close. in and around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll definitely be in and around there. It'll be, it'll be more. And I know my guys are watching this. It'll be more. The, the guys that were really with me from the start and that I took from from sure. amateur to pro, and you know they're at that five and zero, six and zero stage. And let's see, do we get to the next level? I, I, I wouldn't abandon any right, of them. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it does start wearing on you this game. Um, emotionally emotionally uh, being away from the family so much seeing fighters you know getting hurt and, and you know going to the big shows on Saturday and then the politics behind and arguing about small sums of money and all of those type of things but the amateur side is so clean mm. there's no money involved you just get in if you win your spot on the national trials you're on the team it's not because you were high five and someone or friends or someone you win your spot you're on the national right. team and you're on the national team you go compete in the Europeans or you go to the Worlds you win some medals, and and then you, you know, carry on with your life. And I like that. I, I, I can imagine because, like, I feel like we don't think about this component. I was thinking of a guy like Yuri, so intense. He puts so much into it. Pay per view ends one a.m. We all go to bed. This and that. You guys have you've been there in the locker room or the trip to the hospital. That is drain. You're not going to bed probably till who knows seven. Maybe you're going straight to the airport right after. Heartbroken. You've put. Yeah. That's got, I like to do that week after week after week. Yeah. And, and that's the, you know, you're making a good point there. That's like for the fighter, he might be doing that twice a year. The coaches may be doing that twice a month. Yeah. And you're, yeah. you're on this roller coaster. And that's why I do say to the guys, whatever happens on Saturday night, I won't commiserate too hard if you lose and I won't celebrate too hard if you win. Because mm. the next day, it's just carry on. Like, you know, back in the day with, with the big Connor fights, it was like, you know, to be a week in Vegas after a fight. Right. I can't do that anymore, you know. Um, 
it's I wake up Sunday, you're you're traveling back home, you're back in the gym Monday, and then I have another guy looking at me going, Hey, so you're ready for this weekend? What what do you think about this guy? Yeah, and yeah. should I do this yeah. and should I do that? Yeah. And you get that done, and then it's 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 on repeat. I have sixty or seventy guys at the moment competing regular. So it's Can you go on vacation? You try to squeeze them in here and there, you know, like um like uh, I used to say after the Mayweather fight, I remember that one, it was such a great trip. Me and Orla went to uh, the Keys, Florida, the, the Keys in Florida for a few days afterwards. But it's, it is kind of, I've certainly, I've, I don't know how many holidays I've canceled because, you know, we'd book a holiday four months in advance and then a month out, Johnny Walker's had to get in sure, a fight. Sure. So I have, and Orla has been with me since, you know, for a long time. So she understands that that is my life at the moment and, and I have to accept that. Um, you know, Danny McCormick there, she fought on in Boston and uh, defending her Invicta, Invicta world yeah. title. And a couple of weeks out from that, I'd gotten all expenses, two tickets to the Rugby World Cup final in Paris. Mm. You know, me and Orla love the city. We really enjoy rugby. Sadly, it wasn't Ireland in there, but it, they were close. But then that fight got confirmed that weekend. So that's burn those tickets, throw them oh, away. Oh, man. You know, you just, and, and that seems to just happen all the time. So yeah, um, me and Orly, we have a uh, little three nights away over Christmas booked in, it's, it's just in Dublin, but a nice hotel, me, her and Connell. So I'm looking forward to those three nights, but then, you know, you'd have Brad Katona kind of elbowing you, say, you're not going too far now, are you? I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm up January 20, then, right, then right, Walker's right. just had to be confirmed January 13, so. Golly. It's, uh, what happens when your son says he wants to do this as well? Um, God. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's almost going mean, to... He probably is at the gym a bunch, right? Oh, I, and he is hyper... Like, like, again, that's his thing. Are you, are you going to fight the boys? Uh, I'm going to fight the boys. You know, so he seems to so be drawn towards it. And I see Connor Jr., I mean... Uh, he's a little he's, animal. He's, he's so skillful. Like, yeah. It's going to be, he, you know... Yeah. Young I John know. versus young... <laughs> and young Connor going nah, through this in 20... 20 years oh god yeah yeah i could just see it maybe maybe i'll be sitting here do you think there's a better chance could you imagine yeah i feel like there's a better chance of him being a your son being a coach than a fighter like wanting to fall in your footsteps do you think there's a possibility Um, of that yeah thought of this and will you try to deter him not to do it i won't deter him like orla's all for it she's she's actually probably more forward than i am wow um i say this like he'll certainly know how to defend himself Hmm. you know i want him at a level where he's he's confident bringing his girlfriend out for a meal and he you know situational awareness and some some self-defense techniques if he starts falling in love with it in training i'd probably make it a much tougher path for him mm. because if, if i know he's going in there not that i don't send anybody in who's not ready already but it probably will have to be a few more hoops for him to jump through because it's um you know it's it's a serious sport what we do so being a coach though would you be okay with that oh of course coaching is coaching is great i guess yeah. i can do this forever <laughs> um, and he, he might like right from when he was six months old seven months old we'd have him down and there'd be stuff going on in the gym but he always wanted to sit beside the cage because that's where the sparring goes down oh. and he loves watching sparring and he has this thing at the moment you know Johnny Walker lives with us and uh, like when Connell has his bath in the evenings he, he puts his mohawk yeah, up he goes, Johnny Walker yeah, and then awesome. when I walk in he, he goes Johnny Walker and he runs at me and grabs my leg you know? oh, that's awesome <laughs> he's um yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Do you find yourself? Rem- do, are you a reminiscer? Do Do you think a lot about 
you know, the last 10 years. I think that's your, uh, it's, you know, the worry is about the future and then the reminisce is about the past. I think I'm more just now. You're Okay, so you're um, really because I am a reminiscer and a worrier. See, okay, so <laughs> you're neither there or there. Okay, yes, 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 Meet yes. me here. Okay, um, good. I'm, I, I guess. No, I, I, like, I, I have so much, Orla, we have a room of memorabilia that just have never gotten around to put, you know, she just came across the, the UFC poster for Connor uh, and Eddie in New York. It's a beautiful poster. Everybody has a signed, and it's sitting in my attic. Wow. So I'm looking forward. Maybe it's when, you know, I take that step back, going into that room and taking out all these posters, putting them up, and, uh, and then I'll, I'll allow myself maybe that, that reminiscing. And I'm sure at some stage, in a couple of years' time, Connell will be looking at some YouTube video and say, Daddy, is that... Like yeah, here, you know, so I, I am looking forward. I, I definitely am looking forward to that. Uh, you, do you have like a room in your house with all? Yeah, you do. Full room at all. You know, the UFC tracksuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get new in every event. I think I have about forty of those UFC bags. Um, but you know, old, old lanyards, posters, little, little little memorabilia you pick up as you go along, like your your little collection yes, here. Yes, you yes, know? yes. And each one has a has a story, and each one, you know, I'm sure will. I picture, you know, some Christmas time. I said, oh, what, what, what was the Mayweather fight like? Oh, ah, my God. Here, I have a story for yes, you. You yes, know, that, yes, kind of, yes, yes. that kind of thing. So I feel I've been, I've had a very blessed and very busy last decade or two. And, and um, so it, for sure it will be fun at some stage. But at the moment, there's too much happening now for me to either worry about the future right. or so regret reminisce. or reminisce about the past. Uh, what do you think time. would be the first memory that comes to mind? If, if, if your son one day when he's 10, so you've long since taken a step back, uh, that's like seven years from now, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm right about that. And he's like, what was the best? What was the best memory? What was the, what was the apex of it all? Well, I suppose there's, there's a very unusual, well, okay, so fighting wise, it's always going to be Connor and Eddie in New York. There were, there were so oh, really? many little- that, that one? Yeah, there's, and there's so many little stories that went around that week, that week, and- you know, the, the, the press conference that you're, you'll find it's hard to believe, but we were running late for that. <laughs> and um, somehow or another, we were up at Central Park and you've got to come all the way down to, to you know, Madison Square Garden. We, the, the, the police got involved and gave us a full police escort down. So, you know, I sit beside Orla, going down Fifth Avenue, I suppose yeah. it would have been. Yeah. In New York, you know, we hadn't been, we hadn't been here all that many times with a full police escort. Where am I going to do that again? Yeah, yeah. You know, how, how is that ever going to happen again? And then something to throw a curveball at you from a totally different angle. In a couple of weeks' time, I'll be back here for the listing of, of Train Alta on the New York Stock Exchange, ringing the bell with uh, hopefully Orla and Connell will, will be alongside me. So, you know, him at three, he's not going to understand it now, but maybe 10 or 12, and he sees the photo of him in the New York Stock Exchange. Yes, yes. With his old man listing a, a company like so, that, that's that's a very exciting thing from a business point of view, and then from a sporting point of view, yeah, it it can't get much. The the, the first MMA event in New York, the champ champ, you know, and then the little stories that are always there, fight week, things going right, things going wrong, dealing with them. Um, yeah, there'd be, there'd be. I thought maybe stories. you'd say Aldo just because, like, that was. But I mean, this is like picking your favorite child, right? Like, there's no <laughs> wrong answer. These are all. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the, the Aldo one w was great as well. And you know, we've been to Vegas so many times. It's it's it's. I always enjoy going there. But for me, nowhere is like New York. Right. You know, New York is of, of everywhere I've gone in the world. New York's my favorite city to visit. 
I do like leaving it. I think I think I can do three or four days at a time. It's a draining city. There's so much to do, so much going on. Um, Vegas, as, as, as weird as it would be to say, is a lot calmer for me than New York because we usually stay off. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're every night going down to the casino. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, like you said, your your favorite kids. Who who are you gonna pick? Will you be at the Three Arena next weekend? For oh, yeah, you'll be there. I'm so sad about. Oh, this. sorry, no, sorry, sorry. You're talking about the boxing. I'm talking about Katie Taylor. Yeah, yeah. the boxing. Um, no, of course I know you'll be at PFL Europe. Yeah, you're sorry. working. Yeah, um, yeah. Because you weren't at the first fight. I wasn't, and now you're just reminding me that that I actually am in Dublin for yes. the weekend. And we have, like, a guy I will give a massive amount of credit for for Johnny Walker's development over the last few years. His coach. Oh, Thomas I, Cardi. Thomas Cardi. Yes, because Johnny walked him out. Yes. Yes, that's right. So I'm sure Johnny's going to it to walk him out again. Um, I, yeah, I'll see if, if see if Orla's up for for going along to watch, of course, watch Katie, and then I'm nervous Thomas. about this. It's very hard. I love Katie. I just uh, go running it back. I, I was lucky enough to be there. I won't be there this time. Um, uh, the opponent, Chantel Cameron, is very good. Brilliant. And so to run it back, I just my heart breaks for her because she waited to fight in Ireland for so long. She had to wait so freaking long, and then speaks to just what kind of a special human being she is. Yeah, sure. Give me the 140 champion. In my, she could have fought a broomstick yes. and sold that place out. Absolutely. And now she's like, yeah, Fuck sure, no, no problem. Let's, let's freaking do this again. Yeah. I wanted to have that win, that moment I know. in Ireland, you know? I would like to think as well that the fans, you know, not everybody's going to be as, as clued in as you, but I'd like to think that they res- at least respect that. And, oh, for sure. You know, going along, maybe this is our last one, I don't know. And, and, and the, the, the result is almost incidental as opposed to the, the build-up and the journey and singing the songs in the audience and, you know, I'm, whatever way it goes, I'm sure it's going to be a very exciting fight. And, you know, with boxing, it's a little bit more forgiving. If you have the, the Aspinall fight, everybody, the easiest bet in the world was sub one round. You right. know, maybe sub two minutes was an easy enough bet. With boxing, it tends to, you know, there's not too many of those type of fights. You'll get six rounds, eight rounds, or 10 rounds, whatever, whatever the case may be. And then at the end, one hand goes up, one hand goes down. Still celebrate the whole achievement her whole career is, you know, her, her pretending to be a boy back yes. in the amateur days. Like, there's so many amazing stories around her. And then, for whatever, it went down with, with, the, with the pro side of boxing going into the dark ages for a while. And her to be there, what if, what if she'd retired and missed it all together? Right. At least she did do true, it. True, true. And our walk out, I, 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 I know you're at it, I was just watching it. I thought he did a great job at the walk out. That was amazing. It's, but, you know, the hair yeah, sticking up, amazing. you know, the UFC tends to be just... Three, two, one, go, go, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you have to run to the cage and, you, you know, it's, it's all over before you even know it. Um, I, I love the walk. I'm sure they're going to give her a, a special one for this one. And it'll be right up, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy and embrace all of that. And then whatever way the result goes, the result goes, you know. Well, I'm hoping it works out for her. This has been lovely. This really has. You have, a, you have a, a flight catch to catch. What are we at now? We're at 2.30. 2.30, So I told yeah. you you'd be out of here. Um, thank you so much for coming. Uh, congrats on all the success as always good luck with the upcoming fights what a schedule that is jeez um, a little break for Christmas three days uh, three days <laughs> yes. Brad give me three days off <laughs> very nice of him and uh, good luck with everything going on with uh, Train Alta um, man you got so many things going on you have Train Alta obviously the gym doing work with Monster am I missing something that we should be plugging well, I'll, I'll say uh, uh, baby number two on the way baby well. number two is a pretty big <laughs> one yes that's I was thinking more professionally, but personally, <laughs> yeah. is a pretty big one. Return the of the date? Notorious. Um, the due date, bizarrely enough, is, is uh, Paddy's Day. 
Oh wow! So, oh wow, we're getting close. Yeah. Okay. Mid March. I didn't realize you were okay. Mid March. It's actually March. March. So March seventeenth is okay. St. Patrick's Day, and it's um, I think official official is like the fifteenth. But if we get that far, I'm just going to bind our legs together yeah, and just, say, you just got to hold on for two more days. Because yeah. I just, I already had the image of him being like six or seven and bringing him to New York for his birthday and saying, look what they put on for you. Uh, yeah, his, look at this Patrick's this Day. Can you believe parade. that? Isn't this amazing? <laughs> uh, well, good luck. Good luck to her. And it's a boy. Oh, I don't know. You don't know? I, okay. I keep saying he. Yes, yes, yes. But we, but we for this one, we, we didn't Surprise. Find we're gonna we're gonna I love wait it. for it. I did surprise for all three. Oh, good. The best. I did not number one, but uh, on number two. I'll, I'll try. We actually have the result. Yeah, yeah, we know yeah. it's in a, it's in our home safe, and there's been a few Saturdays where I'm close to opening it. But there's only so many surprises. In there life. you go. And that moment when they come out and they actually say it's a boy or girl. Well, I had two boys, and then we had the girl, and I would have bet my life that the third would have been a boy. Right. So the feeling that I had when they said it's a girl, amazing. I will I will live with that feeling and, and hold oh, on to that forever. You sold it so, to me. I'm yes. Okay, good. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate Safe Travels Home. The great John Cavanaugh, what an honor it is to have him back in studio after all these years. Golly, I think uh, eight years since your last time in oh here. My God. So it's been quite a while. Speaking of Dylan Dennis, he was at our live show on Friday. Here's that interview, a portion of it, and we'll be back with the great Lupi Godinez who made history on Saturday at Madison Square Garden. Don't go anywhere. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, so that was my conversation with Dylan Dennis uh, from Friday's live show. If uh, you want to continue to watch that, it's on our YouTube channel right now. Uh, it was a great time. Thank you very much to John Cavanaugh for stopping by and safe travels to him. For now, though, let us talk to one of the big winners from Saturday. She made history at Madison Square Garden. We'll talk about that. She defeated Tabitha Ritchie. What an absolute superstar she is. She is the pride of Mexico and Canada. She is the one and only Lupita Lupi Godinez. Yes, here she is. Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you for coming. I appreciate Thank you very it. Much. Please Thanks have for a seat. I understand. I just got a text message. Did the car not come to pick you up? What happened here? Did we screw up? Yeah, something like that happened. Uh, I don't know. How. It's so okay. Sorry. We got a taxi. We made it. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll figure that out on the way home. I'm oh, sorry good. about that. Oh, good. Um, how are you doing? 
I'm really good. I'm really happy. How are you doing? A little uh, shiner here, but that's yeah. That's good after a win, right? Yes. No problem. Yeah, I actually like I, I love him. I you love like to it. have the marks in my face. Yes. <laughs> Do you find people look at you a little bit funny when you have yeah, marks they, in Yeah, they kind of like look at me too much, but then I'm like... <laughs> You're proud of it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and actually, uh, Diego is going to join us as well. And I'm told you're going to translate for him. Is that yes. true? Yes. I'll Do you feel up. comfortable translating? Yeah. yeah You've done this know. before? No. No, you've never done this ever? <laughs> ever. I mean, I, I help here and there, like interviews or, or you know, just like in the gym or yes, stuff like yes. that. But never like live or anything. On a show or yeah, something like that. Show. And uh, he's Brazilian. Do you speak Portuguese or does he speak Spanish? No, he speaks perfect Spanish. He does? Okay. Yes. Okay, is that how he speaks to you guys? Yeah. In the gym and things yeah. like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so we'll do that in a bit. I appreciate you doing that for us. Thank if you need us to pay you for your services as no. far as working, translating, uh, <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll be happy to do that. Uh, congratulations on Saturday. Thank you. And uh, so much was made. I feel like so much was made after the fact that you made history. First woman to win four fights in a calendar year in UFC history. I don't feel like much was made of this going into the fight. Were you aware that you can make history on Saturday going into the fight? Yeah, to be honest, I had no idea until <laughs> after. Really? You know, yeah, like people were like, "Oh, do you know you win? You know, you won this for you know for the for you know the first woman doing history for fighting and winning two fights, you know, in a row in in the UFC." But I didn't know until after, but I guess I'm setting records by accident because I'm not meaning to make any records. I just love the sport. I love what I do. So I just show up and fight and these great things happen, you know? That is amazing that you had no idea. And it's not even a year. Like we say a year. It's really since May. Yes. Right? It's six months. Yeah. So what is the secret to being able to fight so often? Why are you able to do this successfully? You know, I love what I do. I think... I think that if you do whatever you're doing with love and, and with passion and, and you put everything into it, like good things come out of it, you know. And I don't do this. I, I'll, I'll do this for nothing, you know. It's just what I love. I, I enjoy. This is my, my love. This is my hobby. This is my job. This is everything to me. You don't take breaks, though? Like, like after a fight, do you go on vacation? Do you try to, or are you the type that goes right back in the gym? Yeah, well, I, I had tried to go on vacation before and okay. they called me meet uh, my vacation and then I'm like, okay, I'm coming back. So I just go back to, you know, back to, 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 fi- where to were five you? weeks. This time uh, I was at home, but I was planning to, okay, okay I'm going to do this and this, blah, blah, blah. And then go the call. I was home. I was at my house for a day or two. Then um, I went to see my mom, and then on, on the way there, I, that's when I got the call. So I said to my mom, hi, I'm by, because I got to go back. So I left two days later Wow. to go back to camp. So, you know, this uh, the phase like this is a little bit of eight weeks full camp, my last camp, and this is five weeks for this camp. So it's been a lot of, a lot of sparring, a lot of uh, training, and we train really hard. So, of course, you know, bumps like this are going to happen. Do you prefer having a long camp or do you, I know some people like a shorter camp, you don't have to overthink it, less chance to get injured. Where do you lie? Yeah, you know, as long as my body is healthy and, 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 and of course we're training, I, I can fight in two weeks notice, a week notice. I, I don't care because I'm always training. Right. As I say. You don't get out of shape. 
You don't mm. eat a lot of ice cream or no, uh, things no, like that? No, I, I can't. I don't like to look, you know. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who does? Yeah. But some people have discipline, some people don't. Right. I don't have discipline. You are a high-level athlete, so you can... I have to. Yes. I have to. You know, the goal is to get the, the belt, and I cannot be going in one of these anymore. I used to before. I learned from, from that, and I'm like, no anymore. Meaning, like, indulge in bad things and get out of shape and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, after my fights, I will peek out like, okay. like no one more. Else, and I don't do that anymore. You don't have, like, one celebratory meal, like, one thing, like, pig out one night or something like that? Yeah, of course. I, I eat, you know, what I want and stuff, but I don't go overboard anymore or more than three days in a row or, you know, I, like, once I'm back, I will go back and start my workouts and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, fighting in MSG, what was that like for you? And did that mean anything to you going in? Like, were you someone who was aware of how historic the building was? Yeah, you know, it, it was crazy, you know, be part of it, but not just being part of it, I'm also making history in that amazing building, yeah. you know, that a lot of the athletes and the greatest of the greatest being there, you know, and now I'm part of that book. That's that's amazing, you know, and and the thing is, I don't even know it until after, you know. That is a maybe that's for the better, right? Because uh, I don't know. Are you the type of person to get nervous before fights? And would you have been nervous knowing that you were on the verge of making history? Is it better to know those things after the fact? Uh, no, I don't get nervous. Like and like those things, it just fit me for more, you know. Like like I get more like hungry. Like I want to do it more. Like. Even negative things and good things, I just use that energy as for me to to do to do even better. Okay. You know, I don't use that as a negative for me. I don't think it's it's my style. Good. Um, did it feel different being at MSG as opposed to T-Mobile? Like, could you sense a difference in the building? And if so, how would you describe it? What is what is it that makes a difference? Like, we talk, oh, it's historic, but like once yeah. you're there in front of the lights. Yeah, you know, seeing the energy, like feeling the energy of everyone that is in there, it was it was a great experience, you know. And and now I I, I got to be in two big places in in Vegas mm. and um, the arena and and this arena, like it's it's been back to back, you know. It's it's been amazing. You can't go back to the apex now, right? Like it's tough to go from MSG to the apex, right? With the energy of the people. Yeah, it's crazy, you know. Like the the you gotta walk out, you gotta fight, you gotta feel it to to be able to like I can't even explain with words. If that makes sense. Wow. Um, how did you feel about the fight? About what you did out there? You know, I followed the game plan exactly what I did. That was the game plan. That was box it up, few kicks here and there. Um, if if I wanted to shoot, would be at the end of the round. We know she's a black belt um, in judo and jiu jitsu. And she also did some kickboxing in the past. So, you know, she had some some history. In, you know, she, she got, you know, her, her tool belt and everything. Uh, so that was the game plan. Um, cutting her off, we knew as soon as I pressured too much, she was going to take, take, do shoot for a takedown. And that's why I knew as soon as I was too much pressure, I knew she was going to take them. So we defend that. We train exactly what we train. It's exactly what happened. Okay. So then when you heard uh, one of the scorecards in her favor, what did you think? <clears throat> you know, it's always uh, difficult, like right right after a fight, especially to to know like exactly all the shots that, you know, where it landed and what happened. But when I went back to hotel, I watched the fight and then I was like, oh, wow. I don't know what scary, was right? On. Yeah, that was scary, scary moment. Was but, it 30-27 for her, right? Yeah. Not a single round for you. Yeah. That's shocking. Yes. No? Yeah, it is. 
like now that I watched the fight a few times, right. I'm like, I don't know, maybe he went to the bathroom or something. Yeah. I have no idea. But it's okay, you know, it's sometimes it's also my fault. Why am I letting this happen if I leave it to the judges, you know? like. I don't agree with the that it's your fault. This is, this is high-level athletics. Like, it's 15 minutes. It's only three yeah. rounds. It shouldn't be viewed as a bad thing to go to the judges. But for a judge to get it that wrong yeah. is scary. It was so much at stake, right? You lose this fight. You go back to the beginning of the the You know, it's. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine competing, putting so much into it, and then you hear that. I know it's happening fast when they're when they're saying thirty to twenty seven, but like that's that's a shocking thing when that happens. Yeah, and and you know when I hear the numbers and stuff, all I can think about is my team. It's mm. like all this work that we have put in, all you know, all the hours and all of that. And then I was like, oh, like I was like, oh my gosh, because like I wish I can like watch the fight while I was waiting because they took forever. I think when they look at the card, they were like, what was happening? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Uh, But I didn't know what was happening, right? And uh, yeah, it's difficult, I guess, to know right away, like right in the moment. But as I say, I watched the fight and then I'm like, wow, he didn't watch the fight. (laughs) When you watch it, you think you won uh, three rounds to none? Yeah, if anything, let's say they want to be nice, one to her, uh, mm-hmm. maybe the second round. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do believe I, I won like the three rounds. Yeah, so I saw once I see the fight, I'm like, I think I won the fight. Uh, it was two times where it looked like she dropped me or something like that. I fall, but I was sort of placed. I, I, I throw a hook, and I, I step this way. Then she with her shoulder, kind of like hit me and then I that's when I fall and oh, then okay. I, and then I hear that they're saying that she you know connected me and dropped me but um it wasn't like actually she just kind of like pushed me with okay the okay like yeah um did your family go to the fight no only Anna my sister was in my corner okay they just watch my dad and mom and my other sisters watch her on tv do they want to go to the fight so they can they not go or is it <clears> their preference not to go they, I think they will want to, but they get too nervous. Uh, I'm like I everyone, probably, your parents have never gone. No, only when I was amateur. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. But maybe you know, maybe the next one um, is gonna be a bigger fight. Yeah. And I will definitely like them to come. Okay. So you think they just have they said this to you? They'd like to go, but they just get too nervous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you have your sister in your corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know both your sisters compete, right? Yeah. Uh, but. In MMA, will they? Uh, are they going to follow your footsteps? Uh, <clears throat> we don't know. We're going to see after the Olympics. Okay. Once, you know, that's their goal and see what... They're they trying out do. for the Olympic team. Yes. Both of them in wrestling, both, right? Both of them, yeah. For Canada or Mexico? Canada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. What, why Canada and not Mexico? Um, why? <clears throat> they Better team, there. right? Oh, okay. They've been training there and uh, their coaches from there. And uh, I'm not sure about all the traveling stuff. I, I, I'm not sure. Like, but it's Canada's better than Mexico in terms of wrestling, right? No, I mean the team is better. No, I think we they have a be, uh, stronger, yeah. a stronger thing going on there. They go to university there, and then they go scholarship through wrestling for the university. Wow! So of course, you know, it was easier than Mexico. And when do they find out if they've made the team? They had to go to a trial as a steel. Okay. So I believe that's in December or yeah. Maybe okay, December. so it's getting close. Yeah. Wow. And who who got them and you into this? Like, how did they get into wrestling? 
Uh, school. Well, they went to school and they were trying, you know, a few things. I, I did judo, a little bit of judo before. So, you know, just kind of that kind of like links up a little bit. And I was a little bit of the first coach of them, like teaching them a few moves, like not really, but right. they just listened to me because they had no idea. Now they teach me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. But at the time, yeah, it was, um, it was fun times. Did, did, did your parents like that, you know, their daughters were doing this physical stuff? Were they encouraging? Well, I think they're used to it because even since I was a little kid, I've always been really, um, like, touchy. Like, I like to, like, physical okay. you know, contact. So, um, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense, you know, to them. Did you play soccer and things like that, or was it always, like, the physical sports? Yeah, I played soccer. I played basketball. I play almost all the sports, volleyball, blah, blah, blah. But I don't like the team, really, ah. the team sports. Why not? I don't know. I get so frustrated. I just want to have the ball myself. And then, of course, I'm not very, you know, yeah. kind of like fighting or, or judo, you know, stuff like that. It's more like, yeah, you need a team. You know, you train, but you st- once you step into the cage, it's like you and your opponent and you get to play the cards. It's interesting because I was just going to say, like, it seems like your team, uh, the Lobo team, there's you guys are so close. Yeah. So you like that camaraderie, but ultimately you want to be the one to determine... What happens? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and uh, would you like for them to become fighters as well? Would you encourage your sisters to fall in your footsteps or are you going to try to tell them not to do that? No, if they want to do it, I'm more than happy to, you know, help them. And like now that I've been through it, it's going to be easier for them. Like I had to discover by myself a lot of stuff, you know, asking and seeing things and trying to copy other fighters and trying to learn myself, right? But now that I have the knowledge, I can kind of, you know, walk them through it. And like now they have options, well, this gym or that or Mm. this and that, you know? And now, you know, I'm in Lobo, so of course I want them to come this way and, and, you know, have a great uh, coach, the coaches there and, um, yeah, just work from there. Do you remember the first time you, you saw a UFC event? Yeah, it was in TV. That was uh, with uh, Ronda Rossi and Carmouche. Okay, Liz Carmouche. Yeah. I think that was uh, UFC 159 or something like that. That was the first women's fight in UFC history in Anaheim. And why were you watching? Did someone tell you? How old were you at the time? Mm, That was 2013. Okay. Yeah, 18, something like that. Um, I was I was with, you know, friends um, to watch the fights, but mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was going to do. You knew nothing? I had not, no idea. Okay. I, Did you even know what the UFC was? Uh, I knew about fighting, but it, I thought it was only men. Oh, uh, okay. Right? Like yeah. in my yeah. head, it was, it was not a thing for a woman. You know, at the time I was uh, doing a little bit of judo. And when I saw in TV Ronda Rossi, I was like, wow, I want to do that, you know. Oh, wow. I fall in love right away. I say, she's doing, she did judo, you yeah. know. I was like, I'm doing judo. I, I can do this. And then the way she was beating the girls, you know, I, I knew some of the moves that she was doing. So I'm like, I, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. And then slowly, you know, I, I, I joined a gym and I started from there. Wow. So So you see that and right away you say, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And that changes your life. Yes. What do you think you would be doing now if you never saw that? I, I don't know. Really? I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. No. Do you think you'd be in athletics or do you think you'd be doing something completely out of the world of sports? Um, I always wanted to, since I was a little kid, I always knew I, I wasn't made to be in a normal job, right. to do a normal thing. I always uh, knew that I needed to do something else. doesn't matter what it was, but I 
just imagine this. When I was a little kid, I will imagine I was in front of so many people, like, you know, like, you know, the biggest stage, and they were watching me, and then I will sing. I don't know how to sing. Okay. I don't sing to yeah. save my life, <laughs> to be honest. But I will pretend I was singing. Well, actually, I was singing, but pretending that it was tons of people watching me, and right, then right. I will make my little concerts at home, and... And just pretend that it was people watching me and I will go through this whole process. And and I always knew I was made to do something like that. I was just didn't know what it was. Yeah. You wanted to be a star. You yes. wanted people to watch you. Yes. And now here you are making history at Madison Square Garden, maybe the most mm -hmm. famous arena in the world. Yes. Is it hard to process all of this, that it's all happening to you now? Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I try not to jam myself thinking too much about it because just how I, you got it, that's how you can lose it, you right, know? Right. You know, so I, I'm just the same girl that is trying to reach a goal and I have to work hard and I just know that the key to that is keep, keep, you know, keep looking down, keep working hard and keep going forward because once you start looking around and you start distractions, that's when, mm -hmm. that's when, you know, things. So what happen. is that goal? Of course, fight for the belt and be a dominant champion. And, you know, I'm working really hard towards that. I have changed everything for right. that, you know. I, I'm doing my camps in Mexico, and slowly I'll probably be spending more time there. And, um, yeah, we're doing, we're doing big things. How far away do you think you are from that now? Now that you've <clears throat> had this amazing year, one of the best years in women's MMA, uh, how far away do you, are, do you think you are from that conversation being that close to the goal? I want to say two, three fights max. Okay. Yeah, of course, you know, every every fight going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're going to get bigger now. Yes. But you don't like to call people out. No, I don't. You don't like to you, not even call them out, like say, oh, this one I think would make sense or this is, you have people, you just don't want to be disrespectful. Is that it? Yeah, you know, because like all the, all the, like every all the girls that are above me, they're so good and yeah. they all have you know, amazing careers and they have all so much experience and they have so much to give me. So it's like, it's like taking a kid in a candy store and tell them, which one do you want? Right, well, right. I want all yeah, of yeah, them, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that. But of course, you know, now, now my manager is the one that is going to move, move the, the things around and, and, and give me, you know, the best path possible and also the UFC, sit down and talk and go from there. When you see Zhang Weili, do you, do, you, do you feel like right now you can compete with her? That you're ready to compete with her? Yeah. I need a full camp. Yes, okay. <laughs> but yes, yes. You, you think so? Yeah. Um, so you feel like you just have to go through the, the, the path now, but skills-wise, you think you're there? Yeah, I think so. And, and now, you know, I have a great team behind me. Um, you know, I have Colin Danes, Francisco Grasso, Diego Lopez, have my sisters now, you know, and, and the whole Lobo gym is, it's just, you have to be in that gym to feel that energy, to, to see the hard work that we put in is, is, is amazing. And, and they just give me so much confidence that, to, that I can fight whoever they put me in front. Do you think if you didn't make the switch, you'd be in the spot? No. No. No, I, I really think um, the change, you know, is, a big thing in my career, I do believe. And uh, I'm not disrespecting right, anybody. Right. It's just that, you know, it, the level, the training partners, the intensity, you know, I'm training right beside Alexa Grasso, which is a champion. Irene Aldana, she fought for the belt. Diego Lopez, we've seen the um, uh, performances, uh, you know, that he's putting on. 
Alessandro Costa, like the great, you know, great fights. And um, of course, you know, I, I, I needed that to, to go to a next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it going to happen in 2024 Mexico event? What's going on? What's taking so long here? I, I hear yes. Okay. You know, um, that would be great. Dana card. said they have the sphere for the Noche UFC. You, yeah. you heard about this? The, yes. the, that would be insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to, you know. You the, fighting for the belt on that card. That like, will be great. I, by then, you'll have like five more fights <laughs> yeah. between next September, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll be defending the belt. By, <laughs> yes, right? with all these fights. Yes, that makes total sense. Uh, wow, that would be nuts to fight in that venue. And uh, all about you guys, like all about the Mexican fighters. Yeah, I think it will be a great car. Like, just imagine, you know, Diego, Costa, uh, Irene, Alexa, myself. That right. would be... Oof, that and that's be. just your team, not to mention yeah. Brandon Moreno and Yair exactly. and all these guys. Yeah. Jasmine. Yeah, we have... Now we're growing, you know, Mexican team is growing. And, yeah, it's Do you think great. there are kids now, before, for the longest time, kids wanted to be the next great Mexican bo- boxer, right? Do you feel like now there are kids who want to be the next great Mexican MMA fighter? I do believe, you know, and and now just alone, I'm just going to speak for that gym, right, Lobo Gym. I I see a lot of kids that are training now and, and like, teammates that they're so young. They are, like, 15, 16, 17, and they are knocking people out, you know, in the lower scene. So what is going to come out like from for the future, not just for Ram Gym, but like all other gyms, is gonna be insane. Okay, yeah. just like how Mexicans for the longest time have been dominating in uh, in boxing, yeah. it's it's happening now. Yeah, it, and now we, you know, we are we are um, putting the boxing adapted for MMA. Yeah, yeah. And Seros the Jiu Jitsu and wrestling. So, you know, we have yeah, we're 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 doing it. Have you ever been to one of the the lucha events? In Mexico? The Lucha Libre? Yeah. I haven't. Oh, you haven't been? I haven't oh, been. Oh, my gosh. But that's crazy because when I was a little kid, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to do Lucha Libre. Oh, that's, really? Yeah, that was my... Oh, uh, it's the best. Yeah, that was my... Did you okay. did you try? Like, did you go down the path? Did you go to no. school or something? No. No, I just watched TV and then I, I, I was okay with the mask. Yes, that, yes, you yes. Know, uh, Friday nights, you'd watch it. Isn't that the night for it, Friday? It was, well, I don't know if I was watching the repetition, but ah, okay. I, I was. My dad had ice cream store, ah. and then I was working there on Sundays, so, so that's where I was watching them on Sundays. So, Who, I don't, did you have a favorite? I honestly, I I forgot the name of that. Of there was that. one guy named uh, Miel Mascaras. Do you know Miel, Miel Mascaras? Mascaras? Yeah, yes. Do you know yes, him yes. or Rey Mysterio is a big one here. Rey Mysterio. The, El Mysterio. He's a he's a big star here in America. He wears the mask also. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I haven't watched it forever since you know I, I love it when I went to the first UFC event in Mexico in Mexico City it was UFC 180 I think that was uh, Verdum against Mark Hunt were you there? no you no. were not there anyway I went on the Friday night I went to uh, AAA that's the promotion of, AAA yes yes AAA yeah, in uh, Lucha Libre and it was so much fun because it was like grandmothers in the front row and it felt very pure and innocent and everyone there was like you know little guys dressed with the mask everyone had the mask flying around i loved it yeah i loved it i have one of the masks uh, right over there a fighter oh there you go yeah jessica aguilar do you know her yes yes yes, yes, she gave that to me that was hers oh that's sick yes 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 yeah i love all of that stuff you know having the mask would you ever walk out with a mask yeah yeah you should do that yeah I'm surprised yeah. no one does. There was a fighter named uh, El Goyito, Eric Perez. Do you remember him? El Perez El Goyito. He was in the UFC and he 
used to walk out with a mask. This is before, like, the uniforms when the fighters got to wear oh, whatever they wanted. Well, maybe I had to come out with my own mask. That would be that sick. Would be sick. Yeah. A, 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 would it be, what would your name be? Do you have, like, a... Well, I think I'll keep my... Lupi? Lupi, Lupi, Lupi La Loca. Lupi La Loca, the crazy. Yeah, crazy. There's a guy, by the way, who makes shirts, who makes Lupi shirts. Do you know yes. this guy? Yeah, I haven't met him, but yes. Is he, he allowed is. to make these shirts? Or is, I mean, yeah, it's... well, he messaged me and he says, hey, I, I go, I made this for you. Do you like it? You can... He's like a super fan. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, we have become, you know, friends. I haven't met him in okay. person. But he having make make so many uh, great logos, you know, like he... He has a great imagination, and I'm, I'm not very good with that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I really appreciate his work. I, the last year, I love the last year, he also made me this. For this New York? For New York. Uh, my guy in the back, Connor, he sends this guy. Do you know his name? Mick. His name's Nick. Mick. Nick. Nick. He sends to Connor. I don't know if Connor's back there. He keeps sending him the shirts. That's awesome. To, to my guy. So he, I, he has your New York shirt here. Uh, he was he was telling me, yes. do you know this guy? Nick? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, I love it. He he showed it last time. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Yes. It's just crazy to have fans who are just making shirts for you. I didn't know if you were okay with that or not, but that's oh, yeah. that's love. Yeah, that yeah, that's love. You know, and I can feel the love, and I'll take all the love I can. I'm okay with that. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Now we're gonna put your uh, translating skills to the test. Perfect. Okay. How do you feel about this? Oh, I'm fine. You're good? I'll, I'll fake it until you make it. Fake it until you make it. That's right. <laughs> also, I don't know what he's saying. I don't speak Spanish or Portuguese, so you could just be making things up. Exactly. And yep, uh, no one go. will know. So let's bring in uh, Diego Lopez here. I'm very excited to uh, meet him. He had a great win over Pat Sabatini on Saturday in the uh, opener of the main card. Hello, Diego. How are you? Uh, what a legend. Thank you. Very nice Thank to meet you. you. Nice to meet you, sir. Please have a seat. Wow, this is great. Look at this. Two superstars <laughs> here together. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming in, and congratulations on the win on Saturday. Felicidades por tu que ganaste. Muchísimas gracias, muchísimas gracias. Pues muy contento y pues emocionado para el futuro. By the way, uh, do, you, do you speak any English whatsoever? Do you understand what I'm saying? Or no? uh, un, un poquito. Un poquito. Un poquito. Uh, how are you doing so far? Are you comfortable yeah, with yeah, this? Good. Yeah, all good. Okay. So, Lupi's going to translate for you. Okay. You know this? I have a question. Do you want me to he talk and then I tell you exactly what he's yeah, saying yeah, yeah. and vice versa? Okay, yeah, so no, talk at the same time. Exactly, okay. yeah. Perfect. Um, so, congratulations. But I have to ask you, uh, the year that you've had, I mean, from May to now, could you ever have dreamed of this happening? At the beginning of the year, if, if I would have told you that you'd become this UFC star by the end of 2023, did you believe that this was going to happen? Dice que si te habías imaginado de cuando empezaste a pelear en mayo, ahora que ahora eres una superstar, que si te lo imaginabas. No pensé que fuera a ser tan rápido, pero pues como las cosas se están dando, pues me está gustando y pues lo estoy aprovechando más que se pueda. He's taking advantage of everything, he's loving it, and he, he, did, he knew it was going to happen, but not this fast. Uh, does it feel somewhat uh, like a dream now? that all this is happening to you, all this fame and all this attention that you're getting. Yes, it's a dream, but at the same time, I have worked really hard for this to be happening right now, so I'm just going to keep working. Do you remember uh, where you were when you got the call to fight Movsar Evloev here in uh, New Jersey, just over the river. 
where you were, where you were in life and what you were doing in that moment when you got the call to fight on short notice against Movsar. ¿Qué estabas haciendo la primera vez que te hablaron cuando te tocó pelear tu primera pelea de la UFC aquí en New York? Sí, pues justamente estaba entrenando, pues en el gimnasio entrenamos un poco tarde, este, y era pues como a las 11 de la noche, pues me marcó mi manager diciendo si, si podía pelear el sábado, ¿no? Y pues no pregunté quién era el contrincante, nada más le dije que sí, pues bueno, se dio la pelea y, y pues bueno, pasó lo que pasó. Where we train, uh, we train really late, and when he was, he was just finishing training when he got the call, and the manager asked if he was ready to fight Saturday, and he said, "Yeah, of course." And um, he didn't even ask who was the opponent or anything. Wow! He just mm-hmm. did it. Just did it, and and uh, obviously it didn't go your way, but it feels like people really fell in love with you and your style. Were you <laughs> able to take positives away from the experience, even though you didn't win the fight? Ese, no ganaste, pero tú agarraste muchas cosas positivas de esa pelea. Sí, yo creo que pues, la, la performance que pude esta noche pues, contra Moussa fue algo, algo que las personas no se lo esperaban, ¿no? pero yo y mi equipo estaban muy confiantes de lo, que, de lo que podemos entregar en esta pelea, y pues bueno, todo ha sido como, como fue, y pues bueno, vino el reconocimiento de las personas. Sí, claro. You know, yes, uh, you know, me and my team, we knew that how much we can give and, you know, and um, taking short notice fight, of course, is always a, you know, tricky part. But, you know, we did it and I do feel like, you know, we may, like the, all the people fell in love with me. You're doing great, by the way. Thank I don't you. know if you... <laughs> mucho, muy bien. Muy bien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... One thing, obviously, that you know is that when we first were introduced to you, everyone loved your hair, right? <laughs> so can I ask, what is the inspiration behind this very unique haircut that you have? See, he has this hair since he was eight. Oh, and wow. it's something personal. He just like the style. You just like the style. So uh, people compare you to someone who's like in a rock band or something <laughs> like that. Do you like when you see these pictures and comparisons? ¿Te gusta cuando te comparan con otros cantadores así con tu pelito? No, pues está chistoso, ¿no? Pues a mí no me molesta para nada pues este que haga comparaciones. Yo creo que es parte de, de todo eso, ¿no? Es parte de, de ser reconocido por todas las personas, ¿no? Entonces, pues no, no, no me molesta para nada y pues está chistoso. He doesn't mind. It's just funny that, you know, to see it's part, it's part of the game, you know. It's sure. part of it, just being in the mix with all of these artists. Just social media and everything. And uh, I feel like it's getting longer in the back. Are we, are we growing it out in the back? Te lo estás dejando crecer más porque lo veo más largo. Sí, pues normalmente siempre lo dejo crecer y pues bueno, ya cuando siento que me incomodo un poquito lo corto, pero pues ahorita estoy bien, estoy contento como está mi pelo. He really likes it right now, but he usually let it a little bit long and once he start feeling weird, he just cut it. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of his hair? Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. It's, it's very <laughs> unique, right? Yeah. yeah, it's very cute. I like yeah. it. Don't let anyone tell you not. It's, it's part of your look. It's, it makes you unique. And you mm-hmm. stick out, right? Yeah, que no dejes que nadie te lo toque, que es tu, es tu, como tu estilo, que ese ya se quedó contigo. Sí, sí, yo creo que, pues, es algo que voy a tener que llevar, pues, por toda mi carrera dentro de, de UFC, ¿no? Porque, pues, es algo que me está marcando mucho y es algo que me puede marcar mucho también. Es, uh, he will never do that because it's something, that's his mark, you know, in the UFC, and he thinks he's just going to keep it for his full career. 
And just curious, is is there one person who you let touch your hair? Like some people have a barber that they don't go to anyone else. Do you have one guy or girl that you let work on that piece of art? ¿Tienes alguien especial que te hace tu pelo o vas con el que sea? No, pues yo, pues como es mi vida, pues muy corrido, siempre estoy acompañando a mis compañeros y, y viajando mucho. Este, pues donde yo sienta la confianza, pues corto mi pelo. He's, uh, you know, it's hard to have a, a, so, a spot because he travels so much. Uh -huh. You know, he has like a lot of people that he trains, teammates. Uh, so he's always traveling, but he just goes and see who he's, he looks better, you know, to trust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. he goes with that person. Okay. Um, and speaking of that, you've had great success as a fighter, but also as a coach. And I'm wondering which role you enjoy more. Do you enjoy being the coach to this great team in Mexico or, you know, your, your own fights? Tú tienes dos cosas que haces, que eres coach y peleador. ¿Qué, ¿Cuál te gusta más o, o cómo lo ves? Pues me gusta más, este, la verdad, pues me gustan los dos, ¿no? Me gusta pelear y también me gusta este, pues, ser coach, ¿no? Pero también a mí me gusta mucho ayudar a mis compañeros, ayudar a todos los de gimnasio a lograr sus metas también, ¿no? Yo tengo mis metas personales, pero también me gusta ayudarlos y motivarlos pues, a lograr sus metas. Y entonces yo creo que me inclino un poquito más para el lado de ese coach. Yeah, he, he loves both, of course, you know, but he loves to see his athletes get better and, and, reach, and reach. Of course, he has his own goals that he needs to reach and is working towards them, but he loves helping other people reach their goals and it's really fulfilling for him. Uh, we don't often see a lot of active UFC fighters also have a full schedule as a coach as well. Is it hard sometimes to balance the two? No hay muchos este, coaches que hagan eso que tú estás haciendo. Uh, y que si es difícil como tener una balanza. Uh, yo creo que con el equipo que tengo conmigo no es tan difícil para mí porque somos un equipo que trabajamos pues, todos los días, ¿no? Nosotros nos gusta trabajar muy duro, nos ayudamos entre todos. Normalmente en los gimnasios pues todos nos ayudamos entre todos y somos como los coaches de los gimnasios, ¿no? Este, obvio, pues tenemos nuestro coach Francisco Grasso que es la cabeza de todo, pero entre todos pues nos ayudamos, entonces yo creo que eso me, me facilita bastante. Um, of course, you know, it's, it's, it, we, ha, we are a team, so um, it's really, it's not that hard because we work, everyone work really hard and we are always helping each other and doesn't matter, you know, when you have a fight or you don't have a fight, we're always making sure we're helping each other. So that makes easier job for him. And of course, you know, that we have the, the main coach in Lobo Gym, that is Francisco Grasso, and he, um, you know, he's the one that you know, does the whole, the, 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 all the movements. Right. Uh, I've talked to Lupi and Alexa about what makes the team, the Lobo team, so special. But from your perspective, why are you guys having so much success now? What is, what is going on over there that's leading to all these great results? Ya habló con Alexa y conmigo y le dijimos por qué nosotros pensamos que Lobo es muy unido y cuál es la receta perfecta que tú piensas que para tener todos estos logros que hemos hecho. Yo creo que es eso, pues ser unido, ¿no? Yo creo que nuestro coach ha hecho un buen trabajo de, durante los años. Hemos, hemos tenido las personas, necesarias, las personas necesarias de nuestro lado para, para lograr lo que tenemos, ¿no? Mantuvimos un círculo, pues, pequeño, pero al mismo tiempo muy amplio de, de personas a nuestro alrededor. Pero trabajando de la manera que estamos trabajando, son muy pocas personas que lo hacen y yo creo que es lo, lo suceso que estamos teniendo hoy. Yeah, so, you know, uh, the coach has worked really hard for that specific vibe to have in the gym. And um, <clears throat> we, keep, uh, we keep it pretty small, no, you know, so, but that, those people, we make sure that everyone works super hard and everyone does their, their part and their job. That's why it's, um, it's been the success that we have had. 
when and why did you come from Brazil to Mexico? How did you end up there? Cuando llegaste a México y y cómo fue que llegaste? Yo llegué a México en 2015. Me contrataron pues para ser maestro de jiu-jitsu en una academia y pues bueno pues ahí he estado. Me gustó bastante el país y y yo sentía que podía crecer bastante mi carrera ahí y podía ayudar a otros peleadores también pues a, a tener buenos logros en su carrera. In 2015, uh, they contact him to offer him a job in Mexico, and, and he took it as a coach, jiu-jitsu coach. And once he, he arrived, he really enjoyed the country, he loved the culture and everything, and, and then he decided to stay, and, and you know, he, he can see that he can help um, other fighters reach, reach their goals and just make them better. So 2015 was when the sport was really, like, born kind of in, in uh, Mexico. There wasn't a lot of talent. Um, are you surprised to see in less than 10 years so much talent come out of Mexico? En el 2015, cuando llegaste, apenas todo estaba creciendo en México. <clears throat> que se está sorprendido de ver todo lo bueno que ha estado pasando con, o sea, con, o sea, con los mixed martial arts, con las peleas. Sí, pues cuando yo llegué, pues este... El MMA en México apenas estaba ganando fuerza, ¿no? A nivel internacional. Y pues poco a poco en los últimos años pues ha crecido bastante, ¿no? Yo creo que en los últimos tres años México ha exportado bastante peleadores, ¿no? Ha tenido sus primeros campeones. Y, y pues va a seguir creciendo. Yo, yo tengo, yo junto con mi coach, con nuestro coach, pues nosotros tenemos bastante, bastante motivación pues para seguir trabajando en los gimnasios y demostrar que un gimnasio de México tiene nivel para pelear con we have uh, yes it has been growing a lot and it's gonna grow even more and with with the coach we have make we're making sure that is keep growing and keep um keep going forward like keep expanding and we have had our first champions in from mexico and and it's gonna come out a lot more so sometimes you are cornering the fighters, like you, you cornered Lupi at uh, UFC Noche, but on this particular card, you fought as well. Would you prefer to not fight on the same card as your teammates so that you can just focus on the coaching and then just focus on the fighting? Dice que si se te hizo difícil pelear en la misma cartelera, porque la vez pasada me pudiste ayudar en la esquina, pero esta vez pues no pudiste, prefieres pelear en diferentes carteleras para que puedas ayudar a tus compañeros a tus alumnos o, o qué prefieres tú? Sí, yo creo que pues siempre es bueno compartir cartelera con, con nuestros compañeros, ¿no? Porque la energía en los gimnasios y pues en la arena pues es muy buena. Este, y pues esta vez pues no pude estar con Lupi, no pude estar con Alessandro, pero pues bueno, cuando estábamos en el camarino le pude dar buenos consejos ahí pues que puedo, cómo poder llevar la pelea. Pero si ahora me pregunta, pues yo prefiero que peleemos en, en cartelera separada pues para poder acompañar a ellos en todas sus peleas. Yes, of course, you know, it's, it's fun to be in the same car because we get to be in the same in the same clique in the gym, in the fight week, in the back. He also give me tips, well, give Lupi and Alessandro tips mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> before the fight to make sure, you know, we're doing the proper correcting that we'll be doing at the gym. But he do like also to find different cards so he can be in, in our corners so he can help a little bit more. Uh, well, your fight didn't last very long. Incredible performance. Were you were you thinking going into the fight that you might be able to win in in relatively short fashion? I think it was around ninety seconds or so. Dice que tu pelea fue muy rápida y que si tú yendo la pelea pensaste que iba a ser da cortita. Yo yo venía decidido pues a terminar la pelea. Yo la verdad que pues platiqué bastante con con mi coach y le decía que 
pues yo estaba listo, yo esta noche nadie me enganaría y que yo estaba listo pues, para una victoria rápida, ¿no? Y pues fue, fue lo que sucedió. Yo creo que pudiese un buen trabajo en el campamento y pues lo que vieron allá afuera nada más fue eh, un buen resultado del campamento que hicimos. Sí, él estaba decidido a ir a la fight, a finish la fight, no matter what. He told the coach that he was going to finish, he was ready, he put so much work through the whole camp, and of course that was going to happen because of the hard work that he put in. So, uh, unlike Lupi, you like to say who you want to fight next. You said you wanted Bryce Mitchell next. Uh, could you tell us, do you believe that this will happen? Do you think that the UFC will give you Bryce? ¿Tú crees que la UFC te va a dar ese muchacho que tú has pedido? Pues vamos a ver cómo actualiza el ranking, ¿no? Este, si yo llego a entrar en el ranking, yo creo que es una, es una pelea que puede pasar. Este, me gustaría pelear con él. Yo, yo vi que después de su última pelea, él estuvo, pelea, estuvo pidiendo una, una pelea de cinco rounds. Y pues bueno, si él quiere una pelea de cinco rounds y nadie quiere pelear con él, yo puedo pelear, yo no tengo ningún problema. Uh, he would like to fight him. He has no problem of fighting him if nobody wants to fight the five rounds with, with him. And let's see how the rankings go. And um, go from there. Okay. Um, I was. Uh, I, I noticed that on your social media, there's a, a young man that you are very close with from the Burn Factory podcast, and you had him walk up on the stage um, when you did the ceremonial weigh-in on Friday. Could you tell me about your relationship with this man? I think his name is Priest. Priest. His, his name. <clears throat> uh, how did you How did you meet him, and, and why did you invite him to walk up with you on the stage on Friday? ¿Cómo conociste a Brist y cuál es tu relación con él? Yo lo conocí en mi primera pelea acá en, en New Jersey. Ellos estaban en mi pelea y... This y is fue... you talking to him, right? <laughs> on uh, Friday, yes. Yeah. yeah, so cute. It's amazing. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I was just uh, showing you that we were showing it. Can, you can continue. <laughs> Sigue hablando. Sí, pues conocí a Bruce y su familia pues, acá en, en New Jersey en mi primera pelea pues, a través de, de Jason House. Y pues bueno, hicimos una buena relación y pues ellos empezaron a apoyar a mi carrera, ¿no? Desde el día uno, pues me están apoyando hasta hoy y la verdad es pues, que hemos creado una relación muy fuerte y pues tengo mucho cariño y aprecio por ellos. Yeah, they met uh, when he fought here in, in New Jersey. Okay. And uh, ever since, well, he, they were, they're friends with, with just Jackson House, our manager, and, and they made a good connection, him and his family. And ever since they've been, you know, so so close, and they're a great family. I actually met them; they're amazing. They're amazing. Okay, so uh, I think he's he suffered an injury, right, Priest, and and uh, so that's why he started the podcast with that name. Dice que se lastimó, o sea, se quemó, y por eso empezó ese podcast que tiene. Sí, sí. De hasta donde yo sé la historia, pues pasó eso, no, y un experimento este en la escuela, pues acabó que que prendió fuego, y pues bueno, se acabó perdiendo, pues. Mm -hmm. que manda la mayor parte de su cuerpo y pero bueno es Priest es un es un chico muy especial y, y pues muy afortunado de siempre tenerlo conmigo cerca en mis peleas. Uh, yeah, it was an accident that happened in school. Uh, it was an experiment and exploded on him. Oh. Um, but you know, it's really special for him to have him and he's an amazing guy, amazing boy that you know has been following Diego and you know he's he's really lucky to to have him beside him. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, the fans really love you, and they're really supporting you. And now you're fighting at MSG and having a moment like that. I mean, it, it's kind of like a dream because sometimes fighters emerge, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's your demeanor, your smile, the way you fight, and they, they fall in love with certain characters. And I feel like you're becoming one of those guys that the fans, especially online, really love you. 
Um, and I'm wondering if you feel that. Do you, are, are you someone that looks at social media a lot? Do you read the comments? And are you feeling how much people love you and are supporting you? Dice que la gente te quiere mucho, o sea, desde que empezaste a pelear, pues te quiere mucho. ¿Tú crees que sea tu sonrisa, tu forma de ser? Y que, o sea, si tú lees comentarios y que si lo ves y, y lo sientes de la gente que te quiere. Sí, yo creo que, pues, ser yo mismo, ¿no? Ser espontáneo, yo creo que es lo que, lo que ha traído, pues, la atención de toda la gente, ¿no? Yo creo que soy una persona muy espontánea que no busca, este, crear polémica con otras cosas y, y pues, yo creo que eso ha sido, pues, por, por eso que la gente pues siempre me está, me está comentando en, lo, en las fotos de todo eso y sí veo los comentarios y pues se siente, se siente padre, ¿no? Pues interagir con ellos. Yeah, he's very spontaneous. He just, you know, he's himself and, you know, of course he's read the comments and he can feel the love and that's just Diego. <laughs> uh, when would you like to return? ¿Cuándo te gustaría regresar a pelear? Pues ahora pues quiero tomar un descanso, ¿no? Yo creo que pues he peleado muy seguido en los últimos siete meses, fueron tres peleas. Este, obvio, pues voy a estar entrenando, voy a estar listo pues para cualquier cosa, ¿no? Pero quiero tomar las cosas con calma, yo quiero ver cómo, cómo actualizo el ranking pues mañana. Si llego a estar en el ranking, pues voy a sentar y platicar con mi manager, pues bueno, y a ver lo que, cuáles son los siguientes pasos. Yeah, in the last seven months, he's been really active, he's going to take a little break. But of course, keep training and being ready just in case something something comes up. And tomorrow the rankings gonna come out and see what's happening in the rankings. Sit down, talk to the manager, and and see what's what's next. By the way, I didn't ask you. Do you want to fight in Toronto, or is that too soon? Uh, I think Mexico card will be more realistic. Okay, all right. Yeah. When is that? Maybe February. Okay, February all right. So I see you you like Mexico better than Canada. No, you, no. This is what we've determined. Are you gonna? <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't say that. No, I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I love Canada. I yes, have, yes. I have big heart for both. No, countries. of course, of course, of course. But you were born in Mexico, so I understand. Uh, I was born in Canada, so I like Canada better than the U.S. <laughs> it, it all makes sense. Uh, so lovely to have you guys in the studio. Thank you. Gracias, gracias muchas gracias. Uh, obrigado. <laughs> Parabéns. Uh, how do you say? How do you say congratulations in Spanish? Felicidades. Felicidades. Yes, yes. And great job. Maybe you could be a translator when you're done. This is the thing. In 20 years, when you're finished fighting, you can yes. be a translator. Awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you guys coming in. Congrats to you both. And congrats to the whole team on all the success that you've had. Thank you It's very amazing much, to see how far the sport has come in Mexico. It's, it's really an incredible thing. So keep it up. Thank you very Thank much. You. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be joined by Tom Aspinall in about five minutes. For now, though... Here's my conversation with Cheeto Vera from Friday Night's Live show, Do Not Go Anywhere. All right, back on the MMA Hour. Thank you very much to Cheeto. That was amazing. Action Bronson joined us afterwards. If you want to watch that, it's on the YouTube channel. How about Lupi Godinez translating for us after doing the interview? I mean, we've, I think we've, we've... Uh, what a we, mensch. Oh, my God. We found a lot of stars who didn't know that they could translate and, and now are... You know, budding translators. Remember Luciana with the Portuguese, now Lupi. Very, very impressive. It's not easy to do that, Frank. Yeah, I've gathered. It looks pretty difficult. Great people. Great vibes. Diego, what a smile. What a haircut. Puts your haircut to shame. Yeah, you know, it really does. So does Lupi's, Lupi's, to be honest. Lupi's is fantastic as well. Um, So that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that immensely. And uh, we are going to be joined in a matter of moments by... Tommy A. It always sounds loud when I put the headphones back on after the... Yeah, it's called ratcheting. What does that mean? It's like you're used to hearing volumes at one 
setting and then I feel like my my breath just turned is it a down lot for okay you. I feel like yeah I feel like the breath is a lot louder um before we are joined by the great Tom Aspinall and uh, I look forward to that conversation very much he's kind enough to join us he's back home in England you know I would have crawled in a hole I don't even know if I would have showed up if this guest wasn't kind enough to just give us a few minutes of his time after his long journey back home. But I could not have done this show. I could not have possibly sat in this chair without the opportunity, without the pleasure, without the honor of speaking to the brand spanking new UFC interim. And I say interim like this because in my mind, he's the undisputed champion. In the heavyweight division, what he did on Saturday, what he's done over the past year, what he's done over the course of his career, nothing short of amazing. He stamped it with an incredible win. 69 seconds is all it took to dispose of Sergei Pavlovich. He's the pride of England. He's the pride of Manchester. He's the pride of Wigan. He's our very own Tommy Aspinall. Aspinall. Tommy Aspinall. La, 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 la. Tommy Aspinall, Aspinall, Tommy Aspinall, Tommy! Wow, this is amazing, in the flesh. How are you, sir? Congratulations. Thank you very much. And uh, just right off the bat, I want to say thank you always to you for the, for the support. Thank you for the channel. Thank you for the YouTube stuff. And yeah, you supported me from the beginning. So over the past few years, it's been rough. We've had a lot of up and downs, but we made it. And we're here, and thank you for that. Uh, I love the smile on your face. You're glowing off the screen. Does it? Has it? You said on Saturday it didn't sink in yet when you were meeting with the press, like 30 minutes later. Now that you're back in your familiar home setting, is it? Is it feeling real? What has just happened to you? Yes, yeah, so I've kind of took a day. So I arrived back in the UK early this morning, like 6 a.m. I took the night flight. I took the uh, the red eye, as you guys call it. Yes. Um, and I just wanted to have a day just to be home, just to be from away from the madness, just to, yeah, just to let it all sink in a little bit. And yeah, I'm feeling like the heavyweight champion of the world, man. I'm feeling good. I love that. Uh, I won't bring up the fact that you were literally like a mile away from my studio and you could have come in with the belt and then taken the night flight tonight. So close, Tom. We were so close to making, but this is just sorry, as good. Sorry. No, this is just as good. Sorry. I just, I'm not mad about it at all. I just want to let you know. I think it's fantastic that you're back home uh, and able to be with the family. Uh, you said something there that was really important. You feel like the heavyweight champion. I feel like you're the best heavyweight in the world, and I'm not. I know this will be viewed as a shot at other people, but this division is splintered because of Francis, because of John, and now because of you. And you're the young guy. You're the guy who just did that to Sergey. I hate this interim title. And it sounds to me, the question I was going to ask you was, do you view yourself? There's some fighters in the past who have said, "Oh, interim. I don't want to touch that. I don't want to be. You know, I, I'll wait for the other one." Are you viewing yourself as the heavyweight king right now? Not the interim heavyweight king, the heavyweight king, period. Well, as of right now, today, the 13th of November 2023, I believe is today's date. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. That's correct. Yep. I am the best active heavyweight in the world right now in MMA. That's a fact. That's straight up facts. I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet or anything. John Jones is inactive right now. Francis Ngannou is inactive right now in MMA. Um, as it stands right now, on today's date, 2023, I am the number one MMA athlete at heavyweight in the world. Amen. It's you and Phil DeFries, if I'm being honest. I mean, it's... 
But hey, Phil's a dangerous man. Phil's I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna beef with Phil. Phil's my guy, so me and Phil are me and Phil are definitely up there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I loved seeing his happiness on Saturday as well. Someone needs to teach him about social media because some of the cropping on his pics. I don't know if you said terrible, it was terrible. terrible. <laughs> I, I tell him all the time. I say he needs to. So he's got this really strange phone. I've never even seen one before. So it's like you got the phone like this, and then the phone opens kind of like oh, this way. Oh, one of those, yeah. And it's it's the worst phone I've ever. It's expensive. You think it cost him like three grand? Oh, he thinks geez. it's the best thing ever. They think I even take a, a proper picture. It's terrible. Yeah, we need to teach him about that, but he's doing well in the cage, so it's okay. Um, last time you were on the show was just about three weeks ago now, a little less, yeah. and you told us the great story about the phone call, and then you went to bed, and then you got the phone call the next night, all this stuff. You skipped over one really big detail, one little piece of news um, or information that you revealed in the post-fight press conference. Now, I, I don't want to harp on this too much, but you did post a video on your social media today where you show yourself getting hurt, your your back uh, gets injured while you're sparring. And this apparently was just, and we're showing it right now, by the way, uh, this apparently was just a couple of days before that phone call? No, this was a couple of days. I, I, see, I don't, I don't want to harp on, on this too much because okay. that kind of slipped out, to be honest, in the, in the Pulse Fight interviews and stuff. I didn't really want to talk about it too much. But um, yeah, this was like, so... Basically, I found out about the fight with just over two weeks left to the fight. So I realized, listen, I don't have much time to spar. So I just want to get one good spar under my belt before we basically leave and travel to the US. So I wanted to do like one good spar. Uh, this was in the fourth round of sparring. Um, never experienced anything like it before. I just had some crazy like back spas and my back just ceased up. Um, nothing really even happened like I just threw a couple of punches and my back just stiffened up really badly and yeah I was unable to basically unable to work out from that point onwards it was it's been a crazy it's been a crazy couple of weeks wow. honestly to the point where did you consider pulling out of the fight yes wow really how close were you yeah uh literally a couple of days after I couldn't really move or walk after I did it, my back just, I don't even know. It's its actually a lot better. Um, I got a lot of treatment on it the last couple of weeks and stuff. So as I started getting treatment and giving it a bit of time and stuff, it, it did get a little, little bit better. And um, luckily, my team were amazing and they just shifted everything around so that I could get some really good treatment going and, and stuff like that. But um, are you still there? Did you yeah, yeah. Me? No, no. Loud and clear. Um, yeah. And yeah, it just took a couple of days. For a couple of days there, I was like, shit. What am I going to do? I've accepted this massive fight. The world knows about the fight now, and I can't move. Oh my <laughs> but, uh, gosh. Look, we got stuff. We got stuff working. But seriously, worst, nearly worst case scenario we, we had there. I had no training camp, and then the the small training camp that we did within the two weeks, I couldn't really participate in most of the stuff that I was doing anyway. Um, so yeah, it was wild, man. It was absolutely crazy. I didn't have a visa. I had to do a million forms with the visa thing, the travel, and I had to go to London a couple of times, which is the opposite side of the country from where I live. And yeah, it was just absolutely insane couple of weeks, mate. Absolutely crazy. And 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 so like on fight week in New York last week, how were you dealing with everything? Because in the back of your mind, like you know you didn't train enough for this. You know you're banged up. It's been very stressful. You were faking it really well. You didn't let on. But internally, how are you dealing with it all? A lot of anxiety. 
a lot, a lot of anxiety, to be honest. Um, I, I was completely aware of what I put myself up against. Like, this guy, Sergei Pavlovich, has the most knockouts in the UFC. He's on a six-fight six fight first-round knockout streak. Absolutely insane. The guy, nobody wants to fight him, especially not on two weeks' notice, especially not with it. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was an injury, because it's fine, like, it's all right now. It was just some freak thing that went on for, like, a week where I couldn't really move. It was really, really weird. So it's not like an ongoing injury, like, everything's fine. But it was just like my back just seized up. It was really, really strange. And Yeah, just a, a lot of anxiety over the last couple of weeks, to be honest with you. But I've been doing a lot of, uh, I don't want to say soul-searching, I've been doing a lot of... <clears throat> knowing where I'm at and finding out what I'm like as a person. And ultimately this is what draws me to love this sport is I want to find out what I'm like as a person. What is, what is Tom Aspinall like when shit goes south? That's what I want to know. And uh, a lot of stuff has been going south for me in this, in this little build up. A lot of obstacles are coming the way. Um, but as I kept saying in the pre-fight interviews and stuff, I know one thing for sure. And I'm definitely not going to win the fight by watching it on TV. And I, I'm definitely not going to do that. And I believe that my skill level is way above all of the heavyweights. I believe that my power, even though I might not look like the hardest hitter in the world, listen, I've got the equaliser. I know that I have to be in there and I have to connect once. And if I connect once, I can put anybody in the world to sleep, as I proved on Saturday. So... Uh, I'm just really, really happy that I believed in myself when a lot of the odds were against me and I pulled it off. It's amazing. I know you're such a big GSP fan and you're probably like the first fighter since GSP to talk so openly about how scared and nervous and anxious you, you get. You're such a big fan. Like you're, 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 you're developing his same habits. He's my absolute inspiration. Honestly, I, I absolutely love the guy. I think inside and outside the octagon, he brings everything that I want to be. Everything that I want to be is that guy. And, um, yeah, I'm getting a little choked up speaking about it, to be honest. He's um, he's an incredible person, incredible athlete, and he's just so self-aware. He's just so – his mind works in a really, really special way, and that's what I want my mind to work like. Like, he is incredible, and I have absolutely no issue in speaking about how anxious or how scared I am. My ego doesn't have to get involved in this stuff like – I'm happy, like, I was way more anxious in the fight on Saturday than I've ever been in any fight in my life, and I did what I did. I shot the world, I went over there in the worst circumstances, and I pulled it off, and I'm really proud of myself. Were you feeling that way because of everything that you had to deal with going into the fight, or is it just because of the opponent, or the stakes, the venue, or is it just like a big pot of all that stuff mixed together? Just just everything, everything. It was a lot, it was just a lot, like... One minute I'm getting woke up in the middle of the night by by the UFC, and next minute I'm in the middle of Times Square with my face all over the place. <laughs> MSG, no training camp, everything going wrong. This back thing pops up, and everybody shows up for the fight. Do you know what I mean? There were so many big names there, so many big celebrities. I'm over there fighting in the garden. It's absolutely wild, and there was just a lot of pressure on me. But I obviously perform well under pressure, so I'm. Uh, very, very proud of myself, very happy with myself, very proud of everything that I've done to get to this point. And yeah, mission complete, Amen. mission complete. Every, everything from here on out is just just a bonus. You know, I'm, I'm the UFC champion right now. And that's what that was what I set out to do. Um, and now I'm fighting for legacy. I want to be the best heavyweight ever. 
And so uh, when you were thinking about the fight, was there um, – we still see you. I don't know if you uh, – you still see us? Yeah, still going. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I had a call. Uh, yeah. when, when you were thinking about the fight, dreaming about it, Honestly, did that scenario play out? A quick finish, 69 seconds against Sergei Pavlovich? Like, this this doesn't happen. Did you think that was a chance? There was a chance of that happening? Or were you were you buckling up for a longer fight? And your fights don't usually last long. I think it's like two minutes and 10 mm-hmm. seconds on average. But considering him and considering the training camp, what were you thinking? Um, you stick me in a cage with anybody, it can always be over quick. I've got unbelievable power and speed. Um, I'm unbelievably athletic for a big guy. Um, I can always knock somebody out or finish him from any position. But I, in all honesty, I thought this was going to be a long one. I thought that I'm going to have to make him miss a lot. I'm going to have to get him tired a lot because he's so big and strong and dangerous. I thought I'm going to have to get out of the way of a lot of them punches before I start attacking. But yeah, I've seen an opening. I took it. And um, the rest is history. What's it like to get punched by him? Uh, it's not great. <laughs> he, de- he definitely he definitely punches hard, but uh, I think he's punched a lot of people square in the face like that and they've gone over. So um, ideally, I'd like to not get punched by him at all. That's the ideal performance. But um, yeah, he got he got me. He got me with a couple. And yeah, um, I'm good with it. Uh, I, I loved your... Uh, is everything good there? Oh, we lost you. Hey. What's up, Ariel? Oh, I saw myself on the screen. It's so weird that that happens. Um, we'll yeah, we'll get him back. Uh, I told I told him I wouldn't take up too much of his time. There's just so much I want to ask him about. You know? Oh my God, what a win it was for Tommy A. Tommy A. beats Sergey Pavlovich in 69 seconds. Feels like the heavyweight champion of the world. Oh, just the third uh, UK champ in UFC history. Of course, Michael Bisping. UFC 199, uh, Leon Edwards defeating Kamaru Usman last August, not this past August, previous August 2022 in Utah. And then this one, look at that. It's a big boy falling down. And what I loved so much about it was the the celebration right there. It's like he lost all control of his body. He was just like a, a fish out of water. Pure emotion. This is this is what I think people love so much about Tom. He doesn't put on a front. He doesn't he doesn't try to be all like Mr. Macho. Oh, there he is. He's back. Tom, you see me? Yes, sorry about that. I had some some issues with the phone then. We're all good. Okay, sorry. okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um can I ask about the celebration? Like you just I was saying you, you it felt like you just like lost all control of your body. Like you just didn't know what to <laughs> like you were like a fish out of water. Is that what it yeah. felt like? It wasn't the most attractive celebration. No, it was tremendous. It was tremendous. I was just so emotional. No, I was just so emotional. I just cried the rest of the, the rest of the night. To be honest, I couldn't hold back the tears any longer. It's like, yeah, every time I seen someone who I knew, I just started crying. Basically, it was just wild. Um, yeah, I think it was just the relief, the stress of the last couple of weeks and stuff, and the stress of the last. It's been a long journey. I've been involved in martial arts since I was eight years old. I've given up on myself a lot of times, and. Um, I'm glad that it's all paid off. It's been a long, long journey, man. And like I said, any, anything from this point, like they can never take that away from me. I'm right. the UFC heavyweight champion of the world now. I can lose my next 10 fights and I've achieved what I set out to achieve. But um, I've achieved it. And I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of everybody that helped me. And I just hope that everybody from every gym that I've ever been to or anyone that's helped me in any kind of way can be proud of me as well. Uh, I'm sure there are. They they are. Uh, did you did you lose? 
um, hope? Did you lose faith in yourself in July of 2022? For a second, for a, for a couple of seconds there, I did. Yeah. Um, but it's all paid off. Luckily, I've got a lot of people around me who believe in me. And yeah, it didn't take me too long. What else am I going to do with my life? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I put, I'm a lifelong martial artist. I put everything into this. So uh, maybe for a, a day or two there, I was definitely giving up. But we're all good. We're back. That's in the past now. Or we're yes. moving forward. By the way, can I ask you about uh, hugging, Sergey? Before I don't know, it, it felt like someone saying, "Like, son, I'm about to take you to school." Okay, I don't. Know. I've never quite seen that before. What prompted you to do this? I don't know, and I know I've seen a couple of pictures <laughs> and, and memes and stuff since, and it looks a bit strange. Um, <laughs> ultimately, I wasn't doing anything like. For me, the way I look at opponents, opponents are opponents. They're not enemies. Sergey is not my enemy by any means. Sergey is my guy. Sergey is my brother. He was like I look at him as a not a friend. You know what I mean? But I've got a lot of respect for him before, during, and after the fight. He's not my enemy. He's someone I've got. I'm, I'm in there to do a sport with. I'm in there to do my job, and I have absolutely no ill feelings towards him or anybody else in who I fight, who I'm going to fight, who I'm fought in the past. Like I have nothing but respect for everybody who, who does this sport, and. Um, yeah, I know it looked look kind of awkward on camera, but I was just trying to show a little respect before the fight, that's all. Uh, I, I know you were asked about uh, giving the belt to your father, and it was such a great moment when you gave him the belt in the in the cage. And we've learned so much now about your relationship with your father, Andy. In large part, I would say, uh, because he only does one podcast, The Crack, with P.T. Carroll. It's like his exclusive <laughs> home. He only speaks to P.T., yeah. and, and rightfully so. Uh, P.T. was there a lot uh, earlier than all of us. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, when you were gone, I saw the photos of you, I think Oscar Willis took a couple, like, you're in Times Square. Like, I don't know what time it was at that point, 4 or 5 a.m., when when yeah. all the dust kind of settled, and it's you and your dad and your team. Like, what what was that like with him being there? Not in the cage, not at MSG, but, like, once start, you know, it started to get to 4 or 5 a.m. On, on Sunday morning. What was that like? And you guys now have the belt in your possession. He just said that I did good. That That's it. Um Pretty simple, really. My dad's like doesn't mince his words or anything. Like you say, he's a pretty laid back, quiet guy. He's not trying to get no attention from no way. He speaks to PC because you know he knows PC. That's that's the reason why he'll speak to him. But um, yeah, he, he believed in me way before I believed in myself. You got to remember who I am right now at thirty years old is not who I was at eight years old. I was a shy, timid kid who didn't believe in myself at all, um, and he kind of brought that out in me through the years years of conversation years of travel years of you know traveling to tournaments all around the country uh, traveling all around the world at this point to fight and traveling to the gym every day like we've had a million conversations and um he expected it he expected it even more than i did so yeah he didn't didn't say too much he just said you should be proud of yourself you did come there and i just said thank you thank you for everything that is amazing did you guys just walk around town with the belt late at night yeah, it was like uh, it, it was late though. It was probably like four or five a.m. They were, I mean, New York's always busy, sure. especially Times Square. But um, around about that time, most people were either extremely drunk or on some kind of drugs, so nobody really cared too much. No one came up to you. No one was like, yeah, people came up, of course, but it wasn't like it wasn't too it wasn't too busy. Okay, uh, the scenes were great, just like you in the middle of Times Square with the belt. Uh, getting the opportunity to do that. Just absolutely amazing. What was it like when you got to speak to your family, your wife and kids? Yeah, just just, just tears, a lot of tears. 
because um, of the time difference and stuff. So I absolutely love my kids more than anything in the world. Um, and it just brought me straight back down to earth because I spoke to my oldest kid, who's now seven. But uh, So he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on a little bit. So I spoke to him and I, I said, oh, he didn't know. His mum his didn't tell him at this point because he just woke up. Oh, wow. And he said, uh, I said, oh, I, I won the fight. And he said, oh, are you the champion now? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm the champion now. I'm, I'm number one in the world now. And he said, oh, that's good. Um, I just got a new book yesterday. <laughs> and just, just started telling me about his book. So, yeah, I absolutely love that about kids. And even like this morning, I got back this morning just before they left for school. And mate, they, they don't care if I won or lost. They just care. They're just excited that dad's home. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I absolutely love that. Like that's the most amazing thing ever. They they couldn't care. It doesn't make a difference to their life at all. If I won or lost, they're just happy to see me back, and that's amazing. Uh, did your wife stay home? She, yeah, she's home. She stayed home. Yeah, she, she didn't come to New York. She she wants nothing to do with all this limelight, spotlight, nothing. No, 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 no. I like to keep my private life private. Okay, and that's it. She, she's been to fights before. Um. She she doesn't like that kind of she she's not trying to be like any kind of famous or anything like that like I never put my kids in that position or anything like that because ultimately I I chose to be in the position where I'm like that's a byproduct of of my success and I'm aware that being kind of famous or well known it becomes a little bit uncomfortable sometimes and I shouldn't put somebody in that spot who doesn't want to be there especially children and stuff right. so. Yeah, my wife's not really about that kind of that kind of stuff at all. She's um, if she could have been there, she would have been there. But with the logistics and the kids and and all that, we just couldn't make it over in, in that short time period. The, the only reason I was asking was uh, when you called her. I'm sure she was up, uh, you know, before the kids. When when you called her and 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 were able to speak to her, that must have been incredible as well. Well, originally my dad called her and she didn't she didn't pick up. Uh. She didn't, <laughs> but uh, yeah. It, I think she she knew. Obviously, she knew straight away. And yeah, it was just. I actually only spoke to her properly when I got back to the hotel. So it was like hours later. I had a shitload of media to do and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it was very emotional. Very emotional. Uh, I, I don't want to keep you much longer. So I just want to ask you about the future now because I remember uh, the last time prior to our conversation that we were we were talking online uh, I had Surreal Gun on the on the show, and I asked him about uh, fighting you. And and he seemed, you know, not too keen on the idea. And then wouldn't you know it on Saturday, he tweeted about you. And uh, yep. and so I was saying at the beginning of the show, like, what is going to happen here? Are they just going to keep Tom on the sideline for a year and a half? Are they, I, 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 I don't know if you've heard anything that I've said, but like, I hate this idea. This should have been for the undisputed title. When John Jones comes back and wants to fight Stipe, that fight is big enough without a title. You should be able to defend the title against Cyril or Curtis or Jalton Almeida or whomever. And then if he wants to fight you, great. But now you've got this very awkward situation with one guy with the belt who just wants to fight one particular guy and you out there wanting to fight everyone, including that guy who has that belt. And so I'm just curious, a long way to ask, how do you think this whole thing plays out? How do you think this actually goes down? Me personally, I think that Stipe and Jones is an absolutely amazing matchup. But in my opinion, that was an amazing matchup for this weekend just gone, this past weekend. And I feel like the shine of that fight has kind of gone. I don't know. I don't know how anybody else feels about that. But I feel like now they need to make either me and John Jones or me and Stipe because 
like you say, what's what's kind of the point in the other stuff? Like, let, let's move forward. Let me fight one of the legends now and let me move forward with my career as opposed to doing this other stuff and, and waiting around. And like that, that fight was amazing. That's an amazing matchup. But I don't want to see that. And I don't think anyone else wants to see that in a year's time. Like, let's move on from that now and let me fight one of the legends and, and beat the legends. Do you think that will happen? Yeah, I do think that will happen. Yeah. You think it plays out you versus John or you versus Stipe first? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I know Stipe seems to be pretty hell-bent that he wants to fight John, but um, listen, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm the champion right now. And um, I can sell out them UK shows, no dramas. And I know these guys are looking to do a stadium over here. Um, and what a way to do it. What a, what a way to do it with the, with the UK heavyweight champion of the world. Let, let's do it in the UK. Perfect world. When would you like to return? Uh, I'd like to return in the summertime sometime. Okay. I think I have a little rest. A little rest of the body a little bit, rest up the mind a little bit, enjoy what I've just done. It's been an absolutely crazy journey. Um, but hey, I'm I'm hungry to go. Like I I've got a little taste of greatness now. And I want to keep that going. I want to go go down as the best heavyweight to ever step foot in the octagon ever. Um and I think I've just turned thirty years old. I'm perfectly capable of doing that. And I wanna be I wanna be active. So perhaps like a July UK show. Perfect for you. Perfect. Perfect, absolutely perfect. And uh, in a per- you said Manchester, but you know if it's in July, we could go to Old Trafford. We could go. We could go anywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. And it doesn't just have to be the UK. Do you know what I mean? There's a, there's a million places all over the world. But uh, I can sell it. I, I, I'm pretty sure now I can sell anywhere in the world. Yes. Why not in the UK? Do you know what I mean? We deserve it. We deserve it. We've got the first ever UK heavyweight champion now. Why not? That's the that's the pinnacle of the sport, right there. Am, am I wrong? I think I'm right. No, you're 100 percent right. I think, I think we should absolutely uh, do it in the UK. Are you feeling your life changing in front of your eyes? Uh, you know, like are, there's a there's a lot of massive superstars coming out of the UK in the combat world, but also football and whatnot. You're now entering that conversation, and you're going to be treated like that and covered like that. Are you starting to feel that attention coming your way? And are you comfortable with this? Because I know sometimes you like to be away from the limelight a little bit. Yeah, I do. I, I do definitely like quiet time, and that's for sure. Um, but I got I got to be ready for it. I've got I've got to. I've got no choice at this point. I'm the I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. So throw me in, throw me in, and uh, we'll adjust on the fly as always. Uh, was there a message or two that you got that really stood out, other than your conversation with your family? When I like the did someone send you a message? Did you get a a DM or something from someone that you're like, holy crap, this this is really impactful what I've done. I got a lot of great messages, you know. I'm, I'm so lucky to have so many great messages. Um, and I got a lot of messages off a lot of fighters that I look up to, a lot of celebrities who I look up to and stuff like that. But to be honest, this is going to be wild. And you will have no idea what this is because so the area that I'm from, we have a, like a rugby team here. And there's a guy who owns the rugby team. He's called Derek, Derek Beaumont. And the team's called Lee Leopards. And uh, he sent me a message. And it, honestly, it was he's not like a high-profile guy. He's not a celebrity or anything. He just sent me a video message. And it was one of the most powerful messages I've ever seen. Wow. And he said, 
Actually, I made a bit choked up thinking about it. He said uh, that I've got everything. I've got the speed. I've got the power. I've got the grit. I've got the determination. And the one thing that I didn't have was an opportunity. And I got my opportunity and I, and I took it. And um, it paid off. Incredible. Incredible. Next, I want to see you with Louis Theroux. We need we need that. Oh, I'd love to. We need that. Absolutely. I know. I know. This is your favorite show, but like, it's okay if you go on the Louis show because that would be incredible okay, to see thanks. you and uh, Louis you. together. I would absolutely love that. Um, I've taken up too much of your time, Tom. So I will let you go. Uh, so so happy for you. Delighted. There's sometimes where this sport like breaks your heart, and there's some bad people in this sport, and you feel shitty about this sport, and then things like what happened on Saturday happen, and you see how good of a person you are and your father, and your family, and what you represent, and how you conduct yourself, and you're reminded why we love this sport, why I love this sport. So uh, thank you for being that representative and, 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 and going after your dreams and, and, and struggling and then coming back and showing people that it's okay to be emotional and, and anxious and whatnot. If you go out there and do it, good things will come your way. So enjoy everything that comes with this. Couldn't be happier for you, and I hope you get that John Jones fight in 2024. Thank you very much, and thanks for the support always. I really appreciate it. It doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you. Talk to you soon, Tom. All the best. Thank you again. There he is. The great Tommy Aspinall. Aspinall. Tommy Aspinall. Na, 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 na. Tommy Aspinall. Sing it, Frank. Sing it. Hit that music, baby. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a great thing. Uh, it's a great thing. This, this, this is why I love this sport and why i love this show so much because you get to have uh these conversations and have this connection with these athletes who do the unthinkable think about the stress think about the anxiety think about what was going on in this man's mind while he's at madison square garden in the locker room knowing that he's about to walk out there in front of eighteen thousand or so people let alone millions watching around the world against sergey pavlovich terrifying talented human being he wins this fight, everything changes. That's the ticket. That's the lottery ticket to big fights only, to legendary fights, to, to life-altering fights. And think about what he was, he was dealing with up here, in here, two weeks' notice, injured back, all this stuff, right? Think about all of that. And then he comes through, and his dad is there, and the emotion. And we've gotten to know him over the last couple of years. And I certainly would never suggest that I was on the bandwagon from day one. There have been other people who have been covering him way longer than me and who have been supporting him, obviously, way longer than me. But like we get to know them a little bit, the highs, the lows. I think back to July of last year, Curtis Blades. Oh, my God. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's amazing. Like I remember doing this show. We did this show after that Curtis Blades fight. And he was he was down in the dumps. And I remember, you know, there was a point he didn't want to do media, he didn't want to talk. He was he was he was really sad. And I can understand why. It's a long road. You know, we move on to the next fight, we move on to the next event, we move on to the next batch of fighters. They have to sit there on the couch with, you know, their knee in a brace, surgery. Are you back to hundred percent? A guy who moves like him. This is the future right here of the heavyweight division. Uh, he has the highest ceiling without a doubt. He is the man. And it's great to see the UK get one of their own in the heavyweight division in MMA because Lord knows they've been dominating the boxing heavyweight scene for quite some time. But I hope that they show him the same kind of love that they've shown the likes of Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. And I know his journey has been different. And I know he's just bursting onto the scene now. 
but this man deserves all that attention and then some. Um, and what is it about these, these, these UK fighters right now? All so likable, all so great to support. I mean, look at Leon, the way he conducts himself. Look at Tom, the way he conducts himself. Look at the likes of Arnold Allen and what everyone is likable. Um, I mean, even Patty is the kind of guy that you want to root for. He takes you on this journey. Molly takes you on this journey. Um, I'm a thousand percent forgetting a whole bunch of names here, but you get the point. Also very likable, also easy to root for, um, and all great representatives of not only their country, but the sport as well. So Saturday was one of those moments where uh, I was like, man, that is, that is special stuff. That is amazing stuff. And, and also just showing the growth and, and evolution of the sport on the UFC's 30th birthday to see a heavyweight champ from the UK, to see him fight a Russian in the co-main, to see a guy born in the Czech Republic fight a Brazilian in the, um, in the main event. I mean, actually, I'm curious about one thing. One second here. It's just so fascinating. So, No, I screwed that up, didn't I? UFC 295. Here it is. Shout out to Tapology. So in the main event, on the main card, you had three Americans. Mackenzie Dern born in America or born in Brazil? Born in Phoenix. So three American-born fighters. Uh, the rest, Brazil, France, Brazil, England, Russia, Brazil, Czech Republic. This is at Madison Square Garden. And, and the prelims, it wasn't like it was like America versus the world. Just very unique that they can go and do that at MSG and sell that kind of, you know, amount of tickets and the gate and the pay-per-views. Sports on fire. And it's, uh, it's really fun to see the evolution of the sport. Um, all right. So there you have it, guys. There's our conversations. Much more to do. Let's uh, check in with the boys here. Uh, so he has, he, he, you know, it sounded like he believes in what I'm saying. He's going to fight one of those, those guys. He's going to fight John Jones or, or Stipe guys. I think it's going to happen as well. How's the timeline work on that though? I don't know. Something's going to happen. Okay. Well, I don't know. Jones can't magically heal and be, no, 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 no. July. I love that idea. July. International fight week. Well, Mr. Kavanaugh threw a little nugget our way there. Yeah, it seems like Conor McGregor. Yeah. No, no, but we, they, they've been usually going, you know, to uh, England in July. They always go to that latish, you know, that July 19, 20, 21 spot is always yeah. in London. I know that's not a pay-per-view, but they can easily change it. 300 is April. I guess 303 or 304 would be, it doesn't even matter at does, this point. Is, does that work with John Jones's recovery timeline? They said July. That they, he'll fight? Yeah, that's what they were hoping for. Could be ambitious. That feels ambitious. Listen. Maybe he starts training in July. If they go to the UK and he can't... Okay, if he can't start training, like, then it should be Tom versus Stipe in July and then winner gets John. I don't hate it. Why even wait till July? Do, do Tom versus Stipe oh, in... because I love the idea of Tom fighting in the UK. And if that's the slot... Like, they're, they're already booked all the way up until, you know, May, June, July... They make them sometimes, though. This would yeah. this would be worth it. Late March, 
But he doesn't want, no, he doesn't want to, he said he needs some, some time off. Just saying, geez, were you trying to force Tom into returning four months after he yeah. got injured Meanwhile, his back? we're booking John Jones for fights, and he has, he's two okay, days listen, out of surgery. It ha- it, it's not happening. Listen, it has to be a big fight. And it, and if and by the way, it, it, unfor- this is what I've always believed, and this is to anyone. If you don't fight within a year, then I think the belt needs to move on. I think that's completely fair. I mean, look at, look at poor Yuri had the belt taken away. It's fair. Yeah. Um, look at poor Jamal. Had the belt yeah, taken away. All vacated. I guess it's just circumstantial. John yeah. Jones, John Jones. Steve Avers, Tom. Steve Avers, Tom. I mean, Tom feels Ver- like a speed differential there. So I have to do pound for pound rankings. Yes. I don't know where to put Tom. Like, the, the, where, no, what this, are you thinking? Give us, give us your current. This, thought. this, this is actually. I, I, I've spent like three hours debating this. Okay, now I need to know. Give me, give me wow. a rundown so far. Okay, let me tell you uh, what the top 10 was, and I don't know what to do at this point. The top 10 was going into this month. Okay. Islam, one. Yep. John Jones, two. Mm-hmm. Alex Volkanovsky, three. Mm-hmm. Leon Edwards, four. Mm-hmm. Any glaring things so far? No, that, no, no, that tracks glaring. pretty well. Demetrius Johnson, five. Mm-hmm. Alex Pereira, six. Coming into this month. No, this is this is now post. This is post. Wait, so which one are we? Well, doing? this was that was the one change. That was the one change. Okay. Um, he was he was like nine or something. Okay. Prior. Uh, are you okay with that though? Sure, I dig it. Seven Max Holloway. Eight Sean O'Malley. Nine Sean Strickland. Ten Israel Adesanya. Tom Aspinall has to be on that list. I just don't know who to take off. You're the one making the list. Yeah, where are you putting them? I don't know. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm trying Top to... Top 10 for sure. Tom Aspel has to hearts. be on that list. It feels high for Max, if I'm being honest. Like Max Holloway, who's only lost to Volkanovski, who I have rated so high. Yeah. See, the, the thing is... You've, like, got, you've got Strickland, who's only recent losses to Pereira, who you've got ranked high uh, to. Jared Kennedy. Yeah, Jared Kennedy. Oh. Mm, did he lose? Yes, he lost. Yes, he lost. Right, he has a loss on his record. Did he lose? Yes. Yes. It's a you, tough um, one. You can continue to ask. I mean, he lost the fight, though. Yeah. I. You can't... You're trying to use both the wins against opponent and the sure. overall thing. Choose one or the other, and your list will sort itself out. Okay, so Islam, when you agree... Sure. Jones, I mean, two, I would agree. have Jones. But, okay, yeah, one but or two. Fair I, it feels like yep. most people have those three guys at the top, right? Islam, Jones, Volk. It's just a matter of where you have them. Uh, Leon, four. I think I don't know how you would disagree with that. Um, I think some people might disagree with DJ being so high, but I would argue that they're probably newer fans, considering the longevity. And who knows if he fights again? Maybe. But he's, see, here this is he's he's somebody who's going to cause you problems because. If you're gonna go like, what are the recent wins? Who are they beating? DJ's Quality. not up there. DJ's yeah. not so, up there. So you would not have DJ in the top five. I don't care about pound for pound at all. I don't. No, no, care no. The, I, I have this lists. exercise. I, I don't. I just want to know where Tom is because actually, if, I don't if, care if, about. If, if I boil Tom down to the that pound for pound is everyone's same weight basically in this fictitious world. I, I think I his lean skills. Toward that. I, I lean think towards the skills, skill-based argument over the. The resume. I don't care about resume. If if I'm forced to choose, I'd rather not have the conversation. If I'm forced to choose between the resume versus the skills, I will always choose the skills because that is the heart of what pound for pound is supposed to mean. And DJ would be high on my list. DJ would be high on my list. 
I think I th- I think Tom has to be in the like top seven or eight. I agree. Skill with wise, skill for skill, he's a freak, man. Like he's he's one of the most skilled guys we've seen. Is to to do the things that he's able to do at heavyweight. At heavyweight, um, it's crazy is, is crazy. And and it, it's a simple. I mean, this conversation has been happening in boxing for a long time. That's the point of the pound for pound was to not only highlight the heavyweight champion, right? The, the 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 genesis of pound for pound was like heavyweight champion of boxing was the glory thing. You are the guy. But how do we highlight these other skilled fighters at lower weight classes by showing like if things were equal, where do the skill sets uh, rank out? And so Tom, Tyson Fury, there's certain guys that I think are so skilled that they kind of get short shrift be by being heavyweight, but I would personally have Tom high on my list. I think skill for skill, the guy is top, top, top tier. No doubt. GC? Where's he fit in? <laughs> Tough. No <laughs> Charles Oliveira either. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'd 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 No Alejandro Pantoja either. No. Champion. I'd lower Max on I've your never list. Made a pound for pound list. I kind of feel like I got to do it at some point. Yeah, I'd like to hear yours. Been around the block a can little you, bit. Can now, you, you know? give us one on Wednesday? That's your homework. Wow. Yeah. Maybe next week. Maybe next Monday. Why? Why? You, the, uh, you we, can't I mean, do it in two days. Here I am. I mean. Take a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of research. Plus, we got to see what happens with you know Paul Craig and Brendan Allen on Saturday. That's a good point. Uh, in case you're wondering, uh, Zhang Cyborg, Grasso, Shevchenko, Tatiana. Furo, Blanchfield, oh, women's Pena. Women's. I, w- I wish you Check good luck. Rose. You're gonna you're gonna agonize over this list. You're gonna post uh, it. Everybody's worst. gonna say how shit it is. And yeah. Oh, I'd never post. Spent all the no, time. No, I'm just not gonna post that. Maybe I'm just, I'm just gonna, gonna have my secret pound for pound list that I don't discuss with anyone. That's fine. I just want to know, you know, what you're thinking because Tom needs to be on there. That's I agree, I the agree, bottom right. line is Tom needs to be on there. Correct. You are the creator of this list, though. So yeah, I mean, you can just no. I just don't. Whenever you yes, I just don't know who to take out. That's my that's my predicament. I think you will be guided well by choosing a direction. I think you're trying to dip your toes into both pools at the moment. Choose your direction. Is it the wins or is it the skills? And then you'll find your list very easily. Yeah. No, you're right. That's a good point. Um, gosh. How can you not love Tom? What, how can you not love be- Tom? Better, better shot of happening. Which has a better shot of happening in 2024? Tom Jones, Pereira, Izzy at 205. Oh, boy. This is some kind of question right here. I'd say Pereira Izzy just because like those two just can't avoid each other, can they? Like this is this is the story. I mean, this is the best rivalry in combat sports ever, ever, ever. Wow. Oh, okay. So you say combat sports? Yeah, across that, yeah, all of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one of the best MMA rivalries. They're they're one for one with highlight reel knockouts at MSG. Like, I mean, it's pretty no, damn no, good. Oh, uh, not MSG. The second one was in right. Miami, but um, with highlight reel knockouts traded, and ha- hey, maybe they'll do it for a title in a third weight class. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty damn incredible. Uh, but across combat sports, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is this is one of the best. Uh, I'm gonna say Aspinall Jones. I don't know how likely either of them are though. But I'm going to say Aspinall Jones. The the key factor here in all of this is like, who does John Jones want to fight? We don't know. We don't oh, know the answer Stipe. to that. Especially after Maybe. watching Saturday to, night. I think he wants to fight Stipe. More money. It would it would make sense. More and favorable matchup. It's the fight that he wanted initially. But Tom nailed. T- Tom said the one thing that matters in this. That fight expired on Saturday. That fight had a shelf. That fight juice. had a shelf life. Yeah. It is done. That fight is over. That fight is done and gone. Tom Aspinall stamped uh, the future of the heavyweight division on Saturday night. 
and now we have to look at the new reality. That fight made sense up, in, and he said that he said that fight made sense up until Saturday. It no longer makes sense. It no longer makes sense. I agree. I wonder. It's a massive compliment to Tom Aspinall. You know why? I don't know if we're saying that this Monday afternoon if Sergey wins that fight. I think he has a pretty rabid fan base. I see a lot of people kind of coming out of the woodwork with the Sergey stuff. It's if, not the if, same. If he knocked out Tom the way Tom knocked him yeah, out, maybe. I think it would have. Right, because then that'd be seven straight first round knockouts, and it's just it's like just at some point you just become about undeniable. The Tom story oh, well, Tom and fan speak. base. Yeah, Tom, Tom yeah. can get on the mic and say, "I'm the best in the world. I want John Jones. That fight's over." Sergey's gonna do his best, but really, we're just looking at the silent guy who comes in and knocks people out. It is Still, seven first round. Oh yeah, is a, that would have been no, he's a very impressive resume. Tom Tom cleared his toughest hurdle, in my opinion. Tom cleared the toughest Isn't that hurdle. Crazy. I like yeah. I, in the interim, I'm fight. in shock. I mean, everything that he said about the fight leading up to it, how nervous he was, you know, how yeah. how tough of a test he was facing, is all true. That's what made it that impressive. How how seconds, how often yeah. again next time is Tom going to be facing the back injury, the short notice, this dangerous uh, a striker, yeah, one of, like the it's hardest just, power punchers in the division. This is this was the this was the toughest test. Eight he'll ever one face. too, yeah. eight one of those. He did eight one. I mean, impressive stuff. All right, let's talk about how you guys did as far as uh, your picks are concerned. I think I've read all of them except for one more, so I will save. I mean, it's it's a Megillah we have over here. Must be a sign that we're doing well if we have this many ad reads. How did the Parlay Boys do on Saturday? How did the Parlay Boys do? I mean, let's let's get into it. It's uh, another dub, and it, it was an easy one too. Easy work. Easy. I mean, Richie Godinez over two and a half. Jared Gordon with the first round knockout. Prohashka Pereira under four and a half ends in the second round, and then Tommy Haspinall. Shout out to Frankie. Gets it done in just sixty nine seconds. Plus three twenty one. Plus three twenty one. That gets us to uh, four point three three units of profit for the Parlay Pals. I'm proud of us, personally. <laughs> I think you guys did great. The only thing I'm not proud of oh. is the fact that there wasn't a Parlay Boys photo in New York. Yes, I mean, yes, yes. Thank you. You were all in the building. Yep. How did you not get a pick with Juliana? And not only that, Juliana specifically requested it. I, I got a picture with Juliana. Me and Rick got a picture with Juliana at the same time. I brought Frank back to the green room. And, uh, yeah, he was just so busy in such a hurry that— uh, Frank, you couldn't Frank, take a pick. Yeah, Frank big I got a pick with her. You got a pick um, with her. You didn't no, want to. We're group standing pick? right there. Was, that that stuff needed to be torn down there was, and moved uh, out. We had 30 yeah, there, were, there was a to be pictures fair, take six seconds. I Let mean, me be fair to Frank. There was a lot of moving pieces. A thousand percent. Juliana has to go somewhere. Frank has to go back somewhere. We all got individual sets of picks, but yeah, unfortunately, we didn't. Not only did we all get individual sets of picks. I mean, look at these bad Juliana swag. merch. Juliana came with merch. I wore this in today. I mean, everyone was complimenting me on the way into the studio. Uh, I mean, I, I was First time putting a hoodie on there? I mean, yeah. This is, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say, good point. I mean, look at this. Juliana Pena, Venezuelan Vicks. My dad was like, I think I'm going to go buy one. I'm a big I'm a big fan of the Venezuelan Vicks. Wow. You could have given... I mean, I didn't get mine, so I don't know. There's got to be some extras. Is, Juliana yeah, handed them to me and said... Make sure the following people get them. It was you it didn't was, make the cut. Are you? Was I yeah, not, on the, not on the list? Okay. You're not on the list. Right. But, uh, you're not um, on the parlay boys. Andy, Sorry. me, GC, Frank. It was yeah. it was very nice. Did everyone uh, get it? Shout out to Juliana. Did everyone get the sweatshirt? 
Yeah. I mean, I got mine. I'm the only one wearing it. Supposedly everyone got one, but I guess no one wanted to wear it. I mean, this was the I first thing I put on. I didn't want to wear the same on. thing as you. This, and yeah, I got again, the, you, you know, I got the, the we East can't, Island. Time. We can't do, like, the, the uniform. Also, I mean, look at this. How, look at all this merch we got back here. Shout out to Nico that you guys discussed. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at that. Team Loopy. I'm a little surprised you're not wearing the Loopy shirt. I mean, she comes in studio. Wow. <laughs> we talked about it. It was a good conversation. It was a good so conversation. Connor, Shout out to Nico. Connor just has to be like the billboard at, at all times. Well, no, usually when the like thing. sugar came in, you wore the shirt. Yeah, okay. Now it's actually the first time I've ever rocked the merch. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. That, was, uh, that, was a, that was a new thing. Actually, you know, speaking of merch, I mean, now that I'm covered in it, I, I'm yes. wearing it. I got it all over me. One bone. There's only one bone that I have to pick with our man Tom Aspinall. Uh-oh. No and merch. It is this. Oh, does he have merch? Yes. He does. Look at that hoodie. It's I love the simplicity of it. I yeah. love the embroidered uh logo. The logo is so clean, black. Need this hoodie. And I've tried to order it multiple times. It only ships in the UK. Come. Can't put in US shipping. Tom. Need that hoodie. Excellent hoodie. Plain, simple. You can wear it with whatever. You know one of the uh YouTubers will it. help you out with that. Mm. Oh, you're saying someone buys it in the UK sends it to and you. then sends it to me? I'll pay. I'll, I'll, I'll pay $100 for shipping if I have to. Great hoodie. That's the only bone I have to pay. Man. It's money. We should have... We uh, is that our money segment of uh, the week? The, uh, well, who, the shirt? That's, that's well, I mean, Tom Aspinall is the that's money moment of the weekend. I mean, there is absolutely no doubt about that. I mean, look at that. Oh, my God. Look at that. I, the, the sh- I'm glad you asked about the shoulder uh, thing there because that was... Oh, that was uh, amazing. That was great stuff. I love that he was just try- said he was just trying to show respect, but it did feel like a, you know. It felt like I'm about to take you to school. Yeah. Um, you, th- you think he was big brothering him? No, I actually don't. He doesn't seem like the type. He, I just think it was like him. I just love that love. Sergey immediately was just like, yes, yeah, yeah. He doing this. I liked that he he did it right away because at the press conference, Tom, you know, they do the face off forward to to camera. Oh, uh, sorry. They do the face-off face-to-face. Then they turn to camera. And when he did, Tom gra- pulls him in for the hug. And Sergey just, like, kind of stonewalls it. He's just, like, yeah. standing there. So when they did it in the cage, I was like, oh, look at Sergey. He's he's in it. Now now he's gotten comfortable with Tom uh, and showed his love for him. And then got knocked out brutally yeah. next moment. Uh, by the way, I uh, mentioned this at the uh, the top. And we'll get to the rest of your picks, GC, in a second. Yeah, but sure. uh, thoughts on the stoppage in the main event? Horrible. Okay. okay, so actually, oh, this, this really? is interesting. Wow. The yellow and the greens here, when we watched it live on the on the watch party, when the when he was landing the elbows like over and over and over again, and then when Yuri fell back, I literally said, I was like, oh, Yuri's out. Like, I thought he was out watching it in real time. Now seeing like a replay and everything like that, I see where, where people are complaining and everything and him popping back up. Uh, but in real time, I had no issues with it. Really? Because Yuri doesn't have issues. Well, okay, okay. I'm so happy. I am so, so happy you brought that up, Frank. Because in real time, I was like, like it just, it still felt like he was defending, scrambling, obviously rocked, obviously hurt, but we've seen moments. It didn't feel clean, right, for a fight of that magnitude. And, and honestly, when people say, like, oh, it's a title fight, you should let it go. No, like, to be honest, all fights should be ref the same. It doesn't matter if it's a title fight or if it's the first fight of the night. Like, it should be the same standard. But yes, of course. And then we see the replay, and I'm like, oh, this is definitely premature. And then we hear what Yuri says in the cage, and everyone's like, oh, well, if Yuri's okay with it, then we can't. And I was like, mm. 
it's possible Yuri was just being a good guy and to mention that moment and behind the scenes he's like fuck he's just not that kind of guy so don't tell me Yuri was okay with it I saw what I saw and Mark Goddard in my opinion is the best referee in MMA Damn straight. He's, he's the best referee in MMA right now however if I can be uh, so brash as to say I thought that that was premature from my point of view and watching it multiple times it still felt like there was there was some fight left to be had can the peanut gallery speak up real quick? Sure. Well, I think didn't he, I, he say, "I was out"? Like he admitted, "Like I, I was knocked out. Like I was out." Bruh, this is yeah. like 15 seconds after the yeah, fight. Like, yeah. What are you expecting the guy to say? You know, the the, the, the the easiest counter argument to the idea of yes, Yuri is saying that, and yes, we should respect that, but that isn't the objective truth potentially of the situation. Is if somebody is knocked out and then goes, "No, I was fine." Right, we 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 can't just take somebody's word for it. That's not the reality of what's happening in the cage. There is an objective truth. Now, how how fine that line is is very fine and very difficult. And why Mark Goddard has an extremely uh, difficult job and ninety nine 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 point nine 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 percent of the time gets it right. I disagree with this one. It 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 did not feel. And and I'm happy to hear you say that because I was about to pounce if you were about to say the stoppage in. Alex and Izzy was uh, no. too soon, and then this one wasn't. I was I was ready to jump. Right. So yes, I'm based good. on my, it felt like that was the popular opinion that it was the te- that it was a terrible stop. I, it sounded like you were you were about to say I saw it, I did this, and then I switched it, and I'm glad I'm glad you did it. I no. saw far far more people saying that it was a it was a terrible stoppage than I saw people agreeing with it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. The, I, the optics I, I, of it. Time. I mean, he got dropped bad, and then he got like twelve, fifteen elbows into his head and then he fell backwards i thought he was out in real time he he fell backwards but he's falling backwards on the strength of like being pushed over off balance like there needs to be more there to to have a conclusive ending in my opinion again if if we're gonna choose if i am forced to choose and fighter safety and and all these things are the highest priority i'm gonna take that over a late stoppage anytime and i'm willing to accept outcomes like this right if i say Hey, I care about the health of the fighters. I care what the outcomes here are here are here. Uh, and the alternative is he lets it go on too long and Yuri is forever changed. I'm okay with this. I'm willing to accept certain uh, times that this is going to happen. But if we're just looking at it in a vacuum, too soon for me. Way too soon for me. And the truth is, like, you know, where does Yuri go from here? You know, the consequences of, I agree with you, safety, all that. But, like, when you just... He wasn't going to recover from that. Let's call it what it is. Now, we've seen him in tough spots against Glover Teixeira, real tough spots, and come back from it. So We've seen people recover not from impo- way yeah. worse. It's not impossible. Very unlikely. Um, but I'm willing to accept those outcomes. I'm willing to accept sometimes it is going to be a little bit too early. It's a tough spot. It's and just a tough job. Toughest it, job in sports uh, being impossi- an MMA ref. It's impossible. It is impossible to have a clean record. You cannot be perfect. Yeah, of course. That, that's my defense of Goddard there is that in real time, the optics and everything, I, I thought year was out. And maybe I'm in the minority thinking that, but that is what I thought watching it in real time. I can see what everyone is saying, watching it back in slow motion and all that. No, real uh, fast motion. I was sitting there 10 feet from it. It was... Uh, like the the arena was baffled. I forgot that you were there. What was the, what was the atmosphere like when I, I I had heard from fellow friend TST that Pereira was a gigantic star in the building, massive pops every time they showed him on the screen. Is that yeah, accurate? Yeah, I mean honestly, it was it was lit the whole night. Like the whole the whole arena was on fire. Was on fire from from jump. As soon as the main card started, it was 
it was on. Who was MSG, the biggest star? MS, uh, were there a lot of British fans? Yeah, maybe Alex. Maybe Alex. Were there a lot of uh, UK hard fans? To, hard to discern. Everybody okay. was going crazy. I mean... Is it true t- that the biggest pop was for Tucker Carlson? Yes. That, okay, uh, actually, I... you asked me who's the biggest star. It was definitely Trump and, and Tucker Carlson, actually. Oh, Good rock, too. And Dana, whole squad. It was all freaking uh, Don Jr. You need Jr. to get Trump in some uh, in the fighter gear. Don Jr. Walk- I mean, it was a whole freaking walk out there. Yeah, I know. You I were stand corrected. That- I saw that on Twitter. That the, 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 the best part about my tweet about Tucker Car- Car- Carlson was the amount of people that thought I was being serious. I didn't see your tweet. I thought you were being serious. What was your tweet? Stop it! You thought Should I, I go take away? I my did. Like? My, t- going, my tweet was like. I I. I quote tweeted it. Uh, TNT posted it, and I wrote like, "Ao, shout out to." Tucker Carlson yeah, for making that walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> Frankie's that, guy. To make it that walk. That's yeah. a great treat. That's I was a like, great and treat. The, but this was the best part. The first reply that I saw was someone being like, you disgust me, this and that. And I replied to that person with just a snowflake emoji. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> and now it's yeah. it was like uncommon Helwani W. I like I had everyone on my side there for a moment. It was nice. Uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> Rare Helwani dub. Wow. So now big... you know. Now you know all you have to do is... Oh, it's uh, nice on the other side of the fence. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to go hang out there a little more. I mean, this is great. Wow. T- by the way, the look on Tucker's face. I mean, the guy he, was just like a pig in shit. Smiling. He was loving it. <laughs> Don, Don was... Donald uh, Trump and, and Dana, real serious, right? They're like, hello, we're here on a mission. We're walking out. Tucker is like... He was like, can you believe this shit, guys? <laughs> I, I just... He's like slapping Don J. Well, I mean, Tucker Carlson hanging out with those guys and Kid Rock... It was just the whole thing was insanity. But yes, they were the they insane. were the biggest. They got like the fighter intro walkout, like I, as the main card was starting. One time, someone asked Dana about that, and he said it was a total coincidence. It's happened it's like three <laughs> times now. It happens every time, dude. <laughs> they also that's where next time we're gonna see we're gonna see the person in the corner with the clipboard, right. like, all right, go go go. Yeah, it's, yeah, your, it's your yeah, time. Yeah. They also got shown on the screen four times separately four. inside the arena. Soon enough, we're gonna soon enough we're gonna have the like. The music's gonna hit, and you know that it's time for DT. Oh, it's like WWE. Ball. He's coming out to his own music. He has his own yes, song 100%. now. It's always American Badass. It's oh, the, that's what plays every time. Yes. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's always the same thing. That's so ridiculous. And how did Kid Rock join this whole faction? Or is that just a different story for a different day? Okay, I wasn't aware. I mean, I learn a lot. I'm in. A, I'm in a bit of a, like a, a hole here. You know, I learned about. Uh, the beer situation from I was gonna say I think Kid Rock had a lot to do with getting the uh, Bud Light sponsorship through I think ah that's nice big big deal and all that um how did you do GC uh yeah let's get into it a lot of singles flyers are just burned just burned burned two units quick on the flyers none of them uh were even really that close the Steve Ursay had a chance but alas uh did really well on the main card didn't miss a single bet on the main card Wow. Dinas, well done. Diego Lopez, both coming through for me. The the dynamic duo that was just in here, uh, cashing some tickets. Parlays, we go 2-0. and Godinez, over one and a half in that one. And then the uh, main and co-main unders and the Frivola St. Denis under. Uh, so that brings us to the final recap. 6-6 six and six on the singles, but up 3.1 units in parlays, 2-0. and uh, giving us almost six more units on the week. So now 15 of 17 uh, weeks of profit. Almost 30 units on the year now. 106.63 all-time. The climb continues. Now we're at uh, 
We're at about seven and a half units in November, which obviously will all get donated to the cause of Movember. Uh, everything donated at the end of the month, if you'd like to donate. If you'd like to help out, men's mental health, cancer screenings, all of the above. Uh, you know, you can go to the QR code or you can go to the link in my bio. Uh, I'm not the only winner, though. I got two big hitters uh, that I would like to shout out very quickly here. All right. That's loud. That is loud. Yeah, I was going to note that. Uh, also, Shakur Stevenson fighting back. on Thursday, by the way. Uh, me and Rick just had that conversation back here about an hour ago. Yeah, why uh, Thursday? Why Thursday? Does anyone know? I mean, I kind of like it, if I'm being honest. But I kind of like it, I guess. But it, I don't think anybody knows this thing's even happening. You you, uh, you just introduced a bunch of people to the fact that it's going wow. on. Andre Minus Ward on the show on uh, Wednesday oh, to promote. Let's go. You know how I feel mm-hmm. about to promote Andre the Shakur Ward. fight. Uh, you know he has a book coming out, but he'll be in Las oh, okay. Vegas for Shakur. I was Man. like, is he in Las Vegas to call the fight? No, just to uh, support his guy. Books, docs. Andre Ward's got it all. Killing it. Uh, S. Farrell, Sam, 55, 13 picks up, 13 picks down, whole card parlay, plus 31,427. I mean, he's got some over-unders thrown in there, too. Turns a dollar into 315. And then the other one I wanted to shout out, old Buzzy Beans 709, our guy Matt, plus 18,761, 11 picks as well, almost the entire card. He had our guy Tommy Aspinall in there. He had Alex Pereira, BSD, Diego Lopez. He had them all. Nails it. Wins $2,865 off of that one. So shout out to uh, Buzzy Beans and Sam on their big winnings on Saturday. Congrats. Congrats to all. Still bummed that we don't have that picture. Like, I would have put that picture on the wall. Parlay boys, Frank uh, blurred out. Frank did commit. To the bit though, we wore the yeah, luchador yeah. mask the entire night. Well done, Frank. It uh, I can't get it off. You can't get it. Off. It's just stuck to my skin. We actually have a picture of me, Rick, and Juliana, but there's no Frank. I mean, oh, I'm there. Uh, I'm there too, but... even Hawani's. In... Look at that picture though. I mean, an all-time pick. What all-time a group. Pick. Freaking action! Look at him. That's a cash app for the merch, you know. Yeah, it was a nice. Uh, it was a nice gesture. Action is so freaking thick up there, you know? I'm telling you, when the guy hugs you, it's like... Going a real into a, hug? Uh, yeah, you're going into like a steel trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm There's no getting out of that thing. God, it was fun. Before, Greg, you hugged you hug me like a fish, man. <laughs> man, we had a good time. <laughs> what does that mean? I have no idea. It's like a we, wet you ever get a You ever get a weak handshake? Yeah, the you're, worst. You're ready to put a, a stern one right there? Yeah. You're just, you're just like you're holding a dead fish. They just give you one of these. You got to carry all the weight. There's nothing worse than that. The limp... The limp, it's uh, just a big turnoff. Um, by the way, it, it has just occurred to me why Shakur is fighting on Thursday. F1 in Vegas this weekend. It's actually mm. brilliant. Don't want to overlap? No. It's, oh, it's, it's the it's, build up? It's to give people something to do. There's gonna, I mean, this is a huge deal. They've been building oh, okay. this thing. All right. F1 in Shakur Vegas. Shakur Thursday. You're there. Apex, for the- Apex 2 p.m. start. Does that have to do with F1? I, I would be shocked if it doesn't. Yeah, you never see the 2 p.m. start. I mean, it's it's great, an ESPN property. Months, this is a big weekend for Vegas. This is a nice. big weekend, so that's why it's happening. Um, Frank, what was the highlight of your uh, your Friday night? Oh, man. The entire show, man. Like The energy that was felt in that room was uh, amazing. Yeah. 
I was I was just I was expecting something a little more detailed. Yeah, answer it's like wow. It's like wow. Did you want the honestness? honest answer sure yeah that's why i asked you i mean it was good to see you in a good mood oh wow very happy very elated wow wow am i, oh, usually, I mean there's <laughs> am i usually in a bad mood i asked am i usually in a bad wow, mood? wow man no, like, it was just it was good to see you feel the f- positivity in the real time you you reflected on that on yeah Friday. no no i you did i did it. yeah no i did all right now do you want the dishonest answer no 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 i like okay. it i like it uh what about you rick what was your favorite part it was probably the reaction when Dylan Dennis first came out. That was great. It was great in retrospect because uh, in my mind, I had this whole thing that I was going to like do these big intros. And uh, I joked with Joe about like, hey, like wait, you know, after. But him crashing and then the pop of like, oh, shit, was People actually. People seeing it felt yeah. big. And then obviously you're doing the intros for the next ones, which were all great and everybody was excited. But it was the surprise of the Dennis one for me that it was like it kicked into a different gear once that happened. Yep, hundred percent. And uh, the pop for Cheeto was probably was the loudest by far. The Cheeto right? pop was was incredible. It was a, it was so much fun to do the thing like, where I'm like building it up, building it up, and I could feel people waiting to see who's going to come through that door. Yeah, they really need to steal this idea for the fights. Just have a secret card. Yeah. Um, no. All right. Fine. Also, it was really nice to meet Juliana like formally. Yeah, you know? no, she, she's she the was best. Such a sweetheart. She was so appreciative of uh, of us having us uh, of us having her there. What about you, GC? Your your highlight? Yeah, a lot. I mean, the Cheeto Pop was absolutely incredible. Uh, my family being there, getting to kind of see the madness. You know, I don't think they've ever sat through a full episode of the MMA Hour, so them having to that surprised one and me, getting being honest and getting to see it all live uh, was fantastic. Getting getting to meet Juliana, you know, the Parlay Pals all getting together uh, was great. I mean, all the guests were great. It was a trip going back into the green room, you know, just like popping in throughout the show. And there was just a different collection of people every time doing, uh, you know, the various, vibes, various activities in the back. It was, yeah. it was hilarious. Nice the activities. Vibes the vibes were immaculate. I think you I think you nailed the lineup. It was oh, just a perfect mix. It was just a perfect mix. That that could not have gone better. Capped off with Cheeto and Action together. It was I was going to say, Action Bronson forcing all of you guys to stand up and like you and <laughs> Cheeto kind of being unsure and Bronson just like being like, nope, we're standing up. Uh, and then the Bronson Mel Gibson story yeah. and Cheeto chiming in and being like, I got COVID, second degree COVID because of Mel Gibson. That was also great. I can't say enough about Action Bronson and how great of a human being he is. He heard us talking about him being on the show i didn't ask him i wouldn't dare and then he texts me and he's like yeah of course i'll be there I was like wow manifested when surfing in the mall after the show yes I when mean, surfing in the mall he's effortlessly cool at this juncture he is probably listening to us talk about him as he's like swinging an 85 pound hammer yeah, hammers in his, hammer. yeah, he's picking up some stones it. just some heavy <laughs> the, stones this is a thousand percent happening uh no it was great i loved it i can't wait to do it again next time we do we have to have a merch you know, table and all kinds of fun things. That's the best part. We, we, we'd have, it, it can be even better than it was on Friday. We even have the, we got these stickers here, like from the YouTube chat. Shout out to the YouTube chat. I was actually on, I met a, a young man named Brandon. Shout out. And Adam he as told well. me about the MMA Hour Discord channel. And I signed up for it on Saturday while watching the fights. And I met a lot of great people there. Uh, so shout out to them. And uh, they want love on the YouTube chat, so I'll say shout out to the YouTube chat. We appreciate uh, your your uh, your support and your positivity. Uh, we do have breaking news, Frank. 
we now have we now have two moderators on the chat who are part of the community. Is that not right? That's right. And um, they have a banning quota that they have to meet every day. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Brandon and OC, right? I always pronounce it as OSI, but okay, yeah, it's very OSI. possible. No, no, I don't think it is OSI. Uh, shout out! To, uh, it's capital O, lowercase S I. Uh, so I feel I like that's who, who, if I'm not mistaken, he was in Dallas, and he you gave him the microphone, and he said, "Shout out to the YouTube chat." Oh, when did I do that? In Dallas. Wow, yeah. Which part of Dallas? Oh, when we were at the open workout. Yeah. All right. Um, Maybe I'm wrong on that. A lot of people talking right now um, about the fact that, you know, Rick and, 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 and Connor and the rest of the crew haven't signed up. But Frank was in there on Saturday, by the way. So Nice. nice. I recorded nice. a video for them. Take, you did? Take what you got. Yeah. All right. All right. Sweet. Well, I've been in there. You know, I've been in there throwing. Everyone was on very good behavior. And they have, uh, they have promised us that they are going to... Uh, actually, Frank is in there right now. I don't know how he's doing his wow. job and chatting at the same time. Wait, what the YouTube chat or the Discord? They promised us to sure be positive, to be supportive, to not troll, to not be mean people. So I believe them. And I'm very happy that we have moderators now. This is great. It's no longer uh, a, a rudderless ship. I also Is there is there going to be like a YouTube versus Discord? No, it's the same people. Rivalry? Same people. Oh. Discord's yeah. where it's at, though. We've just gotten confirmation it is pronounced OC. You know, we didn't need that. Mm. Just mm. got it. All right. Um, also want to give a, uh, a hearty congratulations to our good friends over at St. Pat's Athletic yeah. for the big dub yesterday. Shout out to the boys. No, uh, this is yes, not yesterday. the same sport. Wow. Yeah. I was Crazy. watching. Were you watching? Beat I the Bohemians? Watching, but but I, did, uh, I did send a few messages off to our boy Carl. Um, shout out to Carl Stafford for from uh, St. Pat's Athletic, the uh, operations manager. He's the man, been our lifeline for uh, for St. Pat's, and uh, yeah, can't believe fifth fifth time winning we it. We did it. We freaking did it, boys. Well done, well done. One of these days we'll go to uh, to the stadium to watch 40, them compete. Forty three k record setting uh, attendance because of my promo. Let's go my I TikTok mean, it, promo. It, it, it sure as hell didn't hurt. Yeah. That was that was one heck of a promo. Uh, but shout out to the boys. Uh, I'm now in the chat as well. Okay. Uh, just, just wondering, uh, you know, this comes from AL. Just wondering if we got any update on the Iron Turtle interview. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's that been... Uh, impressing you already. Uh, actually, I got his... Shout out to Guilherme Cruz, the Brazilian beast, who, yes. has, uh, who has put me on the path to track yeah, him Yeah, let's go. Listen, it's not uh, easy to find be a big one. the biggest name in the game. It's not easy to track him down. Climb in. Anybody can in really. studio? In studio, Iron Turtle. I'm I'm sad to say that our I say we go of, to him. Yeah, that's true. Where does he live? South. Yes, Korea? yes. We we wanted to do more live shows. Let's do let's do it from Iron Turtle's like compound. I'm sure he's got something let's crazy going. On. Let's see where he's fighting out of these days. I'm sad Obviously, to say that uh, I think our streak of in studio guests is coming to an end on Wednesday. Since since last Monday, two, four, six. We've had 13 in-studio guests since last Monday. 13, if we include the four from the the live show on Friday. 13 in-studio guests. I mean, it's not bad. Right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. not bad. It's been a a run here, for sure. It's been a run. Do you Uh, remember? Soul, yeah. We can can go down there. Let's do it. When we opened the studio in June of 2017, when we moved here, um, it was between June of 2017 and August of 2017, Back then, we were doing only one show a week. 
you may not remember this New York Rick, but I had uh, I had booked an in-studio guest every single Monday leading up to Mayweather McGregor and post Mayweather McGregor. Oh, I we went on a crazy run. It was like Lou DiBella, Ally Quinta, this guy, that guy. So, I mean, this is not quite that many, but, um, well, when you think about the amount of guests, and it, it might actually be that many. Anyway, a great run for the program, and uh, a great card was had on Saturday. Do we have anything else that we have to say about Saturday? I think we're pretty good, no? No, I don't think so. I think we're good, man. A fantastic card, five knockouts on the main card. I mean, didn't even see a third round. A ton of fun. Yeah. I loved it. I had a blast. Yeah, it was a good one. Shout out to the watch party. You guys did a great job, as always. Yeah, baby, give it up. Give it up. Baby, give it up. Na, 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 We need a new video. We need some new sound for we Tommy. Need, we need, we when, need Casey and the Sunshine Band to go in and record the Tommy Oh, my version. God. <laughs> for us to play. We need that to yeah. best oh. I'm ashamed to say, I don't know if uh, uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band still alive. All right. Uh, of us, way, way I feel be, like only Frank would know this. Way to be morbid, man. I mean, like, I, I don't want to say something that sounds like they... No matter what. Casey and the Sunshine. Mm, it's not quite... That's that's like the when Ariel asked you your favorite part is. Hey, Harry Wayne really... Casey? 72 years old. Still kicking it. <laughs> yes, there he is. Still kicking it. Now, the Sunshine Band Obelaka has had Florida. a little bit of change. Nah, this this is going to happen. We need to Jerome make this Smith happen. on guitar. I mean, the scenes... Uh, rest it, in peace, Jerome Smith. If he that's fights and wins <laughs> in the UK. Oh, my God. I mean, it would be... There's nothing like it. To say what you will about the American crowds, the Canadian, there's nothing like if you win there and they'll start dancing and oh, singing man. in your honor. It would be, it would be as incredible. As champion, as headliner, as pay-per-view draw, I mean, it would be... The thing is, I, I feel like there's no chance. And, and, and rightfully so, I will say, Jones ain't going to the UK. No. That's the no. thing. Why should he? No, exactly. He's so like, if we want to see Tom Aspinall fight in the UK next, it's not going to be against John Jones. Correct. You know I'm, I mean? I'm not even thinking next. Like who, this, I'm expecting this run to go for a bit. Yeah. Um. So Let's yeah. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. At what point does Tom Aspinall stop coming on the show? Like when does he get too big for? The I'm point? wondering, man, because it's been an incredible saga. I mean, yeah. all the way back from like before the fight in London in March of 2022, and then after the injury, he had a very emotional interview on here. Was very open and yeah. Then the comeback, and now this. I mean, it's it's been an incredible story to watch unfold. I've got yeah. more faith in Tom. Mm-hmm. Than that, he's he's a lifer. Back on on the Monday too. Tom's a lifer. Yeah. My my favorite thing about Tom is like he's just this giant terrifying man, and he's just so open about just crying feelings. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, just just cried all night. It was great. Crying, being afraid. He's like, yeah. yeah if you say you're not afraid, what are you talking? Like, I'm afraid, but I I'm motivated by it. He's the man. He really is the man. Uh, and I should shout out and thank you to Casey for reminding me of this. I guess I just kind of skipped through it when I was reading everything. Uh, shout out to our good friend, friend of the program, Vyacheslav Borshev, Slava Claus, who had a great performance on uh, on Saturday. Unfortunately, ended in a Dug draw. Deep. But Dug deep uh, in the third round. Yeah, yeah him versus uh, Nassim Sadikhov was quite the fight, fight of the night, well-deserved. I think in total they gave out like seven or so performance bonuses. I mean, so it was a was wild nice. night of fights those, at MSG. Those MSG cards just always crazy. Just always crazy. They have they have hit a home run every time they've been to MSG. How about Poetine? Two MSG headlines, one other Only title one. victories, and seven yeah. fights in the seven fights in the UFC has and made his two, debut at MSG too. Two different belts, no, a win a, over the current middleweight champion. It's absurd. It's legitimately absurd. 
he is a freak. Um, and 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 in conclusion, just to we're talking about bonuses, just to hammer home how this journey has gone for Tom in the last couple of years. You showed us a video, Rick, of him finding out after that September of 2021 fight at the Apex that he got the 50K bonus. Look at this video that was posted today on, uh, on Twitter. It's unbelievable. We got sound? Yeah, we can, yeah let's put we, some we, sound we on bring it up. Yeah, I just want to get the, uh, the emotion. Start from the beginning, if you don't mind, Andy. Sorry about that. Um, this is Tom finding out that he got the 50K bonus just two years ago. Hey, Tom, you got performance of the night. Whoa, I did. Wait. Ah. Oh, yes. Did I really? Oh. <laughs> Look at the emotion there. And there's his dad. Hugging, I mean, this is just amazing. <laughs> Openly weeping about winning the performance bonus. Incredible. That was in September of uh, 2021 after his win over Sergei Spivak. Followed that up with the win over Alexander Volkov. Then the devastating knee injury just 15 seconds into the Curtis Blades fight comes back against Marcin Tabura almost exactly a year to the day, beats him back in July, and now a little over two years after that clip was shot, interim heavyweight champion of the world, massive fights awaiting him in 2024. If that doesn't got, make you happy, nothing will. And he got the, the 50K check three more times. Yeah, and one, the only one he didn't was when he blew his knee out. So and his average fight time is like two minutes, two minutes and 34 yeah. seconds. Yeah. He's special. He's truly special, man. But, uh, one more thing on yep. my end. Yep. Happy birthday to Jordan Wetherill oh. of England. Uh, his That's brother it? Harvey wanted me to do that, and sometimes I can oblige. Happy B-Day, Jordan. So wow, getting birthday shout-outs on the program. Yeah, How did you pay for that cameo? I mean, Jeez. Wow, what a guy. That's uh, probably the first and only. Now everybody's <laughs> going to come out of the woodwork, and sorry, you're not getting it. I hope it's a great birthday. In the UK? England. Probably a Tom Aspinall fan. Who knows? Yeah, Hopefully. Nah, it, was, it was worth it. It was totally worth it. Um, all right, gents, time to go. Thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who joined us on today's program. Always great to have a post-pay-per-view Monday, and we shall have a post-pay-per-view Wednesday on uh, Wednesday, November 15th. And, yeah, shout-out to the... Shout out to the chat. You guys are great. I'm seeing a lot more positivity there. The Brandon and Osierra has been fantastic so far. Frank, how much are you paying them for this? Um, it's in Fortune Cookies. Okay. And they come quarterly. <laughs> one cookie per moderator. Uh, that is amazing. What a time. What a week it has been. I wish the uh, the UFC would come to New York more often. We could have more in-studio guests. See, we, we could have more live shows. We could have more live shows. Well, we could take the live show anywhere. We could do Let's live do shows. it. I've done it in Vegas. I've done it in Chi-Town. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, I don't know if you know this, Frank, but I had a life before you came to my life. Yeah, and you were always this humble too, right? I, thought, I mean, what's, what's not humble about what I just said? That's kind of weird, but anyway. Um, fine, be that way. Uh, thank you to everyone who joined us on today's program, who tuned in. Of course, thank you to our guests. Uh, what a fun day it has been. John Cavanaugh, great to see him. 
in the flesh. First time in a long time. And yes, we are approaching that big Katie Taylor fight. That's not this Saturday, next Saturday. So a little more time to talk about that. Curious what the boys think about that in terms of who's going to win. We've just said big fight. Yeah, cool. Thank you for that. Uh, Thank you very much to Lupi Godinez and tremendous job translating for Diego Lopez. Congratulations to the both of them. And of course, congratulations to the great Tommy Aspinall for what he did on Saturday as well. Back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources,